Hey, what is up, Leftover Army? Hope you had a wonderful Force Friday. We're going to be talking about our Force Friday in this episode and uh, you know all the goodies that we picked up and what we learned from Force Friday. Uh, this week, we did get a late start to the episode, so we were not able to read your emails this week. I know, heartbreaking for some of you, I'm sure. It's just the three leftovers this week. Uh, like I said, we're going to be talking about Force Friday. We're going to be talking about tons of Star Wars rumors to come out of Force Friday. Uh, tons of good pop and bad pop this week. It's great. Uh, we also talk about the literal civil war that's going on with Marvel between Kevin Feige and Ike Perlmutter. That's an interesting conversation. Um, whose side do we choose? You know, Team Team Feige or Team Perlmutter? Uh, we also got Flash uh, rumors for Batman v Superman. And then Michael Shannon. Apparently this guy can't do a fucking interview uh, without joking about non-existent flippers and you know fabricated stories about being locked in a porta potty on the set of Batman v Superman. So I don't know what's going on with our General Zod, uh, what what he's talking about. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, yeah, here it is. Enjoy episode 105, Force Friday. Episode 105. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushover pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jason. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. Suckers. Stop. Hang time. No, he's not here. Psych. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tricky. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It was a fucking week. Yep. Yeah, it was. Another one. Another one bites the dust. <laughs> So, yeah, this week uh, we're starting a little bit late. Thank you, Jake. Yeah, no problem. Jake thank, had to work today. Thank my boss. Couldn't make it till five, so we're, we're going to have to cut out emails this week. I know that's going to upset some of our listeners out there that love the old email section. They love it getting longer and longer and longer. It's only going to double up for next week. Yeah. You, you know what? I could ask people to not send emails this next week. But they don't give a fuck. They will. <laughs> Blame so, my boss, that fucking asshole. So we can't read emails this week. So we're gonna we are gonna jump like right into Force Friday news here shortly. Hyperspace, we're, right we're, into yeah. Force Friday. <laughs> <laughs> we're going Force Friday. We're going fucking Star Wars news. But you know what? Real quick, huh, how was everybody's week? It was uh was shitty <laughs> for the most part yeah you know? yeah <laughs> yeah i'm with jay other than the force friday madness it, it was pretty crappy there's but- all this pollen in the air and i'm getting all, <laughs> getting all of a clamped and 
can't breathe and wake up with snot all over my face in the morning. But yeah, not not fun. Not a fun week. Yeah. Hot as shit over here in Illinois. It's been hot. It's been yeah. real fucking hot. Any holiday week's a fucking bitch for me with my job and everything. Everyone coming in for their goddamn French onion dip and yeah. If you work retail, it's it, the holidays are just they 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 hit hard every year. And and the older you get, the more you have to put up with people. The worse it becomes. Yeah. Not that everybody's bad, but it's just. You're exposed to a lot of people yeah. that just want to shop, and there's a lot of shit people. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, we had a, we had a five and a half hour meeting on Tuesday where the big bosses came down and taught us how to be nicer to people. <laughs> just wanted because they know. I just wanted to blow my fucking brains out. <laughs> it's okay, Jake. It's gonna be all right. Last week, I you know I forgot to thank a listener, and I feel like a dick. Last week, uh, we had uh, Nick Swartzen do our intro, and that was. Do uh, all I owe all thanks to Taryn McCollum. Yeah, when she went up to Wizard World Chicago and and she asked him to do that for us. So thank you, Taryn. I feel like a fucking asshole. Long time listener, Taryn. Yeah, yeah. So thank you very much. Yeah, and she's uh, she's worked with our Instagram accounts in the in the past, and I think she still does some things with Insta, good old Instagram. Nice. So, yeah, that's a social media platform that I don't really fuck with. A lot of people do though. It's big. I know it is big. It yeah. is big. Star Wars just started their official Instagram. I saw. Yeah, it's so. big. It's a big fucking deal. So thank you, Taryn. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it was cool. made my fucking night hearing that stuff. Yeah, it cracked me up. It was a good intro. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I guess you know what. I I, I don't have any flat top stories this week. Oh. I don't have any. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go back after how much you enjoyed it the first time. Hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. The funny thing is, the funny thing is. Okay, so like I, uh, I went out on a date Friday, and we were supposed to. She's like, "Where do you want to go?" And I said, "Let's go to Flat Top Grill." Oh, nice. <laughs> we didn't end up going to Flat Top Grill though. She's, I did suggest it though. She said, "No, no." She wanted to go. It was just the. Uh, it was in Champagne, and it was the, the first. Uh, it was the first game of the year, so it would have been just slammed oh. downtown. So I didn't want to put up with the traffic. High school there. game or whatever. Uh, college. college game, okay. Yeah, so I didn't want to put up with that shit. Yeah, no. So where'd you go? <sighs> Texas Roadhouse. Oh, that's good shit. Too. I like their food. Yeah. Yeah. You got a steak. I did. I got the. Uh, I got a ten ounce sirloin. I think mm. it was good. That sounds <clears throat> good. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got your pro in. Got your protein. You got my pro in. <laughs> your pro in. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's so overloaded with prot right now. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that sounded really dirty. Yeah, it kind of did. I don't think about things sometimes. <laughs> That's why we're on this podcast. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I think we're going to jump into some... Uh, we're going to skip your fucking emails this week because we don't give a shit yeah, about what you... Care. No, honestly, I wish, you know, I wish we could read your emails this week, but there, there is a lot of content this week. And you guys do yammer on about some bullshit that I don't really, I don't want to read this week. You do. Yeah. Seriously. It's like, you know, like, sometimes I feel like the email section, what it is, sometimes I feel like it's like, I'm like, uh, like dad sitting down at the couch and you know, he's trying to watch Law and Order, SVU or whatever, you know, I'm trying to watch, I'm trying to watch my serialized crime drama. You don't have a DVR, so it's not like you can pause it. I don't have a DVR. Wouldn't know how to work it as a daddy. Right. Good culture. I don't have time for that you know i I'll, i got my flip phone yeah. and you know i'm watching law and order svu and so i'm trying i'm trying to pay attention and then uh my little uh my little kid comes in and starts talking to me about you know whatever yeah. whatever him and little uh timmy 
uh, did that day and what they what what little shenanigans and bullshit they got into. <laughs> or he's talking to me about like what what uh, fucking Pokemon or Yu Gi Oh or whatever the fuck kids. I don't know what the fuck kids yeah. are doing these days. But you're talking to me. That's what emails has become. It's be, you've become a distracting little fucking kid when I'm trying to like you know I'm trying to have a, a fucking Law and Order SVU time. Right. And you little fuckers are like <laughs> and uh, Pokemon. Funko Pop, yeah. you know? <laughs> Did you get any, uh, have you read the emails this week, though? Yeah, I've read Did, did you get any flat top emails? I think somebody mentioned flat top. <laughs> I might read a couple of the emails, like a couple Marvel emails that kind of like, I don't know, have to do with stuff that, you know, we're Hopefully talking not about Age week. of Ultron. The only Age of Ultron email that I will read is Ryan Muir's Age of Ultron email, which he did send me. Huh. It's the last Age of Ultron email. I'm done reading your fucking Age of Ultron emails. <laughs> He's closing it out. And yeah, it, it, no, it was the last one. It, Michael J. Borelli sent me one. I didn't even read it on the show because it's like I'm not. I'm I'm done with people defending this fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, it's so, way past due. I get it. I get it. You love you love Age of Ultron. That's cool. It's so good. It has. It is an infallible movie. It, every <laughs> every every fucking beat of that film. It makes sense and it's. It's a wonderful piece of cinematic history. Bravo, Marvel. Yeah. Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. This is, we are living in the Age of Ultron. <laughs> because it's so goddamn amazing. You know what, Michael J. Borelli? You're that little fucking kid bothering me when I'm trying to watch Law and Order. Yeah. Trying to so, pick up plot points. Yeah. Yapping your fucking mouth. Exactly. We already covered this, son. Yeah, I, I totally missed what Christopher Maloney was telling that other officer in this episode. Yeah. I have no idea what's happening you now. Can't rewind you it. Can't rewind it because I ain't got a goddamn DVR. Right. If I did, I didn't know how to work it. <laughs> you can't, yeah, you can't. Law and order STFU. Right. Is more like it. Law and order shut the fuck up. Are you a law and order guy? Is that a thing? No. <laughs> I just figured like that's like a dad show. That's a dad show. show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you. Right. You know. Me and Dad watching Chicago Hope or whatever. You know what I mean? I like the music cues in Law and Order. Yeah. What's the one that's got LL Cool J and like Chris O'Donnell in it? Oh shit, I don't know. Is that like a what is that? That's not like a CSI. CSI thing. Miami. Is it? Yeah. yeah Miami. Yeah. Welcome to Miami. That Will Smith song. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm nodding like I know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't. Yeah. You're talking over LL, son. <laughs> Just kind of hoping it goes away. <laughs> yes, Jay. Yes. Let's start calling him LL Cool J. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's fine. That's fine, man. Ladies love Cool J. Yeah, they do. They love that Cool J. They love swimming like a shark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My hat is a shark fan. Guys, uh, we had uh, it was uh, Force Friday, so we're gonna we're gonna jump into you know what it's go- it's gonna be part of our fucking Star Wars news. Fuck it, bring it, yeah. You got what the Misa saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about Force Friday. Jake, how was your Force Friday? Oh, uh, it was fucking intense, but I had a great time. I spent way too much fucking money, though. Yeah, we talked about that a little on the porch. I think you did. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I think I spent somewhere between like four hundred and four hundred fifty bucks mm-hmm. when all was said and done. Yeah. So, ah, damn it. <laughs> oh well, I like ramen. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I spent about $150, I'd say. That was my original budget but, in my head. 
You know, it, it you cut down you cut down a lot when you aren't out there buying those fucking uh, Funko Pops. I yeah. agree. I agree. I there was cut. a shit ton of those. Right? How much are those fucking? How much do they go for? Uh, they differ all over the place, to be honest. Really? I bought the I bought the majority of them at Hot Topic though, because they had a uh, buy any two Star Wars things, get the third Star Wars mm-hmm. thing for free deal, just mm-hmm. for Force Friday only. Right. So I tried to pick up everyone I could at Hot Topic and then go scour out the rest anywhere else. So I saved a good a good amount of money there. Bargain shop. Very good Funko strategy. It was frugal. Very, yeah, frugal Funko <laughs> coupons. But yeah, I got I got all eleven in the core set and three of the exclusives. Nice. So I was very happy with myself. Yeah, yeah, I'd be yeah. Pat yourself on the back. Oh, trust me, I did. Yeah, I, and been, other things. I've been reveling in them. There's no shortage of baby toys in the in the Elliott household. There's not. Days. There's not. We got rattles. We got Funko yeah. pops. We got lollipops. Star Wars binky stickers. I, I missed that. Star Wars. You were supposed to text me about Star Wars, that. Star Wars binkies and blankies and Kylo Ren blinky binky. <laughs> <laughs> BB Binky. Oh God! Oh, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> um, what was your favorite thing that you picked up that, um, that you have now? I know you've got some things on order. Yeah, that you ha- that haven't arrived, but like in hand, what is your what is your favorite? Uh, probably my um, standard GI Joe size Captain um, Phasma toy. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I wanted the most. Like that, if I didn't get home with that motherfucker, that I was going to be upset. Yeah, and that was a hard motherfucker to get. It was mm-hmm. not easy. I was fifth in line at Toys R Us. The guy in front of me that was number one grabbed one and declared that he got the only one in the entire store, and my stomach fucking clinched, and I was sorting through those things. They're falling all over the fucking floor and shit, and I happened to find a second one, and the the entire store, they only had two of those motherfuckers. Yeah. So I was really, I don't know about you, but I was really surprised that there was just as much quantity of different things as there always was, but quantity of each item was very limited compared to what we saw in the prequels, because I did this midnight shit for all three prequels, too, and there was, like, a wall of the G.I. Joe figures, and, like, they were all gone in, like, 15 fucking minutes at Toys R Us, like, mm-hmm. every single fucking one of them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, it, yeah, it's, like, everything's picked through now. It's all, like, cleaned out. Yeah, completely. People are already double, triple on eBay and everything. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jeez. And so, yeah, it's fuck, It's fucking crazy. Yeah. So how about you, Ryan? What did you get that you liked the most? What's your favorite? <sighs> yeah, I had to get the Captain Phasma, but when it comes down to it, my favorite thing that I got was uh, my Black Series uh, Kylo Ren. Yeah, I, 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 I just I because I love the character design. I, I love the uh, the. I think that uh, overall the his lightsaber mm-hmm. looks like shit. The toy, yeah, they could have done. I think they could have done like a clear kind of like. Uh, it's got those weird fiery plastic pieces on it. The yeah. red fiery plastic pieces, that's what I'm complaining about. Yeah. It, it looks it looks basically like um it's just like a, a like red it, and I'll, it's just I would have rather uh, had like a clear type red like like a lightsaber, right? You know, yeah. I don't know. I agree. It just doesn't it, it looks the 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 lightsaber itself looks cheap. I so. agree. So that was the only toy with the lightsaber so far, right? So we haven't seen any other toys with the lightsaber. Yeah, even though they've shown us like Finn with the lightsaber. Besides, the like teaser, the classic, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't give us that yet. Okay, available. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's a good that's a good call, Jay. I think Kylo Ren is the only Force Awakens character that you can get with a lightsaber. Just like so to far. see the rest of them and how they they deal with it. Yeah, I did get the. I was happy though. I don't know how many Captain Phasmas Target got, but I did get the last one. Good job. So um, my guess is three max. And I did order, and I know you ordered the Captain Phasma Elite series. Yes, yes. Um, 
I almost bought like the twelve pack at Entertainment Earth. Yeah, what, comes, what comes in that? Guavian Guard. It's got uh, General Hux. It's got uh, mm. Kylo Ren, um, and it also has like Zeb and and some other uh, uh, Rebels characters oh, that cool. come with it. But it was ninety nine ninety nine. It's it's an Entertainment Earth exclusive. It's very cool. That's but quite a bargain for twelve black figures. No, 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 no. Not black figures. These are three and three quarter inch. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm, still, a, still a bargain. Yeah. Those things are like eight, nine bucks. A if pop. it was, if it was, if oh my god, if it was a fucking the black series, yeah, oh, yeah. I would have been. Yeah, yeah. You've got my money. <laughs> Take my monies. Now, guys, you did. Did you see that I posted the Guavian Guard? On yes. The, on yes. The page? Yes. The dead foolish yes. looking guard. Yes. Yes, and uh, Greg Caliente says that's not that's Rebels stuff, and I was like, I, Greg, you spicy motherfucker. <laughs> I think it. I actually, I think I've seen some pictures of this, and so I, I went uh, online and I, I, I searched them out, and I found the pictures, and I posted them, and Greg Caliente is like, yeah, I think I'm full of shit. So. <laughs> yeah, I saw that exchange. Yeah. I laughed. Yeah, yeah, I'm just fucking with you, Greg. But yeah, um. I'm so obsessive with the um, G.I. Joe size ones and the Star Wars Legos and the Star Wars Funko Pops that I just try to, other than my couple favorite characters, I try to like pretend the black shit doesn't exist. Hmm. Uh, the black series stuff? Yeah. yeah. I think it's gorgeous mm-hmm. and I love it, but it's like I got to draw a line somewhere. I know. Like, I, and yeah, I'm such a, I hear you. I have such a completest with stuff that I have a hard time like, yeah. oh, I'll just get two and yeah, not the I, other two. I got the, I got the Kylo Ren and I got the... Uh, f- uh, the uh, Ray with BB-8. Nice. Yeah. Like I said, I picked up the Ray and I wanted it, but I thought it had a very manly face, so I backed yeah. off. Yeah. Looked very Hillary Swankish. It did look very Hillary Swankish. Yeah. It was like million dollar Ray. <laughs> am I watching? A, am I watching a movie with uh, Matt Damon and drag? What is going? Oh, it's a Hillary Swank vehicle. Okay, I get it. Million dollar baby, starring Matt Damon's. Sister, <laughs> I, I don't know. But you were saying on the porch that some of them just had bad paint designs, and I yes, and I believe yes, that because yes. this looked terrible. My um, the one I picked up two rays, mm-hmm. two ray figures because they had two of them there, the, the six inch black series. I picked them both up and I looked one for the other, and I wanted to compare the the paint jobs. Um, the paint job on the first one, she didn't have any blush. On the second one, she had more. She had like more pink on her cheeks. Mm. And so it made it, yeah, it made her look less Hillary Swankish. <laughs> her so, alarm didn't go off, and she was like late getting to work, right. so not, didn't have time to apply all the right. makeup. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I picked up the less empowered <laughs> Ray because you know an empowered woman doesn't need to wear makeup. Right. But, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I I wanted my dolled up Ray, so whatever. <laughs> I don't, I don't blame you. I, I was like, you when I saw the one I picked up. <laughs> no, it, it, and it, and it came down to the BB-8, though. The BB-8. Oh, yeah. The paint job on that one was a little bit different, too. Um, it looked, he looked a little bit more worn in, you know? A little more sandier. Yeah, exactly. I, BB-8 has become my favorite character at this point. Yeah, uh, Jake, we talked about this outside, too. You yeah. just, you like cute shit. I do. R2 and C3PO are my favorites from the classics. I, I told, love the droids. I told Jake on the porch, if a Pokemon landed on the porch, he'd probably fuck it. Yeah. It depends on which one. You love, you, <laughs> you didn't deny it. Yeah, didn't right deny. there. You didn't deny I, it. No, I didn't deny it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, the cutesy stuff. Come on. I love it. I love BBA. I love how cute he is. 
Oh my god! Oh my so god. cuddly. You and, your, you and your two balls. You and your <laughs> you and your Funko Pops and your little BB-8s and your oh man. God, I'm surprised you're not like jacking off the posters of Snorks when you get home. <laughs> oh no! What the fuck is going on? Kind of weirds you? me out with how they have like dicks on their heads. That's not cute. <laughs> you're, you're not one of those furries, are you? No. you <laughs> I made. I made to take a break. <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to making them dress up like that, but I, I would never dress up like yeah. that. It's huh. weird. <laughs> Guys, what did okay, I mean we we I, I had a great Force Friday. Uh Jay, you did get uh you did get Star Wars aftermath. Yes, that's so. the one thing I could afford this week. I'll get the rest when I can for yeah, sure. But yeah. I was sitting at home just crying while you guys are like, Look at me, I got all these toys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jay, now I feel bad. <laughs> Calling me at two in the morning and shit. <laughs> sure you don't want to come out, Jay. There's one Kylo Ren left. Yeah. Don't you love it? And then you stepped on it. Like, fuck, I already got one. <laughs> no, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that, none of that happened. When are we going to, Jay, when are we going to see the Kylo Ren and Stimpy mashup? I know. I, it's coming, right? It, they're going to have, there's going to be a t shirt. You're going to go to like thinkgeek.com or like ripped apparel or yeah. like one of these T public and somebody's going to have a Kylo Ren and Stimpy. So it'll be Kylo Ren and then Stimpy. Yeah. And that'll be a shirt and people will be like, Oh, that's so funny. That's what a sick. mashup. Yeah. <laughs> General Hux, you idiot. <laughs> what are you doing? Some supermodel girl will be wearing it. I love Star Wars. <laughs> I've had this lightsaber since I was a child. <laughs> Do you get it? It's Ren and Stimpy. Do you get it? I know. Uh, <laughs> and I did. Um, I ordered the uh, $150 BB-8 that you control with the app. Mm. Um, I was, I got afraid I was going to try to get one like right Jake, away. Jake so. is going to like have that thing rolling over his naked body. <laughs> like that, I, that is going to happen. Like fellatio. I'm just, I'm just like worried if I'm going to be able to masturbate and operate my phone at the same time. Like that's worrisome. It shouldn't take two hands. That's I mean. what the, I have the iPhone on, 6 Plus on. though. That's, oh. that's, what, that's what the second B and 8 stand for. Bait. Oh. BB bait. Ball bait. Yeah, <laughs> ball bait eight. You yeah. sick son of a bitch. But yeah, I was I was scared that I wouldn't be able to get one in the store. So um, they went on sale on the Spiro site at one a.m. and I set an alarm for like twelve fifty-five. And I was like in the middle of Walmart and my alarm went off and I just like froze and like kept hitting the refresh button until I could get it. And um, the guy's like, "We're open in aisle fourteen, sir." I'm like, "Shut the fuck up! I'm trying to get this BB-8." <laughs> I'm upset because like they still they had uh, two of the RC BB-8s mm, in, in the box still at Target when I was there. Mm-hmm. I could have bought those because now they're going on like eBay for yeah, they like are. you know thirty, forty, fifty dollars more. Wow! So I could have I could have picked both of them up and probably made a little bit of a the Stira ones are like four hundred to five hundred bucks on eBay already. Are they? Yeah, Jeez. yeah. Because the physical stores only got three to four. Four max of them. There's like a, Best Buy only got three max. There's a huge like uh, group of people out there that that want to masturbate with that thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame them. Yeah, you don't blame them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, didn't you see it talking to that goldfish? That didn't give Jake. you a hard on right then. <laughs> what, 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 what Jake didn't tell you is that he bought two. Yeah, one to keep in the package and then one to masturbate. Right. One yeah. for each of my balls. Yeah, <laughs> it'll greatly devalue it. This one looks near mint. <laughs> That's the thing about BB-8 is it's supposed to look a little worn up. So yeah. once I put it through some punishment, it'll just look, it'll just look more movie like. 
<laughs> He's bondaging it. Oh my gosh. Are you going to be doing like a Richard Gere thing with it? Oh, no, no. I want to be able to see it. Yeah. Like the Richard Gere thing, you put it in like a funnel so you can't, like, how am I going to get hard if I can't see it? I bet you you open both those so you're like two at the same time, baby. Yeah. And just colliding on your penis. I'm going to have it giving me like a sh- shiatsu massage and shit. <laughs> Roll on my back. Wow, the truth comes out. It always does. <laughs> Guys, okay, let's talk about what what have we um other other than Jake being a pervert, what have we found out about these toys in the Star Wars universe? What in Star Wars uh, The Force Awakens, what have we learned from the toys coming out? I didn't learn too much, really. Yeah. I learned a little bit. I, I want to talk about it, but I didn't know if there's anything that you guys like saw in the toy packaging uh, that 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 you didn't know, and now you're kind of enlightened to that information. Yeah, not that I can think of. It was a lot of information. I was blown away. I was blown away that that BB-8 does not belong to Ray. BB-8 is owned by Poe Dameron. Oh yeah, yeah. And I thought that 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 was very surprising that 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 he belonged to to Poe and not Ray. Yeah. Because in all the the images that I've seen, except for one, I I I saw one image of BB-8 with Poe. Yeah. B- the only way you can get and it BB- was concept art. The only way you can get Lego BB-8 is with the uh, Poe X-wing set. Mm. Okay. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So I was, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was interesting information. Yeah. So he, he's, yeah, he's like R two was to Luke, mm-hmm. which kind of drives home like, yeah, what is we kind of thought Ray made him. Oh yeah, that's I, what I figured with her being a junker and and uh, I absolutely thought that she, and I thought that was like, especially if she is a Skywalker or a Solo, um, that you know. Anakin made C-3PO, mm-hmm. she would have made she would have made BB-8. So, yeah. Yeah, not much though. It it, it seems like JJ Abrams is keeping a lid on it, unlike the prequels where you found out every fucking facet of the plot on Action Figure Day. Well, we are going to be talking about some of the uh with with the release of all the merchandise. I have broken everything down and uh I think there's a little bit more information out there than what people really think is out there. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, if you go to StarWars.com, they've updated their data bank with all new Star Wars The Force Awakened uh, entries. Uh, most notably, and I'm going to start with this one, a description of Starkiller Base, which we've talked about Starkiller mm-hmm. Base before, uh, which is General Hux's base. General Hux is Domhnall Gleeson's character. Here's the official description for Starkiller Base. It's not a lot, but I think it's a lot that we can kind of like dive into. Um, a lot of different theories. An ice planet converted into a stronghold of the First Order and armed with a fiercely destructive new weapon capable of destroying entire star systems. <laughs> Hence the name. Yeah. Okay. So it's early rumors were – there were early rumors – and these are they're becoming true. It sounds like that the that the super weapon in the film is some ancient Sith temple deep in some planet that turns the entire planet into a weapon. Hmm. And that's exactly what I read here. Yeah, I agree. An ice planet—that's the ice planet we've been seeing—converted into a stronghold for the First Order and armed with a fiercely destructive new weapon capable of destroying entire star systems. So. 
basically, instead of them constructing a planet, they've got a weapon that turns the planet into a destructive base. So, guys, is this cool? Is there Are there other ways that you think that they can make this a little bit more interesting to some of the characters that are in this universe that already exist? I've got theories. I've got some things I want to see them do. But, I mean, guys, do you think this is this is cool or do you think, like, fuck, man, we've already had two fucking Death Stars. We got another movie where they got a super weapon. Yeah, they switched it up a little bit. They've converted a planet, an actual planet, into a fucking weapon. But, you know. I like it. I think it's cool. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's neat. I, I think it's. I think it's. You know, it's something that's a continuing trend in all the Star Wars books. There's always kind of the ultimate, you know, Empire weapon, whether it's the Dreadnoughts or the Star Destroyers or the Death Star. You know, there always is this kind of ultimate weapon. You know, I mean, even look at the at. Yeah, but I mean, you you ask fucking Vader with the ultimate. He's like, ah, fucking Death Stars. You know what I mean? He's, right. He always thought the Death Star. He's like, it's nothing compared to the powers of the dark side. It's true. And you know, and he and he he would say that, mm-hmm. but. It, and it's crazy that they're still fucking chasing. I is that the difference between the First Order it's and, kind of and the Knights of Ren? I mean, is that? I mean, I, I want. I think they're working together, and I want to talk about that a little bit later. But I think it always it'll it'll always come down to them having differences. Right? It's the constant struggle between the human characters and the the Jedi character, not right. Jedi, but Force you know sensitive characters. Moff Tarkin, yeah, right, and yeah. Vader, true, yeah, and General Hux now, and, and Kylo Ren. Yeah, I mean, I think. You got, you got, I think there's going to be like, uh, Hux is going to be basically controlling Captain Phasma. Yeah. That's going to be like his right hand man. And I know, I know it's a, a her. Right. But yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like, like she's the head of the stormtroopers. Like she's like their commander. Yes. So absolutely. That's interesting. Absolutely. And Kylo Ren is like, yeah, so I mean, I, she could pull like an Order sixty six on him. Yeah, yeah, on Kylo. I mean, Kylo Ren, I'm sure has stormtroopers. We've seen him in images with stormtroopers with him. But yeah, let's let's let's. I don't go. think I don't let's, think the Order sixty six thing would only would work. I think that's that's something they genetically like put into the clones as they were making. Right, I'm saying yeah. an Order sixty six type of command. Yeah, I'm not saying that it would be. I'm not literally. They would saying, fall on their sword exactly. for her. Exactly. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I'm not saying they would literally do another Order sixty six. <laughs> um, I would. I, I want to see them when it comes to this. I want to see them add some actual stakes for the resistance mm-hmm. with this, and I, I think they could do that even with Princess Leia. She she dealt with Alderaan being destroyed. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got an okay. Instead of the death, we have a Death Star, which is just like a constructed fucking planet. Now they're actually using a planet, and I think it would be interesting if they've taken over this planet. General Hux, he's got Starkiller base there. They've taken over this planet. They've got this new weapon, and now they have hostages. Mm. So the First Order now has prisoners mm. on this planet. That is the weapon. So now the resistance, they're forced to make a difficult choice. Do we try to save the hostages and then destroy the planet? Or do we just sacrifice the planet? And I mean, we don't know what position Leia is in. She could be in a position where she can make that decision, and it could be echoes of Alderaan. She she could be one of the hostages, for all we know. For all we know. I think that they would put her in a position where she has control, though. Yeah. Because now... Like, she heard all the voices screaming out in mm. A New Hope when they destroyed that planet, 
And now she's got echoes of that in this movie. I think that that'd be a great way for them to approach this. Yeah. It's very, really fascinating. Very cool. Yeah. We don't know anything about Alea and what her, her place in this puzzle is at all. Right. So, yeah. You know, another interesting fact is um, they're holding back the novelization this time. This is the first time where Merch Day didn't include include the uh, novelization of the movie. That's not even coming out until January now. That's, it's all JJ. It's got to be all JJ. Man. Yeah, that's great, though. I love it. Because I, I, I can't it, avoid that shit. If they give it to me, I have to read it. <laughs> True, so, yeah. It's like, oh, thank you for not making me spoil the shit out of this movie. Right. <laughs> it's, it just seems like Starkiller Base, the only thing that sits funny with me is like, if this is kind of like the last ditch effort of the Empire, the Remnants, okay, yeah, they probably had a going back to point. Right. But why wasn't this kind of like used before or talked about before? Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm just kind of wondering. I guess it's not necessarily a bad thing that well, I'm wondering. What's interesting it. though is too is like we hear the rumors that it's. Uh, hold on, did it actually say that here? I want to. No, we we actually hear like okay, uh, the rumor that I talked about in the past is that the super weapon in the film is an ancient Sith temple deep in some planet and. Starkiller base, um, some of the diagrams that I've seen is the actual base on the planet. Mm-hmm. The It's actually dug in. It's like burrowed into the planet. Mm, I've okay. seen that too. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, is this some sort of like – some some sort of like like Sith artifact that's powering this thing. Do you think there could be any repercussions for using an ancient Sith weapon? Like, is there going to be something that they didn't see coming to come of using it in the first place? You know mm. what I'm saying? Well, yeah, absolutely. Like, are they going to unearth or Plagueis? Um, yeah, bring something that they didn't want to bring. Plagueis. Yeah. So that's interesting. I've always wondered that. Hmm. What, so. Do we do we know the name of the planet? The star- no, no, and yeah. that's that's another thing. Like uh, when I when I was picking up some of the toys and reading the descriptions, another thing that I noticed is there's no mention of planet names, not even Jakku. Mm-hmm. I don't think no, no, they're no, on the front. Okay, the names of the planets. Yeah, because what about okay? They're the- on the fronts, like because it's like Finn Jakku version, oh, okay. and it's like um the Ray. There's no Jakku Ray in right. the GI Joe size. It's a Ray Starkiller there base. Was the, the, also, the what was his name? The Nuvio guy. What's his name? Oh shit, Zuvio. 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 His character on the back, you read the description, he, he, it says he was from Jakku. Yeah. So. And it says it on the front in parentheses after each guy's name. Right. Like, so you know there's going to be other variations of these characters coming. Like, I'm sure we'll get a Jakku Ray. Like, I was kind of weirded out that the Ray we got and the only Ray we got was Starkiller Ray mm-hmm. when so much of the stuff is focused on Jakku Ray. Right. So I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah. I got the, oh, I did pick up the, the, the Ray with her. Speeder, yeah. Oh, oh cool. my god, I love that the fudge sickle. I call I it. had yeah the Magnum fudge sickle. <laughs> I had to get it, dude. I just love the design of like her mm-hmm. as uh, the toy. She looks great, and I love the design of that fucking fudge sickle. That was the only, <laughs> that was the only Lego set that I picked up was the uh, yeah. Ray with the fudge sickle vehicle. Oh, did, yeah. uh, that was one thing I read was I, I don't know maybe you'll cover that where she where she resides what she's kind of living in on her planet. She lives in a Nat ad. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 That's, that, that's been concept oh, okay. that they've had out for a while. Yeah. Um, there's also other data bank entries that have been added to star Wars, uh, .com. Um, I'm going to go over them here real quick. Goss Towers. Goss Towers is part of the tireless technical crew that provides mechanical support to the resistance's fleet of starfighters. Uh, Tasu Leech. Tasu Leech leads the notorious, 
Kanji Club Gang, an intergalactic criminal organization. That's so, exciting. No huts in this? Maybe we're just dealing with the Kanji Club Gang? Yeah. I'm, that- cool. I'm cool with that. The huts doing anything but sitting in one place were kind of weird to see. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I, I want to see this character, though. Tasu Leech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because there, there haven't with these if with these there has been no official images yet. right they they've given you the descriptions but no images mm-hmm. um, B U four D Buford yeah tough and hardworking Buford is part of the ground crew that keeps the resistance starfighters fueled and combat ready sounds like a neat character of course they've got resistance troopers. Um, first order flame troopers. Yeah, yeah. First order riot control stormtroopers. <laughs> first order interrogator droid. Now prisoners of the first order are compelled to divulge their deepest secrets when subjected to the terrible interrogator droid under the command of Kylo Ren. They're still using those droids. Love those droids. Yeah. Though. I wonder if they're going to change the design. Yeah. It won't have just one needle. It'll have eight, <laughs> eight scissors. Needles, yeah, <laughs> scissors. It'll look like a fucking Swiss Army knife and shit. It'll have a water dropper attachment. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. Unkar's thugs, the strong arm bullies who work for junk dealer Unkar Plut, help keep his scavenging business running on the remote, lawless world of Jakku. Yeah, one of those came in my um, fudge sickle Lego set. Oh, really? Yeah. One of his thugs? Yeah. Oh, awesome. What did he look like? Eh, like, kind of nondescript. Like, mm. so, I mean, they're out there, though. Did you see the Hoppabore I posted? Yes. Yeah. That was cool. That. Uh, on, remember that, that big pig looking oh, yeah. kind of alien that they've got? I really need to put my pop filter on this thing. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Um, but yeah. Um, we try to find one of these Ungar thugs for you, real quick. Yeah, try to show me an Ungar thug. But um, yeah, the, uh, what was it? The, that little pig-looking thing, yeah. it's called a hopperboard. Okay. Somebody went to the Disney store somewhere and found a plush hopperboard. Oh, cool. And so, yeah. Did you say plush? <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> Ungar's thugs. I'm putting on a, I'm putting on a pop filter yeah. during the episode. This is, this is professional. It's all right. Here's the uh, Ungar thug Lego. Oh, wow. Like Skeletor with a hood. Yeah. <laughs> huh. CJ? Oh, yeah. Okay. Almost like a Tusken Raider kind of. Do, do they all have that look, I'm wondering? Yeah, I'm not sure if if they're all uniform like that, like Tusken Raiders, like Jay said, or if that's just that specific one. So, yeah, I'm not sure. There's Elo Asti. Elo Asti is a skilled if occasionally. Hello Nasty? That's a Beastie Boys album. Yeah. Hello <laughs> no, Kitty. Jake would fuck her if she was here right now. Not, <laughs> not, not that. Hello Kitty doesn't really get my rocks off. Oh. If Jake was like an 11 year old Asian girl, it would. <laughs> yeah, what 11 year old Asian girl can resist the I'm temptation just... of Hello Kitty? If you were an 11 year old Asian girl, you couldn't resist it. I wouldn't get the. I, I may not be able to resist it, but I wouldn't get the Funko version. I can promise you that. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, Asti is a skilled, if occasionally reckless, X Wing starfighter pilot for the Resistance. Um, <laughs> Hello, Nasty. Where you been? Hello, Nasty. <laughs> Guavian Death Gang Enforcers. So we, I've posted pictures of them. Pure Guavian. Pure Guavian. Like sorry. the coffee? <laughs> I'm just sorry. Oh. I, I'm not a coffee drinker, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Come on, Jay. I was referencing the Ween album, Pure Guava. <laughs> uh, PZ4CO. It's pronounced, yeah, 
PZ Forcio, yeah. Does it help you lose weight? Is a, uh, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Let him read yeah. the description. No, I'm done. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, let's hear it. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. We're done. I'm not allowed to crack a joke? Huh? Let's hear it. I, it, no, it was, it was, it, you, I, it was like I was sitting at the table with Deadpool. <laughs> you'd love that. No, Any other time, you'd love that. You were, no, it was like you were every every sentence. It was like rattling them off. Let's hear it. Like your fucking Don Rickles. Over they were there. good names. They were hard. There was there, those names. I don't were, want you to fucking read them. <laughs> so maybe I can joke around a little bit. I'm trying to be all. I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be Mr. Law and Order SVU over here. And you're fucking walking in, and you're fucking like you know your little pajamas and shit with your little BB-8 remote control. Oh, I wish. And as soon as you go to bed, I'm going to have that thing all over my balls. <laughs> Not yet. Maybe Thursday. <laughs> Let's hear what's up with this all thing. Right. Sounds P- like a droid. PZ4CO is a constant fixture in, in resistance-based control rooms, offering tactical data and communication support during important operations. So is that kind of like the Star Wars Jarvis? Yeah. Is there yeah. a bunch of them or just one? It says is a constant figure... In resistance-based control rooms, oh, so, so each one has each one. one has. Well, it's like a, it's almost like a, I don't know, it's like a program that just like they all have access to in every resistance control room. Hmm. Is so I'm thinking like, is this kind of like a Jarvis type AI? Uh oh. So they should have one by now. I mean, geez, episode eight, Age of Ultron. Uh, no. <laughs> Sarko Plank, a scavenger and trader who scours frontier worlds for riches. Sarko Plank must wear a specialized mask that keeps his native atmosphere circulating through his alien lungs. I have a theory <laughs> about Sarko Plank, and he will come up later in this discussion. Okay, nice. All right. Um, yes, remember that Sarko Plank, a scavenger and trader, okay. um, because he will come up. Now, the backs of the toy cards gave some info about the characters, but it was surprising that the early release of the Halloween costumes descriptions were more detailed. Mm, that's um, interesting. Now, guys, keep in mind these are Halloween costume details. These might, I mean, even though it says like this is an officially licensed Star Wars product. They, this might not be 100% accurate to the film. We don't know. Right. Yeah, they have to make that kind of shit so early, so mm-hmm. sometimes they're not given all the information. Right. But very interesting. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about Finn and Ray's Halloween costume first, and then it seems like a little bit later we're going to talk about what is going to be like the most popular Halloween costume, I think, that's coming out, is Kylo Ren. Yes, sir. There are like four or five different fucking Kylo Ren costumes. <laughs> I think Kylo Ren is – I'm predicting Kylo Ren to be the most cosplayed fucking character within the next few years. Oh, yeah. I'm predicting uh, Kylo Ren to be Halloween costumes out the fucking wazoo. It's going to be fucking crazy. With Kylo Ren. I'm going to go as Kylo Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> personally. That's nice. That's nice. Above and beyond. Both at once? That's going to be impressive. It, no, yeah. I'm going to have like a little Stimpy doll oh, like, nice. sewn onto me. So. <laughs> with a lightsaber with and the, shit. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, the backs uh, of the uh, the Halloween uh, costume descriptions. Here's the one for Finn. Sometimes heroes come from the unlikeliest of places. The Galactic Empire has been dead for decades, but evil never really dies. With villains rising to take the Empire's place, heroes must rise to oppose them. After becoming stranded by himself in the deserts of Jakku and meeting up with a girl named Rey, a stormtrooper named Finn has joined the side of the Resistance. He began his adventure as a part of the New Order, 
but now he's one of the few people that can stop them. With a new look, Finn is ready for a new mission. Since trading in his Stormtrooper armor for a set of new uh, set of gear, Finn's outfit might not be flashy, but it's all that a hero needs to succeed. Hmm. It's it lines up with everything that I read that yeah, I've read. Confirms that he was a Stormtrooper. Yes. Yes. He wasn't infiltrating them. He was an actual stormtrooper. Yeah. What changed him? What changed him? Why did he... We're going to see that in this movie. It leads me to believe that we're going to see this, unless he like tries to infiltrate it again, because like, we see him in the stormtrooper. It's like the first iconic image we saw in any exactly. trailer. We saw his head pop up. Boom, he's in a stormtrooper outfit. So you think maybe he just... Like, he just- stopped agreeing with their ideals like he just thought they were too excessive in the way they were treating people and planets and just couldn't stand for it anymore yeah um maybe maybe he believed in the 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 first order and then all of a sudden the first order is now starting to work with uh kylo ren's knights mm-hmm. of ren mm-hmm. yeah. and now he's just like these guys are you know this is like fucking like these guys are like isis yeah, yeah. like whoa you know fuck whoa I thought I just thought I was working with the Nazis, and now these guys are cutting people's heads off. Even the stuff Hux is doing though is pretty gnarly. If you yeah. fi- if you were to find out about that, like I can't imagine like Starkiller Base being appeasing to him. Right. I just think that when you're when you're when you're getting involved with 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 somebody that can use kind of like that's force sensitive and uses magic and shit. Yeah, it might freak him out a little bit. Oh, I agree, <laughs> especially if in the last thirty years the only person really doing that's been Luke. Right. You know, since Vader and the Emperor are dead, and then, yeah. you know, think of what happened when Vader and the Emperor joined up with the Empire. Yeah. Like, it's going to be bad again. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, we don't know. He could be stranded, and fucking Ray takes care of him, and he... I don't know. We don't know. This Why is-, is he still hiding his name, too, if he's just, like, an ordinary stormtrooper? That's the other question. And and does he... Is he Force-sensitive, I guess? Well, does Kylo sense him, and that's why he had to leave? I, I mean, does I mean stormtroopers are just they have just a number, right? Yeah, I mean they're just a number. Yeah, that's true. They are just a number. I, mean, I don't know. A couple letters. I mean, Clone Wars has taught us that, like Commander Cody, and like I, I don't know if the you know if the old Republic treated them different than the right. Empire ever would, but they definitely had names in Clone Wars. Okay, it was one of the characters Abrams brought up as to we're not telling you his name for a reason. So it's like, well, why, why? Okay. I yeah, I don't know why he would be a stormtrooper in the first place if he's somebody we think he is. But now this is where like I I think everything kind of like lines up for what they said about his character, and it's nothing too revealing. But this is the most revealing description, if it's true. It's about Ray, and it actually basically it talks about her, but it's mostly like they're giving a scene away mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, the mission here it is. The mission to take down the First Order is underway after invading the Star Killer base. One member of the Resistance has split from her group and found herself in a massive room full of First Order soldiers, completely surrounded by stormtroopers with blasters and Knights of Ren with lightsabers. She seems to be totally outnumbered. Unfortunately for her enemies, though, they've made a big mistake. It's not about the strength of the weapon, but the strength of the warrior that wields it. Wow. Is Okay, guys, if this is legit... And it's on a fucking officially licensed Star Wars costume. Is is Ray? I'm asking you now. Is Ray Force sensitive? Seems that way. Yeah, yeah. It almost sounds like the Death Star run where Luke goes off by himself down the canyon. Yeah. If this is the same thing where they're going down this 
whatever to this relic. Maybe she's in that room. Maybe they're giving away the ending right there. That really intrigues me even more about the Knights of Rin, too, knowing that they're all going to be welding lightsabers. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. Right. And we've heard, we've heard Kylo Ren is not a Sith. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is a scene. Like, and this, this sounds like it's like towards the end of the movie. Yeah. I I agree with Jay and you on that too. Because we've heard, I've heard rumors of like General Hux, like, you know, at the end of the movie at Starkiller Base and kind of like what goes on there. This sounds like this is the end of the film. Right. So. There's a distraction going on. Yeah. She's the savior. It sounds very, from what you're telling me, it sounds very different than the first parts of the last two trilogies. Like, cause both episode one and episode four are kind of singular stories. Not that there's not stuff left out in the open, but they definitely have a beginning, middle, and end. And all the right. stuff you're reading kind of leads me to think that this won't have so much of an end like episode four and episode one did. Yeah, there's not going to be any metal ceremony at the end of this movie. Yeah, it sounds more like thinking. an Empire Strikes Back ending right, right. away rather yeah. than the first movie just kind of being one tale and then the next two movies being the kind of part one and part two. Right. You have so many villains crammed into this and so many heroes stories to tell and they're major. They don't, I mean, they seem like major characters at least for the time being. So Mm -hmm. that's a huge story to tell in itself. So it's not one thing. It's not focused on Luke and the rebellion. This is like all Mm -hmm. kinds of different things going. It's also interesting with the episode eight rumors, knowing that they're casting a new female lead. Like where's that leave Ray? You know, yeah. The, the rumor about that. I mean, are they mixing the same rumor that I'm going to talk about a little bit later with a female lead for another anthology film? Is no, 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 no. no they're you're casting right. a brand new female you're fucking lead. Right. I'm going to talk about that later. I, I'm getting it confused with the original rumor right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're absolutely right. We'll talk about that later. It just made me think of that and mm-hmm. Ray's fa- like that scene being the end of the movie for Ray. Like, right. man, it could be bad news for Ray at the end of this movie. Hmm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> because I have heard the rumor that all three legacy characters, all three main legacy characters, I'm not talking about C-3PO and Chewbacca. I'm talking about Han, Han Leia, Luke. Luke. Yeah. I've heard that all three, the rumor is they all come out of this alive. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. We're not going to break hearts until episode eight. Right. The Empire. It makes sense to kill Han in the Empire Strikes Back yeah. of the new of the yeah. new trilogy. Man. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. It would make sense in this too, though. Could, well, hold on. Hold on. Could they could no, I mean like could they like flip the script, dude, and fucking raise the one that bites it in this fucking movie? It would have just as much impact. And then we get there is another. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Ever since I heard the episode eight <laughs> casting stuff, I was like, Oh man, Ray's in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. never thought that. I thought she'd come out on top on this. Now I don't know. Wow, that that okay, that totally changes what I thought. Okay, all right. So there's a guy, and he posted videos uh, of his the Force Awakens toys, and they were talking masks oh, of yeah. Kylo Ren and Captain Phasma with dialogue that was given by the actors Adam Driver and Gwendolyn Christie. Um, let me see if I can pull this up and play uh, some of the Captain Phasma lines. Oh, she sounds so eloquent. She's awesome. Let me try that again. Fire FM two one eight seven. 
You know, I mean... Submit your blast Finn? for inspection. FN2187? Here's the Kylo Ren stuff. And, you know, the Kylo Ren stuff, I think uh, there's a lot more to talk about. And we're going to talk about yeah. that here. She's just giving commands. Not much to dissect there. First off, it sounds like in most of these, he's talking to somebody that he knows. Yeah. Together. Um, yeah. Um, very reminiscent of uh, Vader talking to Lou. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let's, you know what, let's let's break down some of these lines. I want to break them down right now. The first one, I've been waiting for this for a long time. Yeah. Luke, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. Do we are we going to get that showdown between Luke and Kylo Ren in this movie though? Probably not. Mm-mm. I've heard rumors that I've heard the rumors, and I don't know if this is true because it doesn't sound like anything that's true that I heard from production. But I heard Luke's scenes were shot all in one day. Okay, I believe it. I've heard Luke's scenes were shot all in one day. I do know that he was at that island. They shot his scenes at that island. I can't remember the name of the island, but that's where they shoot. They shot his scenes. Yeah, they got that drone footage up yeah. on there. So, if all of his scenes were shot in one day, it's not. We're not going to see Luke fighting, right? If that if that's true, we're not going to see him fighting. I mean, with the choreography, agreed. I mean, a fight scene is going to take them oh, at least a week or more to absolutely. shoot. Absolutely, and so uh, I don't see that being the case. Um, if that's true, yeah. Okay, I, I, and I don't know. I don't know, but I, I, I think that it would be nice to kind of. I mean, of course, I want to see. I want to see fucking like. I want to get everything in this. I want full fucking frontal nudity in my Star Wars. I want everything. I want to see it all. I, if I go to the fucking strip club, yeah, you're topless and you're bottomless, mm-hmm. and that's what I want from Star Wars. But is JJ gonna give that to me in this? Or am I gonna, am I gonna have to wait till Episode Eight? To see fucking Luke bust out that lightsaber mm. and him and Kylo Ren throw down. I think you will. Sounds. I'm like buying, it. not selling that rumor. Okay. What are you on the Never Submit podcast right is, now? Is that what they say? <laughs> yeah. I've never. I, I, I always say buying, not selling. What have you been doing? I've never heard that podcast in my life. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Wow. I yeah. only listen to Pop Culture Leftovers, <laughs> and I rarely listen to it. When you you just listen to us when we record. <laughs> That counts, right? <laughs> mm. The next one is "Don't be afraid." Okay, don't be afraid. Who's he talking to? I'm, I, you got to guess Ray. It's like all, with all of these, it's like easy to just say Ray. Yeah. You know, he's, don't be afraid. Ray, he's talking to Ray. He's talking to the fans. He's like, don't be afraid. Buy all my merchandise. <laughs> the next one is "I feel it too." Okay. Mm-hmm. Force sensitive? Mm-hmm. No, I think BB-8's running over somebody's ball. <laughs> I was thinking of a BB-8 joke. We me and you were like there, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe I was just thinking of BB-8 on my balls. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Uh, you know what I've come for. Once again, talking BB-8. about BB-8. <laughs> this movie is all about BB-8. I, I hope so. Wow. Uh, no. Uh, then don't fight it. You know you can't. <laughs> More BB. <laughs> okay, now this is one I want to bit I want to get serious about. This one, this one really I think this is very telling. I'm immune to the light. Okay. 
I think I, I don't know if that's the mask or that figure. There's a talking figure too. Yeah. And it says, I'm immune to the light. He's the ultimate Mogwai. Hmm. The light does not hurt him. Oh, so somebody was trying to <laughs> somebody was trying to turn him to the light side, obviously. Well, hold on. Okay, if the, uh, let, let's think about this. Let's think about let's think about let's think about this character. Okay, we've got a character that you believe, and that I'm starting to really lean toward being the son of Han Solo and Leia. Right. Okay. I've been really leaning that way too okay. now. So now. What happens? Well, mommy and daddy are no longer together. True. And daddy's out there running the galaxy with his buddy Chewbacca. Yeah. Fucking, you know what I mean? <laughs> Two wild and crazy guys. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a situation with the cat, the cradle, the silver spoon, all that bullshit. True. And we've got this boy without a father at home. And so maybe he starts finding out he's a little force sensitive Maybe he starts getting pissed off at dad not being there. Right. And the next thing you know, we found out he finds out that Darth Vader, he maybe unbeknownst to him, like he didn't know. I'm sure it's not like his mother's fucking like off coughing up this information to him. Yeah. And like he's digging around underneath mom's bed and some shit. C3PO's giving him the stories right, with sound effects exactly. and shit. <laughs> and he finds out that his grandfather is Vader and he starts to become obsessed with Vader. Right. J.J. Abrams has said that he's a Vader obsessive in the Entertainment Weekly mm. article, mm-hmm. and so now we've got that makes sense, and, and that, that and, and and he has just trained his mind that he is immune to the light. Hmm. Yeah. And I think that the Knights of Ren. We're going to talk about the Knights of Ren later. I think I think this all kind of like lines up, man. We got to just like see – we just got to kind of like put the pieces together and I think we can kind of figure some of this stuff out. I agree. I agree. Um, he also says uh, that weapon is mine. Now, is he saying that about – is he saying that about Anakin's original lightsaber? Yeah, that weapon kind of makes me go against the solo rumors like that maybe he, he's like – more related to the Skywalker. Well, I guess that not if Finn is old. I guess I guess Leia's a fucking Leia's Skywalker, a Skywalker. So what the fuck am yeah. I talking about? Right. No, I'm saying like okay, okay. He could be talking to one of two people. He could be talking to he could be talking to uh, he could to, he could be talking to somebody that's got Anakin's lightsaber, mm-hmm. or he could be talking to General Hux. Yeah, that's true. Starkiller base. If it's powered by an ancient Sith weapon, yeah. he could be saying that weapon is mine. That's a good point. Yeah, that's my Sith heritage weapon. Especially yes. if he's collecting shit, right? Yeah. And that this could be the this could be the downfall of Grand Moff Tarkin. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh yeah. This, oh yeah. Exactly. I don't wow. think Hux is getting out of here. I agree. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Did you guys Did you guys go to StarWars.com and see the picture of General Hux? Domino Gleason as General Hux. I've, I've seen. It, yeah. I've seen pictures of General Hux, yeah. but not the one oh, you're talking about. Such a very gr- cool, great picture, man. Such yeah. a great Star. They did it so right with the design and the costumes on this one. This. Can I yeah. still see this right now? Oh yeah, it's on there. Now uh, the next thing he says is, "Together we will destroy the Resistance and the Last Jedi." <laughs> Who is he? Ta- is he talking to Ray? Right. Is he talking to Finn? And why? Why do they need? Why does he need to destroy the last jet? Well, what? What is, is it? The Vader obsession? And then, if he's talking to Ray, is Ray already conflicted? Is she also conflicted? If they're both, maybe they are siblings. Yeah. Are they both conflicted about who was right and wrong in that situation? Because why is Ray also 
kind of distance herself. Supposedly. Yeah, and I think one of you brought it up when we first saw the the Force Awakens poster. She's got a very like that that first poster that was released, and she's got you know Finn on one side of her and and uh, Kylo Ren on the other side, and she looks like. She looks like she's torn. Like, yeah. It's almost like she's like between them. Mm-hmm. She's got to make a choice. Mm-hmm. They're so, going to explain the red arm in the comic book? Because it's definitely – it's. I don't think he's saying it to Finn because Finn's holding that lightsaber like a motherfucker. Yeah. And I think Finn's got it out for him. Finn wants to kill him. But I mean if there's a relationship, if they're brother and sister, Kylo and fucking um, Ray, I mean you know, there's got to be more there's, – there's more there. There's got to be more. I mean, it's just—it's not all cut and dry. Yeah, it's—it's it's not like she's just gonna like try to strike him down, and or he's gonna try to strike her down. It's like—is that the photo you're talking about? Yes. I, okay, I've seen yes. that then. Yeah. Um, the the last line I wanted to talk about that he says is it true? You're just a scavenger. Hmm. That's that sounds like too Ray for sure. Yes and no. I'm I am under the belief that it is Ray that he's talking to, but it could be someone else, someone that we've mentioned earlier, and I'll right. go over that in here in a second. But I I do it sounds like it sounds like his disappointment of his sister, yeah, and like you're just a scavenger, like you don't you don't know what our legacy is. You could be so much more. You Luke, you 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 don't need to be living on this farm with your fucking. Uncle Owen? Man, how fucked up would it be for one solo <laughs> twin to kill the other solo twin at the end of this movie? That could be. A fucking Cain and Abel yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. could be shit. I could see it. I don't think that Kylo Ren is going to die in this film. And I'm I'm starting to lean towards if anyone is going to die in this film, um, where I thought it was going to be fucking Han... Now I'm starting to. Th- I'm. I'm a little worried for for Ray coming out of this alive. I'm super worried for Ray. I've been super worried all week. <laughs> all right, guys. Who could who could uh, Kylo Ren be saying? Is it true you're just a scavenger? Oh man. Who is, else is, could is it, it be? The other character you were talking about. That's kind of the the smuggler, the new smuggler character yes. that you brought up earlier. Yes. Forgive so, me, I forget the name there, already. This theory. Um, it's it it comes from a Reddit user Piker Ten, and he says, "Let me quote this." So I'm ha- I'm over halfway through the Luke Skywalker centric book that was released as part of the Journey to the Force Awakens line. In it, Luke goes to Deveron to look into some ruins, but he needs a guide to take him there. This is where he meets Sarko Plank. Oh, earlier I mentioned Sarko Plank. He is now in the Star Wars database. Is that one of the young adult books that came out on Friday? I think so. Okay. Um, who is called the Scavengers by uh, the Scavenger by the denizens of the Tikaru? He says he's usually hired to find things of value for particular people. He also knows about Luke's sky, uh, Luke's lightsaber. Hmm. So there's a few possibilities of his appearance in The Force Awakens. He's just there, and this is world-building for us fans to know who he is, sort of that, oh, cool, I know that character scene. He's seen or heard about Luke Saber making an appearance on Jakku or being talked about, so he goes there to find it and take it. Hmm. He knows about the Saber, so the First Order and Kylo Ren hired him as a kind of forward scout to find the location of the saber before they arrive burn the village looking for it hence flame troopers yeah etc so 
this scene with Luke Skywalker meeting Sarko Plank for the first time, this happens after A New Hope. Uh, because in the later chapters of this book, this book, Luke gets into a fight and he almost gets killed by this Sarko uh, Plank. Um, so he would not have been, he wouldn't have not have been able to even kill Luke, uh, been close to kill Luke if we're talking about like Return of the Jedi Luke. So this is a very young, untrained Luke Skywalker at this point. Hmm. So um, guys, are there could Max von Sydow's character be Sarko Plank? Hmm. That's true, yeah. He hasn't been revealed yet. That's interesting. I heard, um, did you read the rumor this week that Disney officially said Boba Fett did not die in the Sarlacc pit? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I wanted somebody to kind of explain it to me because it, it wasn't so cut and dry for me. I was I wondering if, if um, Max von Sydow could be our, our older Boba Fett. That, they, that's been a rumor forever. Yeah. That's been, and we've talked about it on the show before, and they've denied it. Mm. Um, that has, that is not, that's nothing new. That, that is something that definitely been talked about. Um, well, new, where new or old, they still haven't confirmed where, or denied. Where they have denied. Uh, okay. But they they, have they de- haven't told us who he is, though. I've, no, they haven't told us who he is. But they have gone out and said, oh, no, he's not. Okay. But do we believe them? Yeah. Because I think where there's a smoke, there's a fire. So he very damn well could be Boba Fett. I agree. I agree. So. Shit. I, <laughs> I do like that third theory, though. That, yeah. That does make some sense. I feel sense. like if he's a brand new character, though, then why not just fucking say he's this brand new character? What's 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 there to hide there? Why isn't he cast list if he's just. Right. Well, know? sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it feels like if they're not, if we're not knowing who he plays, then that leads me to believe there's something to hide, or we would just say who he's playing, especially if he's playing a brand new character in the first place. Yeah, why hide it if he's Sarko playing? Exactly. What does it matter? We don't know who he is anyway. It could also be one of those things where JJ just doesn't want us to know because he just doesn't want us to know. Yeah, he's like, you don't have to know, and hell, we don't even know who Simon Pegg is playing in this movie. Right, and I mean, it's like if 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 he is Boba Fett, it's like, (laughs) how many reveals do you want in the film? It'd (laughs) be awesome. Simon Pegg could be the voice of that um, of the like um, the robot that you said was on the each command center base. I, I forget its name already. No, we've seen Simon Pegg. He is in costume. Um, he had the helmet, whatever kind of like prosthetic or whatever was on his fucking head mm-hmm. that was taken off. And he looked like he was like in the desert and fucking miserable because of the heat. Yeah. <laughs> but he is a character. He's an actual physical character okay. in this. Yeah. Um, I still want to see the little fucking, his little Star Trek alien sidekick oh, in funny. this film. Yeah. I want to see JJ connect them because like JJ threw R2D2 into star and Star Trek and I want him to do the same thing here. And I want that little mm. alien sidekick that he has in Star Trek. Yeah. I'm fine with Star Wars up. being in Star Trek, but keep Star Trek the fuck out of Star Wars, that I little, say. No. <laughs> Jake, that character looks like a Star Wars character. That char- When you look at that character, he could fit into the universe. Well, J.J.'s Star Trek movies look like Star Wars movies. Exactly. I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, aesthetically, like, that character fits in with this universe. And, I mean... Hell, we've seen ETs in the fucking oh, Star Wars universe. Unfortunately. It's like, why can't we have like this little Star Trek guy? I wouldn't mind. I think it'd be kind of neat. Yeah. Just as an Easter egg, it'd be fun. I'd rather that than Jar Jar's bones. 
that. Oh no, no, no! If I could have one or the other, yeah, <laughs> fucking, I want to see, I want, I want to see, fucking, uh, I want to see Jar Jar's dead carcass. Kylo Ren picking his teeth with one of Jar Jar's bones. I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it Jar Jarcus. <laughs> nice. That's hilarious. Yeah, nice. It's a combination of the word carcass, Jarcus. Yeah. Good word Jarcus. Play. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, play. you did it. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> How long have we been? I got, I got, we got shit tons more. We already been recording for a fucking hour. Wow. Anyway, yeah, it's a good thing we didn't uh, do emails because my god, I got a lot of Star Wars guys. I'm sorry, I got fucking like I'm telling you out in the porch. It's okay. Dude. I fucking like today. I was watching a movie. I hit pause. Got on. And I got sucked into a Star Wars fucking like black hole, dude. <laughs> I, Star Wars black for hole. Three fucking hours. I like. I am like just like Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> well, it's an appropriate week to talk about it. So yeah. good on you. My God, and it was it was a lot of fun finding these things out. I am like 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 you like BB-8, and I I understand it because um, you like the cute bullshit. The cute. Shit. <laughs> all right, all right, we get it. <laughs> no, I'm I like cutesy <laughs> shit. I like to fucking. Uh, Oh, oh, we get it. Oh, oh, Jake's like, oh, this joke, it's worn out. It's welcome. I'm officially oh, butthurt. Oh, You're no. correct. Oh, no. Now, you know what? The, my joke has suddenly become that fucking, that brother-in-law that's getting on your nerves. I know. You're like the, the guy that wouldn't leave the party yeah. at this oh, point. He drinks milk right out of the fucking jug. I, well, I am lactose oh, intolerant. Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. He ate my last fucking package of Oscar Mayer hot dogs. <laughs> It hits close to home. It hurts. All right. All right. No mention. No more mention of Funko Pops and cute bullshit. No, you can mention it. I just didn't see the the connection there. Oh, I did. I like... It was a a callback. Oh, gotcha. I was going to say I got sucked down a Kylo Ren rabbit hole. You like BB-8. For some reason, Kylo Ren, I got sucked down a fucking Kylo Ren rabbit hole today. And I, I just kept... Wanting to know more about a character we don't know much about, other than it's being played by Adam Driver. He's got a fucking crazy ass looking lightsaber, a mask, and everything else is like up in the air. We don't really know much. I keep thinking of that Vanity Fair um, photo shoot too, and how they specifically showed us Kylo Ren like as Adam Driver in that photo shoot, and that right. that very much looked like a still from the movie. Yeah, I always still keep thinking about. That fucking picture of him in a fucking resistance. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. I've posted it on our Facebook page. I think it was Misdirections. I think they knew the drones were out there that day. And JJ put him in that for Misdirection. Yeah. Because that's, yeah, that hasn't been brought up again. Because it, 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 because it can't, there, it can't be a flashback scene. Oh God! I hope not. He'd be the same age. I mean, he looked the same at least. For the or picture. are we gonna see? Are we gonna see him turn into Kylo Ren this movie? It seems like the character's already established. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think we're gonna see him create his costume. I think we've established that that's probably gonna happen. We've seen somebody pick up the Vader helmet. Yeah. So, and I was looking at like the Funko Pop toys. I also looked at like the really, like the, the three foot dolls or whatever that they've got. Um, I looked at... Uh, Those things were massive. Yeah, but did you look at the helmet? The helmet had dents in it Yeah, there was like a crack in the back chips. of it, yeah. And they all I looked at all of them. They all did. And in the back, it, it looked like it was kind of like that tapered <laughs> kind of look that you see in the back of the Darth Helmet penis helmet. I agree. I agree. Either someone got a little bit crazy in the shipping or, right. or those are meant to look that way. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think he has taken Darth Vader's helmet, like you said, and fashioned it. Um, okay, uh, but I, I 
I talked about the costume descriptions for Finn and for Rey. Mm-hmm. Now I want to talk about the Halloween costume descriptions for Kylo Ren. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to do that here when we're going to take a break, and I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about those because we got a lot more Star Wars. Snoke break. So yeah. Snoke. Snoke break. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we are back. Yes, this fucking pop culture leftover Star Destroyer just keeps on fucking trucking through the galaxy. Very slowly. <laughs> I think another one just popped into space. Yep. All right, guys. So, uh, yeah, I talked uh, about the Ray and the Finn fucking uh, co- Halloween costumes. Well, there's like five or six fucking Kylo Ren costumes coming out, and each one has like its own description. Oh, okay. so, so none of these Halloween costumes are out yet, right? Like, they didn't come out on Force Friday, because I... I saw Halloween costumes out, but they weren't uh, for any of the new characters. I, I saw the same. I saw so, like a Chewbacca. Whether I don't, I don't know when they're coming out. I mean, the Guavian Guard didn't come out here, but I mean, it was available in the Philippines. Okay, maybe these are like only available in Spain or Philippines or I don't know. But it, these are products that do exist. Yeah, you can go. There is a web page for uh, if there. I can actually send you the links if you want to see these costumes. Oh, I would love uh, to. There are Halloween uh, stores where you can actually go online and order them now. I don't know if it's pre-order or whatever, but I did get all of these from. Uh, the uh, online uh, webpage. So I'm giving all kids that dress up in Force Awakens costumes extra candy. Extra candy for those kids. Yes. Hope you lose your teeth quicker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. I'll give them an extra number two pencil. Yeah. You remember those those motherfuckers that like you'd go to their door and they'd give you. Um, oh, if you say change, I'm gonna get so mad. Toothpaste and a toothbrush. Yeah. Oh, I've never had that. That's I terrible. Have. I have. It's a real bummer. It's yeah. real slap. It's like hitting a kid. Yeah, it it's is. Fucking stupid. It's child abuse. <laughs> I've had the person that literally had a roll of pennies that knocked off a few pennies into my bag. Oh, my God. Just don't answer the door. <laughs> why, why do you yeah. even answer the door? <laughs> why don't you just fucking give me candy corn, you motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> Where's my ghost pop, dick? <laughs> <laughs> like, you ever get, like, the like the really, like, old people candy? Oh, yeah. I hate that. Like, Werther's and shit? Yeah. Werther's are, like, uh... Mary Jane's. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Cough drops. <laughs> That's the worst. Fucking, uh, I, I honestly, I'll be honest with you though. I was a little excited every time I got a bit of honey. I love, oh, I love bit of honey too. For some reason, I, I love bit of honey. I love it. I do too. Yeah. I usually buy myself a bag of those on Halloween, like around Halloween. They're always in the discount bin after Halloween too. So. <laughs> yeah, those are good. You wouldn't think they would be, but they are. They are. Chewy as shit. Give me, mm. Just give me a little bit of honey. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, all right, here's the first uh, Kylo Ren description from his uh, Halloween costume. There has been an awakening in the force. One man standing by himself in a snowy forest clearing can feel it. The force and the powers of its dark side are welling up within his body. He draws his lightsaber, and three red blades extend from the handle, ready for battle. From behind a shroud of black robes, Beneath a shadowy mask, 
Kylo Ren knows the Knights of Ren are one step closer to completing their mission. Hmm. Okay, guys. Their mission. What is their mission? Yeah. Mm. Has something to do with a weapon. We know that much. There is some sort of a weapon, right? That weapon is mine. Mm-hmm. That's got to be part of the mission, right? Yeah. All right. So let's circle back around to that later, what their mission is. Um, the boy's deluxe costume, it goes even further in its explanation, and it says, that's the goal of Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren. Oh, yeah. Gain the power that can control the galaxy. Uh, the weapon, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. These descriptions also make him sound like a religious cult leader, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he, it sounds like he, in fact, created the Knights of Ren himself. Now, it's not something he joined. Right. Just mm. from the description you're reading. Right. Um, that's the goal. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he's the Vader obsessive that found, like, the Vader mask and fashioned it to be his own helmet, then, yeah, it sounds like this is something, like, he's dedicated his life to, and he's... He's basically the Charlie Manson of this fucking group and yeah, shit. Yeah, and very unlike Vader, like how Vader like joined the Sith, it sounds like the the, the Knights of Ren or something that, that he made himself. Right, right. Uh, that's the goal of the Kylo uh, of of Kylo and the Knights of Ren too to seek the galaxy's conquering powers once held by the Emperor Palpatine and the Galactic Empire. Hmm. The Rebel Alliance foiled that, foiled that evil quest, but Kylo Ren will ensure that the Resistance does not follow suit. Who can stand in the way of his almighty multi-blade lightsaber? Let the imagination of your child decide. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trusting that kid hey, with nothing. I'm trying to watch fucking Law and Order SVU, you little fucker! <laughs> Slow that imagination down! Yeah. <laughs> Slow your imagination roll, you motherfucker. <laughs> Daddy's got a court case to watch! <laughs> little shit! I can't turn the TV up anymore, I'm already maxed out! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Behind here's another here's another description. Behind a darkened helmet lies a darkened soul. Mm. There has been an awakening, and he can feel it, cloaked in black and unknown figure, half hidden by the scattered shadows cast by the wintry forest trees. Steps into a frosted clearing as he draws his lightsaber with its crisscrossing beams of blood red. He reveals evil intentions, but his face remains concealed behind a mask of silver and black. With a single gaze, strike fear into the hearts of your enemies. All right, here's more. 30 years after the Battle of Endor tore the Galactic Empire to pieces, new forces of darkness and light have awakened. This is the story that is unveiled in Star Wars Episode Seven, and one of its key players is the Dark Knight, Kylo Ren, an affiliate of the Knights of Ren. Kylo Ren is part of the First Order, an organization that seeks to control the galaxies, like the Empire did before it. Most well-known for his custom-built broadsword lightsaber, Kylo Ren's helmet is the last thing that his resistance enemies see before they fall. <laughs> and that was, yeah, Jake, that was, uh, if you go to buycostumes.com and go to the Star Wars Episode Seven, you can check that out. So these are costumes. Yeah, these are costumes that you can look at on uh, buycostumes.com. Hmm. Uh, with every, here's another one. With every new episode comes new darkness. When Kylo Ren joined his fellow knights in the quest of the First Order, it was all a part of the mission to claim the galactic power once held by Palpatine and the Empire. Over the last 30 years, that government has crumbled into near nothingness, yet few remnants, powerful remnants, still remain. 
That is the tale that unfolds in Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, and it's one of the stories that you that you may embody with Star Wars costumes on Halloween. Let your child's imagination go wild. <laughs> let, let that kid's imagination go crazy. Yeah! <laughs> We're bringing back this fucking <laughs> resistance. We're bringing back these Imperials. I have an evil welling up inside of me. Yeah, I know, Timmy. I'm bringing the resistance back. These <laughs> 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 fucking Jedi's don't... No, I don't know. That was good. Did you yeah, go with that? Yeah, I was going with it. Yeah. All right, yeah, but uh, let's see here. Here's uh, I can keep going with these. Uh, the, visa- the visage of death looms. Can you feel the awakening in the force, the darkness, and the light? There is one man who can sense them both. Oh. And in a snowy and twilight-blanketed forest clearing, his master plans are beginning to unfold. His name is Kylo Ren, and though his face remains behind a helmet, of mask, uh, helmet and a mask of silver and black... It's a face that represents a whole new age of evil. The Resistance won't be able to resist shudders of terror. In Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, 30 years have passed since Palpatine's galactic empire crumbled under the rebel attacks at the Battle of Endor. The struggles between good and evil are never truly over in Star Wars, though. And now the Knights of Ren and the First Order have risen to recapture the power that once belonged to their predecessors. More of the same. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to get into it anymore. There's, I mean, basically, these are saying the same things, but... I we can't deny any of this shit. I mean, it all sounds pretty legit. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. In the uh, in the prologue of Aftermath, mm-hmm. um, the first thing that happens is um, it's right after Return of the Jedi, and, the, and everyone knows the Emperor died. And there's all these people that are tearing down the statue on Coruscant of the Emperor. But then while they're doing that, the Empire shows up and blasts them all to fucking hell. Oh yeah. wow! So it's like they're. They're still trying to like, yeah, create order and oh, keep yeah. order and it was pretty crazy. I was yeah. like, oh shit! It's not like just because the emperor died, these people are aren't. Yeah, it doesn't matter that a bunch of like Ewoks are singing Yub Nub. Yeah. <laughs> that don't fuck it. No, no, no. It doesn't matter what. <laughs> it was a it was a really intense scene though, and I was just yeah. like, oh shit! It's not just all so cut and fucking dry. Just don't celebrate just yet, motherfuckers. <laughs> Let's uh, let's talk about some new Reddit posts that are uh, possible leaks to Star Wars Episode Seven, and and these are uh, posts that come from Reddit user No Named Sheriff, <laughs> and they could tell us more about the First Order and the Knights of Ren's ambitions because we were talking about like you know what's their ultimate mission? Yeah, and are they one and the same? Exactly. All right, number one, the Sons of Prophecy, which Anakin fulfilled. The Son of Sons prophecy, which Anakin fulfilled. So, of course, the Son of Sons prophecy is, you know, basically the chosen one. Um, Bring balance to the force. Number two, they say that the First Order logo resembles a sun. I think this is a stretch. Hmm. Yeah. I, the, I don't know if it really... It more Actually, it looks more like an open-mouth sarlacc pit to me <laughs> yeah. than it does a sun. Yeah, I can see that. So, but... I guess I okay. I'm not buying the first two. Um, number three, Kylo Ren is supposedly Vader obsessive. Not supposedly, he is. Yeah. Abrams confirmed that. And we've all seen the link concept art of the cyborg-looking figure holding Vader's helmet. Number four, the leaked line: "I will finish what you started." Now, I don't know how to articulate this thought, but here it goes: "I will finish what you started." Could be Kylo 
uh, Kylo's driving ambition, which now this is where it gets interesting. This is where the post gets interesting. I will finish what you started. Could be Kylo's driving ambition, which could be in context to Kylo holding Vader's helmet. Mm -hmm. Talking to a dead Vader. Yes. Hamlet style. Right. It's possible that Anakin died a martyr. Anakin, Darth Vader, died a martyr and reached Messiah status after the Empire shattered and the First Order and the Knights of Ren could parallel medieval crusaders, the sun being their cross, fulfilling the twisted visions of the Empire to bring order to the galaxy. I buy that. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, I like it very much. So, uh, yeah, pretty awesome. Um... I don't know. Do you guys like? Do you guys have any last Kylo Ren thoughts or anything? I don't know. He's awesome. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of this confirms to me that the that we probably won't see flashbacks, which I'm really digging. Like I was really scared with the first time we ever saw the Vader's mask stuff. Was yeah. kind of like made the flashback people seem like they had more like credence. And now I feel like it's not that way at all with all the new Kylo Ren rumors right. that we're going to all see it happen like on a timeline. Right. And flashbacks will be unnecessary. I don't need flashbacks for exposition. No, me neither. They're lazy. They're very lazy. And I don't want them to flashback to a time. If they flashback to a time within like the original trilogy, yeah. I would be upset. Because, me like, too. That, let's shut that off. And I, I'm upset with the, the comic book series because they've made some changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, uh, yeah, canon changes. Marvel has made some changes to the characters. Um, if you didn't, I'll spoil it. It's been out for a while. Han Solo's married. Yeah. And Luke meets Vader before Empire. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's things in those comic books that just did not sit well with me after I enjoyed the first couple issues. Yeah. The only stuff I want to see that happens before The Force Awakens is, should happen in the opening crawl, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. All right, guys, let's talk about some Star Wars Rogue One rumors right now. Uh, This one is exciting, and it comes from the playlist. Reports are circulating from Gareth Edwards' uh, spinoff movie. We'll be utilizing Ultra Panavision 70 anamorphic lenses. Basically, they will be the same lenses that Panavision specifically recreated for Quentin Tarantino to use on his upcoming The Hateful Eight. (laughs) Nice. The Hollywood Reporter first heard the word a couple of months ago that it's expected Greg Frazier would be using the lenses for the movie, but nothing has been formally announced just yet. That said, it was also announced around the same time that parts of the movie would be using the Eris Alexa 65 large format 6K digital camera. So maybe that's where these lenses come into play. Guys, have you ever seen Ben-Hur? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In in its original, like, Panavision. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's a very wide angle. And um, the chariot scene... Yeah. That's the only way to watch it. I, when I was young and I used to have to explain to all the idiots with their square TVs why yeah. widescreen was better, the example I used was ben the Ben-Hur chariot race. Right. I was like, you can't tell me that you're seeing more if this shit's in a square. You're not seeing everything because they're yeah. shifting over from left to right. Yeah, pan and fucking and you, scan. you're missing things. And even with, the, with, with uh, watching it at home now on our widescreen TVs mm-hmm. – 
there's still a lot more uh, uh, black lines. Yeah, it's still too wide it's for the typical wide. widescreen TV. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I found out that at Comic Con in July. Tarantino said that the lenses he used to shoot Hateful Eight weren't just the same type that they were used on classic epic films like Ben-Hur, but were in fact the actual same lenses. That's awesome. Wow. That's why the poster for the Hateful Eight says it's in Cinemascope, just like the old Ben-Hur posters said that it was filmed in Cinemascope. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. So if it's going to be 70 millimeters, we can expect very wide angles. Um, I've seen Ben-Hur. It's amazing. Watching this in Cinemascope, Panavision 70mm, a Rogue One Star Wars movie. Yeah, it, seeing that in the theater. You guys, it's a theater experience. Yeah, especially point. if it's going to be top to bottom. Yeah. Because the thing with Ben-Hur was they only they only shot the certain scenes in Cinemascope. Right. Like the movie actually converts into Cinemascope for the Chariot Race. And a lot you see a lot of that. Today with IMAX, yeah, Nolan did that. Nolan in all did three that Batman exactly. Movies. Like not the entire, not the entire movie was shot in IMAX. You could definitely see the transition from standard to IMAX format mm-hmm. when you were watching the movie. So, um, but uh, that's very exciting. I hope they do it. I, I think it'd be. I think, of course, it's. It may not be as awesome once I get it at home. No, but I want that theater experience. If it's going to give me an awesome theater experience, I'm all down for it. Yeah, so. I mean, just like Jurassic World, right? I mean, just it being shot in IMAX. Of course, it's not going to translate when you get it at home. Yeah, so, you know, it's something. It's an event. Go to the theater. Yep, absolutely. It's, it was missing from the prequels too to have that epic. Like they had space battles, but it wasn't anything that was like truly, truly exciting. Where it's like, well, I'm glad I saw that in the theater. Kind of, I feel and, that and way about the pod race. And the pod race. And if you're going to be having these epic battles, either in space or on land, you need to have... It needs to be something that's memorable as far as Star Wars goes. Right, right. Because when you first saw the movies, you were like, man, these fucking fight scenes are awesome, like the fighter pilot scenes and stuff. Yeah. See, but the thing is, like, we've heard, like, like Rogue One is, like... We've, we've heard that it's going to be, like, a heist movie, right? True. Mm-hmm. True. We, but can they really leave a space battle out of the film? I don't think I so. feel like it's part of the recipe, just with what we know about the movie already. Like to sneak in and sneak out, there's going to be there's going to be a little bit of, of some spacecraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get in and to get out. Yeah, and just even think of like the the leaked footage we saw um, of like the Death Star in the background and everything. That's such a wide angle cinemascope type of shot. Yeah, with the Death Star in the background, all big and bold, and the the characters in the foreground and everything. Right. Like just that shot itself just makes me think cinescope. Yeah. I'm surprised that, like, you know who I'm surprised who hasn't used, like, CinemaScope is, like, the Wachowskis. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. You watch, like, a lot of their movies, and it's, like, um, I could see them definitely benefiting from using, like, wide angles and... I totally agree. Like, even, like, some of their floppier movies, like A Speed Racer. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't they have used CinemaScope for that? It seems, like, right up their alley. Yeah, absolutely. Um, guys, the rap had an article titled Star Wars Episode 8 Shortlist includes, and we're going to circle back. This is what you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Episode uh, 8 Shortlist includes Gina Rodriguez. Here's the, here's the, here, okay, uh, this is the only name that really stood out to me. Tatiana Maslany. Yeah. <laughs> 
Olivia Cook. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, yeah. I mean, of course, if you've listened to our show, any number of episodes, one of those names should have jumped out at you. Of course, Tatiana Maslany. Um, my, honestly, like, my favorite actress on TV. My, um, my half-brother, he's, never, he's three years younger than me. Yeah. Never seen a single Star Wars movie in his life. Right. He just is so anti-Star Wars. He has been his whole life. He's just like, sometimes if something's so popular, he just, he just rebels against it. And okay. he's never broken that rebellion. Right. And he just told me yesterday that if they cast Tatiana, Episode 8 will be his first ever Star Wars movie. Wow. Okay. He said he cannot avoid it. So, he, huge fucking orphan black fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge orphan black fan. And he hopes that she doesn't get cast. Oh, because he doesn't want to watch <laughs> So he can keep to his well, never seen a Star Wars movie. I hope movie. she does now. And I said right to his face, I hope they fucking cast her yes. and you buy fucking Star Wars action figures. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, Tatiana Maslany as a fucking figure. Oh, I know, I know, oh my I know. God. I, I, my fingers are like quadruple crossed yes. that she gets this role. Yes. I'm sorry, yes. Ray. <laughs> now, Tatiana Maslany was once rumored for the anthology film Rogue One. Yeah. That part went to Felicity Jones. Guys, no, I mean, hey, you know what? If this is true. This is even better news for her because now she could be the one, the lead in a fucking saga film. I know. We both texted each other about how we were sore about them not getting her for Rogue yes, One. Yes, And this is like, okay, okay, I apologize for being upset about that if she's <laughs> yes. the episode eight lead. But the problem is we've got another – we've got two more names attached to this. Let's go kill them. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is serious. <laughs> this is really uh, real. <laughs> I'll get one. You get the other. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do them simultaneous. We're going to be bounty hunters. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Actually, can we just freeze them in carbonite? I really don't, Ooh, I don't, yeah. want, I don't want to kill them. That's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. They can come back later and be in some anthology movie. Yeah, I don't. You know, this is just great casting. Just, just great casting news in general, and and that's one of the things like that, that I've really uh, appreciated out of uh, the out of Star Wars films that we've heard recently is like the encouraging casting news, and I think I think a lot of that has to do with Kathleen Kennedy. Um, yeah, I, I think everything. I think all the casting news has to do with Kathleen Kennedy. I mean, when George Lucas was a. Uh, in, in charge of the casting, <laughs> it was it was a nightmare. And he I, made some skeptical skeptical choices. Yes, yeah, I won't it, argue that. No, no, no. I mean, you and McGregor, you yeah. knocked it out of the park. Yeah, right? oh yeah. You, you couldn't have done any better. But I mean, the, uh, like I think Kathleen Kennedy has the right people making the right decisions in the casting departments. And I mean, we've heard names of. Okay, got, listen, we've got Domhnall Gleeson, Oscar Isaac, Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have, have you seen Mississippi Grind? Trailers? No. Ben Mendelsohn and Ryan Reynolds are in a new movie called Fuck. Mississippi Grind, and I think it's about like gambling and shit. Ooh, cool. And it's coming out this month. Oh, I want to see that. Awesome. Uh, so we need to watch that in yeah. theaters and review it. Yeah, I love Mendelsohn, man. Fuck. I'm there. So, yeah, Mendelssohn and Ryan Reynolds, and it looks really fucking good. You had me at gambling. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Guys, Forrest Whitaker, uh, Andy Serkis, Lapita Nyong'o. I mean, these are all great choices, and now that we're hearing rumors of fucking Tatiana Maslany, I cannot complain with Star Wars casting. I will if they don't cast her. (laughs) We shouldn't have to wait too long to find out, because it's like early 2016 when Episode Eight's going to begin filming. March, I believe. Yeah, it's like first quarter. I knew mm-hmm. that much. So, I mean, we're going to know. I would say before Episode 7 comes out, we'll yeah. have our f- Episode 8 female lead. Absolutely. 
Uh, here's what the article stated. Golden Globe winner Gina Rodriguez from Jane the Virgin. Golden Globe nominee Tatiana Maslany, Orphan Black. And me and Earl and the Dying Girl starring Olivia Cook, who also starred in the TV show Bates Motel, are considered the top contenders for the new female lead in Ryan Johnson's Star Wars Episode Eight. Hmm. That goes back to what you were saying. New female lead yeah. in Star Wars Episode <laughs> Rut Row. <Eight. Yeah. laughs> Rut Daisy Ridley. <laughs> right. <laughs> riddle me this, riddle me that. All right. Uh, multiple indiv- individual uh, John's yeah. Multiple individuals <laughs> familiar with the casting situation told the rap. Uh, insi- insiders insist it's early in the casting process and that Johnson is still auditioning actresses with several rising stars yet to read for him. Others suggest that Johnson is narrowing down the field and that Rodriguez, Maslany, and Cook will be among a group of girls slated to uh, chemistry read with the Force Awakens star John Boyega mm-hmm. before the end of the month. I was kind of upset when I read that. Now, guys, why were you upset about yeah, that? Yeah, just, just the spoileriness of it. Mm. Like, whoa, yeah. we know Finn's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> now, the the thing is that that kind of like Tatiana's being brought up again. That's great, right? Yeah. You got to feel like that's good for her, that it's like round two of being brought up for Star yeah. Wars. And then even if she misses this, even though I'd prefer for her to be in a, a main chapter, that uh-huh. maybe she could still be brought up for another anthology movie. I want to see her in the saga film now. Me too, me too. They, you know, I mean, I think, like, this could be bittersweet, like, because, like, we, we were, like, upset that she was not going to get in the Rogue One movie, that they cast Felicity Jones, and now we're hearing she could be in the saga film? Yeah. Like, 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 that's, that's, like, the only way to, like, to, to like, like, uh, make the sting of, like, us, like, fans yeah. of Orphan Black, when we found out she wasn't going to be in Rogue One... With Forrest Whitaker and Ben Mendelsohn. This is the way to like, yeah, let's, come on. No big deal. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't have to be. She's going to be in a saga film. I feel like it's not just me and you freaking out either. I feel like she, of the three actresses, she's getting the most buzz about getting this role. Like from what I've seen too. I don't know if I'm just blinded by, yeah. by it, but yeah. I feel like... Like all the pitch, all the links to the articles about this are all pictures of her. What pisses me off about like this article that I read from the rap is it starts off with Golden Globe winner Gina Rodriguez, and then it goes Golden Globe nominee. I, you know what? I don't know anything about Jane the Virgin or Gina Rodriguez, and I don't care to. Yeah, I like to see those bitches play five people. Thank you, (laughs) (laughs) and me forget that it's the same woman. (laughs) <laughs> She's amazing, man. So, uh, guys, Oscar winner Benicio del Toro is nearing a deal to play the villain in Star Wars Episode Eight. Yeah. I've got an update for you. I don't know if it's official though, for which plot details remain unknown. Um, and then the internet has taken upon itself to speculate that Han Solo's daughter could be introduced in the film. So, yeah, that's is, weird. is that the new lead that they're talking about? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, so. I got this piece of news from StarWars7news.com today. It's, it's a couple days old, though. Apparently, Benicio del Toro was doing a radio interview in Spain while promoting his new movie, A Perfect Day. Now, if you want to, you can listen to the interview in Spanish at uh, rac1.org hmm. if you'd like. But here is the translation in English. The interviewer asks him, 
And are you going to shoot something after that? He says, no, just Star Wars is coming up. We will see how that turns out. I think we start shooting in March. (laughs) Interviewer says, and what's your role in this new Star Wars chapter? Benicio says, the thing is, they don't want me to talk about it too much. I'm like the villain. (laughs) Of course he is, I'm like the villain. (laughs) And then he says, but we'll see. And then he laughs. So, guys, thoughts about Benicio Del Toro being a villain in Star Wars Episode Eight, a movie directed by Ryan Johnson. And, guys, could we see see Tatiana Maslany working opposite of Benicio Del Toro? Yeah. Wow. And who is Benicio Del Toro in this? Okay, guys, what happens? I mean, are, are we, uh, we – Supreme Leader Snoke? Is he still in the picture? Do we still have Kylo Ren? Uh, who's Benicio Del Toro? What's going on? This is crazy. Yeah, I want him to be a lightsaber welder. I want him to be a Force-sensitive character. I hope he's more than just like a Moff Tarkin or a General Hux. Mm. Like that would be more exciting for me. Could – could Kylo Ren? Could Kylo Ren kill Supreme Leader Snoke by the end of The Force of the Awakens mm. or within episode 8 and we could see maybe maybe uh the beginnings of like a like a an apprentice master relationship master relationship with Benicio del Toro. I love that idea. Could could del Toro possibly be Plagueis? Ooh, that would be awesome too. That would make more sense because it would be weird to have an apprentice that was an older actor right. than the master. Exactly. So the Plagueis stuff makes more sense. Right. It's true. Yeah. Could he be the thing that's awakened on Starkiller Base by them using the weapon? Right. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Snow, Snoke is the biggest question in my mind. It, like, you, you don't hear anything about this character yet. He's supposed to be Supreme Leader Snoke. Is he Supreme Leader of the? First Order? Is he Supreme Leader of the Knights of Ren, or is Kylo Ren the head of the Knights of Ren? I think Supreme Leader would lead me to believe that, like, I think that we're supposed to believe that the First Order and the Knights of Ren are one and the same, and they have the same mission, and they work together. Yeah. But I think, like, it all comes down to, like, that classic Star Wars with, uh, oh, that's fucking, like, you believe in that magic and sorcery bullshit? Right. Ah, come on. Yeah, I think Snoke is Hux's boss. Really? I subscribe to that. Okay. Mm, I have a hard time believing that because he it's, does the intro where he's talking about the yeah. light. And the yeah, good guys usually don't have names like Supreme Leader. <laughs> but he sounds Force-sensitive, too. Yeah? No, no, I'm with Jay. I'm, I'm with Jay. Like, like, I think like he would actually... Like, I'm sure he may have control over Hux. Yeah. But, I mean, on the flip side, I think, like... He's working directly with Kylo, right? I yeah. Mean, oh, I agree. I yeah. agree. But I still yeah. think he's the head in charge, just like the Emperor was. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. where does that leave him with somebody like Benicio del Toro, who's not going to be an apprentice? Yeah. I mean, because like Moff Tarkin didn't like the Force much either, but he still answered to the Emperor, his boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this could also very well like this is a far fetched like theory, but this could also be the tale of Kylo Ren going from the dark side to the light. And then you do have Snoke, and you do have Plagueis. Oh, wow. So now you've got Kylo. 
turning he, to the light. Even though he says, I'm immune to the light, yeah. just saying that, bringing attention to it. It's true. Bringing attention to it it's could true. mean that you're not as immune as you think you it's are. It's true, but yeah, and we have heard so many things about him being a conflicted character. Mm-hmm. Now, these things that you read about his character say he's dark, period. He's evil. Yeah. But before this, all we heard about was how he's conflicted about everything. He's mm-hmm. the anti-Luke Skywalker. Anti-Luke Skywalker would mean he's going from the dark to the light, not the light. Oh, you're blowing my mind, Jay. Well, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not necessarily, like, literally, but... No, it, no, it seems like right now, like, if we're talking Supreme Leader Snoke, yeah. if we're talking about Kylo Ren, and we're also talking about uh, Benicio Del Toro's villain character... It seems like it's like three's a crowd. Yeah, right? we're overpacked with villains. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Somebody's got to. And I know it's not like they're not saying Sith at this point, you know, because there's only an apprentice and a master. But I mean, it it does seem like three's a crowd. Yeah. So you see Kylo Ren take his mask off and start crying at the end of the movie. Well, if his sister dies, yeah, yeah, by yeah. the hands of the Knights of Ren or Snoke, yeah, right. that could change things in the next couple films. Yeah, I don't know. Shit. I, that's where I just I don't see them bringing in Del Toro, who's going to be huge. Or, yeah. He's not just going to be a minor villain. Yeah, or Kylo Ren's <laughs> lackey by any means. No, I don't think so at all. Yeah. No, he's not. Adam Driver's not controlling no. him. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's not going to be the collector in this film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough call, but yeah, that threw a monkey a wrench in the thing. Yeah. Okay, guys, we're gonna end. Uh, I think we're yeah, we're gonna end Star Wars. No, <laughs> the Vader. No. One more. Well, I got one more thing, guys, and it's really cool. It has nothing to do with the the main Star Wars movies, the saga films, or the anthology films. It has to do with Star Wars Rebels. Oh, oh nice. cool, cool. All right. Uh, director David Filoni talked about the second season, and here's a breakdown of what he said. Okay, Inquisitors in season two were ranked below the Inquisitor in season one, who is called the Grand Inquisitors. The Grand Inquisitor. So we are going to see more Inquisitors in Season 2. Sabine has a change of hairstyle and armor because meeting Darth Vader became a harrowing experience. Hmm. Zeb has an awakening in Season 2, coming into a better understanding of what happened to his people and who his adversary really is. Oh, that's cool. Wasn't his planet destroyed? It wasn't that something that they said at the beginning. There's not a lot of people uh, like. There's not a lot of uh, Zeb's race left. I can't remember. I can't that. remember either. But I have a feeling like maybe his world was destroyed. Or I something. picked up Rebel yeah. season one on Blu-ray on Force Friday. Watch it. Again. So I'm going to start yeah. from the beginning again. I'm excited to see it in 1080p. We will learn Hera's backstory, who her father is, where she came from, and more about her people. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. She's very mysterious so far. So uh, a new bounty hunter will be introduced. Oh, shit. And we will learn more about Ezra's backstory and his parents, which also, you know what? Let's circle back to fucking uh, a rumor that you were talking (laughs) about earlier, Jay. And we kind of like broke this down. Yeah. I tried to figure it out. Like, go ahead and tell me about like what people were saying on the Internet. There, about, there's a lot of about Kylo Ren. Yeah, there's a lot of theories that because Kylo Ren is this scavenger who you know collects helmets and obviously like built his own lightsaber. You know, if you see pictures of his lightsaber, it is definitely like thrown together. You can see lightsaber battle marks in the so somebody had cut his lightsaber already. Yeah, which is kind of probably why he has a dual blade. Which now that I think about it. Um, but they were saying that Ezra also is kind of that scavenger inventive type. He does collect helmets in the series. 
I guess. I haven't seen the whole series. So people people are saying that he collects helmets, he's also very inventive, and he's Force-sensitive. So, and he kind of looks like Adam Driver, I guess. Hmm. hmm. That's interesting. Besides, it kind of look like He's him. a little bit darker uh, skin color. but He looks more like Aladdin. He does look more yes, like Aladdin. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that we're going to find out that, like, he is, he has a he pet, has Aladdin. pet genie. Disney. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, but the, like I, I, we were talking in text, and like I said, I told you that the timeline doesn't add up for him to right. be Kylo, because, okay, all right. Rebels is set five years before A New Hope. Mm-hmm. So he's 14 in Rebels, 15 in the second season. And by the time it's A New Hope, he would be 19. Right. So episodes five and six at the most, between, excuse me, between episodes four and six at the most, those are five years total. That's what I've always thought. At five the, years. At the most. So he's 24 then at the end of episode six. If 30 years have passed, he would then be 54. Right. Yeah. Which isn't going to work. Which doesn't work. So. Interesting theory, though, if you're trying to pull from what is considered canon now to try and define right. that character. Yeah. Off topic, but you think we'll ever see a live action Ezra? You know what? I, I think we may. Honestly, what I think they're going to do with Rebels is I think we could see Easter eggs for maybe like a character from like Zeb's race, possibly. Mm-hmm. We might see an Easter egg of like Chopper somewhere, uh, you know, like at a trading post. Like it might be like sad, like seeing him being sold or like <laughs> he might, you know, Jawas might have him or something. Oh, that'd I mean, be crazy. But I mean, I think we will get Easter eggs. Um, Movies will acknowledge the existence of some yes. of the new concepts introduced in Rebels. Agreed. I'm with that. Yeah. But I don't think that we're going to see actual characters. Okay. Um, but, I mean, they do exist. I mean, we've seen Lando in the series. We've seen Vader in the series. Grand Moff Tarkin. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen them. But, yeah, it would it would be nice if the, if the movies kind of, like, threw something in there for, like, the Rebels fans. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah, I think we'll get a new um, animated series after Episode Seven that takes place within the Episode Seven, Eight, Nine timeline. They've already planned a new animated series. I don't know what it's going to deal with. The Knights of Ren. No, (laughs) that'd be awesome. Yeah, (laughs) that would be pretty badass. All right, guys. uh, (laughs) Excuse me. What we're going to do now is uh, we are going to move on to how about let's move on to fucking good pop, bad pop. How's that sound? Or more Star Wars. I wish I, I wish I had more Star Wars. Do you have any more Star Wars? Yeah, not off the top of my head. You should have you should have looked for six hours instead of three. I know six hours of fucking Star Wars. You know what? Like honestly, I was thinking about saving all of this and just like diving into the internet and doing a, an, a whole Star Wars centric like episode for next week. Uh-huh. But we did it this week. So, all right, guys, let's move on to good pop, bad pop. Eventually, it's time for more leftover reviews. With Good Pop, Bad Pop. All right, Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week or weeks that we either watched or read that we liked or disliked. Uh, We do have a uh, rating system here on Pop Culture Leftovers. If it's your first time listening to our show, then we want you to be familiar with this rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. 
if all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, guys, I wanted to talk about, uh, I'm going to start off and just talk about a couple of uh, uh, finales um, that, uh, that I watched. I watched the Falling Skies series finale. So I've watched Falling Skies now for five seasons, starring Noah, Noah, Noah Wiley, uh, Moon Blood Good, and, and uh, uh, you know, I've watched it for five seasons. So I'm just going to toss the final season... Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna low taste the fourth season. I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking Tupperware the first and second season. I'm gonna taste the third season. I'm gonna low taste the fourth season, and I am gonna toss the fuck out of the fifth season of Falling Skies. This makes me glad I stopped after season two. Wow. <laughs> I've never seen a show that was so much fun and so fucking good. Just fucking just go off and. It was awful, Jake. It was uh, awful. And um, the first season was so good, and the second season was just as they uh, Pope. Yeah, had uh, Pope went from. Okay, basically, this is what happened. Pope from the first season was an evil character, mm-hmm. and then they started going down this road of like Pope becoming a good character and working with Tom Mason and his sons and the and their group of uh, the, the the second mass is what they call themselves and yeah. working with the second mass and like that's what they had established over the next few seasons well what they learned from their audience is they didn't like Pope that way they wanted the conflict between him and Tom so they brought that back and then they brought it back in a big way where Tom had to make a decision to where he could save everyone. Uh, he could he could win a battle for the greater good of um, the of the world and defeat the Ashfini in one big battle, or he could help Pope save the love of his life, who was Myra Servina's character. Okay, and so basically he did. You know, he fought the Ashfini. Myra Servino dies. Pope becomes evil, and so now they've got their evil Pope again. Mm, kind of cheap. Exactly. Very cheap, very thrown into that fifth season, and oh my god, it just went downhill from there. It went so horrible. They, were, they started introducing alien-human hybrids. Um, that was awful. Sounds like an everything but the kitchen sink final yes. season. And I, they, they were wrapping up storylines just... <laughs> Wrapping them up so quickly in this fifth season. Uh, Pope is killed three times in this fucking season. I swear to you, you see him die three fucking times. He comes back. All three times? And they try to redeem him again. And by that time, you're just like, you've already destroyed the character of Pope. I don't even care anymore. Wow. And uh, uh, Moonbloodgood, Tom's wife, she dies. Then she comes back to life, and then they end the. the what is it? A Marvel movie? It was. <laughs> it, this this was this was horrible. You find out why the Ishfini came to the planet to begin with. Do you want me to spoil this? Yeah, part? I don't Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. So basically, water. Basically, <laughs> basically, they tried to tie it into this family theme. Which was stupid. Like, I understand Tom Mason protecting his family and the second mass becoming a family. I get it. I get it. 
You don't need to tie it in with the aliens. Okay, basically, there's a beat you over the head with a family stick. There's a exactly. There's a mother alien, and this mother alien, her mother came there years ago, and the humans attacked her and killed her and ate her body. So that's why the Ashvini came back 1,500 years later to, cur- to, 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 to turn the humans into slaves and take over the planet because of that. It was a whole revenge plot? No, you don't need that. All we need to know is that there's an alien invasion. They want our planet for its resources. Why can't you just be like every other fucking alien invasion movie out there? Yeah, faceless evil fucking aliens. We don't want to know why the fucking alien from Ridley Scott's alien yeah. is doing what it's doing. Right. Oh, it's just upset that it lost its baby. Right. <laughs> or its it, mommy died. It was the worst. After five seasons, they might as well just walk up to my house, rang my doorbell, I open the door, and they slap their dick in my face. <laughs> That's how bad this fucking finale was. Wow. Oh, I'm never going to finish this show now. Don't ever fucking watch falling skies it falls off it falls apart it starts falling apart in season three and it continues to get shittier in season four and by season five it's just off the fucking rails it's like Lindsay lohan doing coke and fucking guys left and right it's crazy (laughs) it's like fucking miley cyrus fucking wrecking balls it's like we don't give a fuck anymore we're just going to do whatever the fuck we want to in season five they gave nobody anything that they wanted they shit on the character of pope which who was an awesome character yeah and you know what if if the season i was hoping that tom mason would die Tom Mason makes it out of this thing, and it's just like, fuck it, man. And no, no major characters die, Jake. No major characters die. None. None. The Satan Game of Thrones. <laughs> All the boys are fine. All the boys are fine. Moon Bloodgood comes back to life. Oh, she dies and she comes back. The only person that dies and stays dead, it sounds it, it, like, is Pope's woman. Fuck. Falling skies. All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> next thing I want to talk. I, so I tossed uh, Falling Skies season five, and I tossed the finale so hard. Next thing I want to talk about is something that I watched on YouTube. Uh, it's called uh, Darren Brown Apocalypse. Have you guys ever heard of Darren Brown? Uh, no, I have not. He is not, he's not somebody that you. I'm sure like Tom West and like uh, Matt Allen and Dan West and some of our listeners over in England have heard of this guy mm-hmm. Darren Brown and over here. Like uh, uh, somebody that's very popular is uh, David Blaine. Okay. He's, he's that magician. Yeah, does and all the weird exactly. tricks. Exactly. And so Darren Brown, um, he is a mentalist, an illusionist, and a hypnotist. And um, guys, like I was very – let me just – personal experience. I was very skeptical of hypnotism. Yeah, oh, yeah. Until – I saw it happen in front of me. And let me explain. My ex-wife, we, uh, when we went on our honeymoon cruise, there was a hypnotist on the boat. And he had people come up, and my ex-wife went up on stage. And he started to hypnotize people. Some people were susceptible to it. And other people that weren't, he had, like, kicked them off the stage. <laughs> like, you're not, you're not under, you're not under, get off the stage. Mm-hmm. My ex-wife was under hypnotism, and I'm watching this, and I'm skeptical. But, I mean, it's, it's weird. Okay, after – like he had her doing all these weird things, 
you know, up on stage acting like a chicken and all the things that they have him do. Yeah. And um, he says, you will remember none of this until you get back to your room and you look in the mirror. Once you look in the mirror, you will remember everything that you've done on stage today. So, me being the skeptical, <laughs> as soon as she came back and she sat down next to me, I said, do you remember anything that happened? She's like, she's like, I, I remember like seeing things and I remember I knew I did stuff. She's like, I just don't know what I did. <laughs> and I said, okay. So, I said, I want us to go back into the room and I want you to go to the bathroom. I bet you couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. Jake, I kid you not. That I'm, this is 100% true. No, I know. I, when, I believe you. But when, when we went back to the room and she opened the door and she walked in and she went into the bathroom, she looked in the mirror. And I'm watching. She looked in the mirror. And as soon as she looked in the mirror, she she couldn't look at her face anymore. She turned around. She put her hands over her mouth and she's like, oh, my God. She remembered everything that she did and she was embarrassed. Oh, man. <laughs> and it was – Right then, at that moment, you can't I, fake that kind you of emotion. Can't fake that. I got a behind-the-scenes look at hypnotism, and yes, you can. It is real, and you can hypnotize people, and you can access corners of the brain, and this shit's real. So that's what that's what intrigued me about Darren Brown. An apocalypse, and I think you guys need to watch this. It is very cool. On YouTube, you say? It is on YouTube. Uh, Darren Brown had it own. He, he had his own show. Uh, I think called the Darren Brown Experience. Um, I have seen Darren Brown just do a couple things. Now I'm going to continue to watch him. The first thing I saw him do was uh, be, everyone that signs up for the Darren Brown Experience. They do it according to their own will. They 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 know that they're going to get hypnotized. They ask for him to do something to them. And they know that they're going to be a part of this. It's just when he hypnotizes them, they don't know when it's going to happen. Right. And when it happens, they don't know it's happening. <laughs> okay? So it's – I saw him – the first time I saw him work with uh, – it was a woman. And uh, all of a sudden, like, he had already hypnotized her and had a conversation with her. And and um, he – she's driving and they've got cameras in her car already. And he calls her. And she's you know pulls off to the side of the road. He's he asks her to pull off to the side of the road to take the call, and he starts to talk to her and he says like a key word or something, and that puts her in her hypnotic state mm-hmm. right there in the car. So once she's in the hypnotic state, they take they like his crew comes out there, they take her out of the car, they put her in like uh, um they put they put her in like they they've got her like weighed down so she can't move her feet. But when they take her out of the hypnotic state, she's looking – they had already made like a plastic mold of her face and put it on a dummy and they made the dummy look like her. So basically what they're doing here is she's watching – she thinks she's having an out-of-body experience and watching a wreck that she was just in. Oh, fuck. And she thinks – she wanted this though. She asked for this scenario. Yeah. But she doesn't know she's going through it when she's going through it because she's in the hypnotic state. She thinks she is watching her death. Holy oh, shit. God damn. And so there are like guys like, you know, like uh, the guy that got in the wreck with her comes out of the car and he's like on the phone and she's trying to talk to him and he's not responding, but she can't move her legs. Like she's like strapped in, like she cannot move her legs. They got her like feet like weighed down. Yeah. And um, 
so I mean she's just she's just trapped there. She can't move and she's trying to talk to people and it was the most bizarre thing I ever saw. And it was only like a 5 minute clip. So then I was like, okay, let me watch this Apocalypse, which is an entire show uh that he did. Now, Darren Brown, he says his, it, that he says that his mind reading it's not paranormal. He says it's magic, suggestion, psychology, misdirection and showmanship. Mm-hmm. And that's what I saw in Apocalypse. Basically, he had interviewed thousands of people to to be the subject of Apocalypse and he chose one guy, a 21-year-old guy, and then he told this guy that he was not chosen. Well, in fact, he was. So, he talked to the family. They put cameras in the house, and this guy was a slacker. And he like didn't like he didn't apply himself. He he didn't have a job, and what jobs he did have, he would lose. And he never really appreciated his family. And he'd yell at his mom. He'd like walk in the room and change the channel if they were watching Law and Order SVU. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shit like that. <laughs> and so like, what happens is like all of a sudden like. They, they they start to infiltrate his home and they put cameras up and they take his cell phone one night. His brother sneaks and takes his cell phone. And what they do with his cell phone is they put – they're able to access this, – this tech guy is able to access the news feed and put in his own news into this guy's news feed on his cell phone. Oh, wow. So he starts to just put fake news feeds into this guy's cell phone and this guy starts reading them, okay? And one of the news feeds has to do with this, with an actual, a real meteor shower, a real meteor shower that happens every year, and people in Great Britain can see it every year. Now, they said this year's going to be different. There's going to be a second meteor shower shortly following it, and there could be a virus connected to this second meteor shower. Okay, so he's like, whatever, bullshit. So he watches a talk show host that interviews like different people. They contacted this talk show host that he trusts to see if he would record a fake show with him talking to scientists about the meteor shower, about the virus, and it would only be uploaded to his TV. And that's what they did. Oh, wow. And they asked, they asked the host, do you feel like, like this could like wipe out uh, hu- uh, humanity if this virus was destructive or whatever and he's like oh yes absolutely this could happen and like he was just like blown away because this, this is a guy he so trusts. in this special yes. they're showing you both sides of it they're showing you the stuff that yes. darren brown is doing behind the scenes yep and then this guy's reaction to the stuff yes. he's doing that's really yes. cool we haven't and we and they, he hasn't he hasn't even introduced any of the actors that are involved in this yet okay so there are actors that come into this later his car stop, stops working and so, like, they, uh, they have uh, a, a mechanic who's an actor come out there and say, yeah, this has been happening a lot, lady, with the meteor, sho- meteor showers. He's like, with the meteor shower coming, it's causing interference on these computers and these computer chips in the, in the cars, and we got to come out here and do whatever we do and get it fixed up, and he got the car running for him. So just, like, little things like that. And, like, they're always feeding, like, these news articles into this guy's phone. Next thing you know, they show this guy in the car with his dad, and he's starting to bring up the meteor shower to his dad and talking about the virus and things like that. So, I mean, it's starting to infiltrate this guy's life. It's, 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 it's a very slow burn. It's a long con. But, oh, my God, it's really starting to make an impression on this, on the, on the, on this guy. And so Darren Brown is always talking, like, to the mechanic, to the actors. He's always got, like, an earbud, and he's got, like, a microphone. He can talk to him. So 
Now it comes down for the, for the apocalypse. It's time for the apocalypse. And so the apocalypse night, he's supposed to be going to a uh, concert with his brother, and they're in a van, and they're on their way to this concert. Well, he's never going to make it there. What happens is you start seeing pyrotechnics and explosions, and they pull off like a meteor shower. And then all of a sudden, the driver stops the car, the, the, the van, and the driver goes to the where um, this the guy is, and it's Darren Brown. And Darren Brown does this thing with his hand, puts him in a hypnotic state. He wakes up then not in the van anymore he's in the hospital and he wakes up in the hospital like rick grimes oh jeez yeah he wakes up and he sees like a sandwich on the table and there's mold all over it oh my god and there's, <laughs> there's a looped there's a woman on tv talking and it's looped and she's talking about the meteor shower that happened 14 days ago what a oh mind my god fuck. hopefully they paid this guy well after the fact cuz they really put him through some shit they it's it's fucking crazy this it, it's nuts Basically, they start introducing characters. There's a 14-year-old girl that he needs to take care of. There's a leader that he starts talking to. And it's it's crazy. I recommend that you watch this. If you've ever wanted to see what it was like for somebody to react, a real person to react in like a zombie apocalypse world, yeah. this is it. So you need to watch it. It's called Darren Brown Apocalypse. <laughs> Uh, it How is, long is the special? The first, it's it's in two parts. The first part is forty seven minutes, and I believe the second part is around forty two, forty seven minutes as well. Is it Darren with one R or two? It's Darren. It's spelled D E R R E N. Darren Brown Apocalypse. You can watch it on YouTube. Um, I, I I watched it through my PS4, at the YouTube app on my PS4, right on my TV screen, and uh, I was hooked, instantly hooked. And uh, I'm going to continue to watch more Darren Brown specials. I'm sure Dan West and Matt Allen and and Tom West have seen this guy before and know who, exactly who I'm talking wow. about. But yeah, it was it was very cool. I I recommend it's free. You can just watch it right there on YouTube. I just subscribed to his YouTube channel. What a fucking scenario! It's not it's not enough that he was hypnotized. Yeah, <laughs> he was hypnotized to believe he was in the apocalypse. Yeah, I mean he's got like a tech guy. Yeah, in the apocalypse. Man. It's amazing, and it's fuck. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's fucking it's cool, dude. It's cool as fuck. I Tupperware the fuck out of the special. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So, yeah, it does look cool. Uh, I do have uh, moving on. I do have one more quick thing that I'm going to talk about. And I'm going to let you guys talk about uh, whatever you guys got to talk about for good pop, bad pop. Um, I watched uh, Skin Trade. Uh, it's a uh, action film. Um, that I've been wanting to see for quite a while. I've reported on it when it was in uh, pre-production here on uh, Pop Culture Leftovers, and it stars uh, Tony Jaa, Dolph Lundgren, Michael J. Smith, uh, Ron Perlman, and uh, Peter Weller. You were telling me a bit about this yeah. when we did our road trip. And uh, I, I finished it. It took me a long time to finish it because it tries to be a lot smarter than it is, mm-hmm. and it fails. Uh, it it's basically I was wanting to see just a an action film, and it tries to be a little too smart than it is, and it fails. It should have just been an action movie. It's not like this is like it tries to pretend like it's like 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 the director and like the the writers try to pretend like this is like Martin Scorsese's The Town, and I mean it's not. This is just. 
It's got Dolph Lundgren in it, for Christ's sake. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You got to think about the talent you have. You got to think about, you know, Tony Jaa can barely speak English. And it's, it's, and the, even the action scenes are, it's not Ong Bak. It's not the raid. It's, there's some cool fighting scenes, I guess, between, you know, Dolph Lundgren and Tony Jaa. I loved it because, like, you know, Tony Jaa's kicking ass and then, like, you know, Dolph Lundgren will just pick him up and throw him into a car window and shit. (laughs) And that's I like that. That was cool, but like that's kind of like where the coolness factor ended. And then like Ron Perlman in this movie is absolutely horrible. Horrible lines given to him. Um it's guys, I gotta toss it. It's it's a failed action movie. Skin trade, I gotta toss it. Okay. Man, both extremes for your good pop, bad pop. Yeah. Couple, <laughs> couple tosses. You took us on a ride, man. Yeah. <laughs> So I got more good pop, bad pop, but I want to hear what you guys have for good pop, bad pop. Can you take a quick cigarette break? I just chugged the second beer, so I'm like over. No here, excuse, like, man. Wow. No, we've gone an hour, so what? We'll take it. We'll take it. Yes. We'll Fuck take, you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a break and we'll come back, and maybe Jay will be calm down. He needs a cigarette too. Oh my god, Jay just fell down. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go to the we're gonna go to the hospital. We'll be back. We'll be okay. back. <laughs> he really okay. did fall down. Jay, that ball was a Tupperware. I hit that floor hard. It was like Chevy Chase. Yeah, yeah. I know, Jesus. Oh, Christmas Street. <laughs> and Chris Farley fall. Yeah, I'm the next. You know, Chris Farley. We'll Chevy be right Chase. back, guys. <laughs> Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read. But their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you, and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow the leftovers on Instagram at Instagram.com slash PopCultureLeftovers and on Tumblr at PopCultureLeftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. All right. Hey, welcome back. We are still within Good Pop, Bad Pop. Uh, Jay, do you want to go next? I'll go. All right, man. What do you got for good pop, bad pop this week, man? Um, well, first of all, and I'm not going to go into too much detail about this because not everybody's finished yet. Um, I binge watched Mr. Robot this week. Uh, I had watched the first episode, loved it. We've talked about it on the show. Yeah. Um, and then I went ahead and finished because the, the season finale happened. Um, Finally. Yeah. They're, they're, they did have a delay because I think the finale had... There's a very similar situation that happened in the Virginia shootings. Mm, I read about that. And oh, so they, yeah. they had to wait a week in order to uh, to play the finale of Mr. Robot. Like, but honestly, you know, I mean, it's unfortunate that the shootings happened, but any press for the show is good press. So yeah. Any bad press is good press. So it probably brought a lot of people's attention to the show can i ask a question real quick yeah Yeah. without spoiling anything did you see the similarities i haven't watched the finale so you'd have to that's a j question there there are similarities but i don't think it was anything that was glaring to me you know it wasn't anything that i thought about when i watched it right 
Um, there, th- I mean, there's a lot of circumstances in this that definitely relates to what happens day to day now in, in, in this country and other countries. So pretty, pretty, um, it, it's definitely one of the most relevant shows that are out, that's out right now. Um, and it, and it's, uh, I, I would even say it's better than Sense8. So now this is the best show that I've ever seen. Uh, you're this is this is my personal opinion. Really? So I could be wrong. You know, you guys might disagree. One but. of my best friends says it's the best show of the summer. I, I think it's the it's yeah. it's definitely like I love it. I do. I Tupperware. Yeah. I've seen like the first four episodes. I, I'm going to binge watch the the rest of it. But I, it is a great show. But I. I I don't know if it's going to be better than Sensei when it's all said and done this first season. It, it hits all the notes for me. It, it, it touches on to, to movies that I love. You know, The Matrix, uh, Fight Club, Donnie Darko, even American Psycho. There's there's characters that are very, very reminiscent of, of American Psycho. Um, and it, it ends in a very grand fashion. Um, it's definitely uh, doesn't answer everything. And you know every episode kind of kind of answers stuff, but then it has more questions. So it's not. I wouldn't necessarily say it's like Lost, where there's like you know cliffhangers after every episode. It's more that you learn things, and then you you are left with more questions after what you've learned. Okay, um, was it a great cliffhanger that makes you kind of like like I, I can't wait for season two? The the end of the episode is definitely a great cliffhanger, and it's very subtle. Like right. if you're if you didn't pay attention to the other episodes, you won't even know what the hell is going on. Okay, you won't know who the characters are in play at this point in time. Okay, um, and there's just so much like. Christian Slater really fucking blows my mind in this episode. Like the final episode, you're just you're just like, man, I fucking love that Christian Slater's in this, and I hope he's, he's Christian in it. Slater. I didn't is, know he, he was in it. Yeah, Christian Slater has already blown my mind in this. Oh, season. he's gonna blow it even more uh, when they <laughs> when they are sitting there uh, and uh, they're like uh, at that uh, they're kind of like at the the boardwalk or whatever, and they're looking at the ocean yeah. and they're having that discussion about you know his father and mm-hmm. everything and what Christian Slater does to him. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. that moment, blew my mind. I was just like, "This show is so fucking bizarre." There's, hmm. there's so many um, his, his character, all the all the main characters, uh, especially Christian Slater's character, and of course Elliot, the the main guy. Yeah, um, they all evolve to this 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 crescendo that happens at the end, and it's intense. They really drive this home as to what is going on in in Elliot's mindset and okay. who who F society is. And you you really get to learn who these characters are. So you're not left with as many questions as you were throughout the series. And those questions where you're like, are they going to answer this? Are they, or is this just like, are they writing this on the fly? No, yeah. they are definitely going to answer some questions. Okay, but it's it just when you think you have a grasp on what's going to happen in season two, they throw in some things at the end of this one. Okay, so it does leave you with that holy shit. You know that holy shit moment where you're like, I thought I had this kind of figured out, and what you don't. I, what I hate about these summer shows is like, you know, yeah, they're usually like ten episodes to thirteen episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Defiance is another one of them. I, I love Defiance, but they're ten to thirteen episodes, and it's you're looking at about like a two two and a half month span of watching these shows, and then all of a sudden you've got like a nine month gap. Yeah, if not like ten, yeah. If not ten. And and you've got it feels like you almost have to like 
keep the last couple episodes on your DVR and watch well, watch them as like refreshers before the new season starts because right. it's like what okay hold on like like when I watch Defiance it's like I, I I'm starting to like I'm glad that they show me like what happened in the previous season but on the flip side it's like I I, I don't remember everything mm-hmm. so yeah. That's what I don't like about this, and I hope that's like that's. I hope that is not what gets lost in the mix with Mister Robot, and like a lot of shows. In order to kind of like take care of that issue, what they do is they make the second season so drastically different mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter that you've watched the first season. And I saw that with the NBC show Revolution. Yeah, yeah. the first season. Like, I was ready for the second season, and by the time they started the second season, they had changed everything hmm. that I liked about the first season. And so after that pilot, uh, the pilot, not the pilot episode, but the, the first episode in the second season, I dropped off Revolution. I was just like, okay, this is what you're doing with You the turned the power off. off. I did. <laughs> I took control of the fucking power in that episode. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't think you're going to have to worry about that. At all with this, okay. um, it, it brings everything back. You you were basically taken back through everything that happened because all these fe- pieces are finally being put into place. So you you do go back in your mind, and you're like, okay, I remember when this happened. I remember when this happened, and I think this was like the most complete package. Unlike Sense Eight, where I'm kind of left with. I don't really understand what they could possibly. I mean, there's there's definitely options they could yes. do. That second season is like a free for all. Like anything can happen in right. the second season, and that might be a case like you're talking about, where right. it might be like, well, they just kind of threw the first season under the bus. This one, no. This one is absolutely left with they're going to wrap this up. I think in the second season. You know what I think is crazy about certain shows, and I, I'm certain shows like they know they they know what the ending is going to be. Yeah, they have like a trajectory. They know what the ending is going to be. They're going to fill. They're going to give you all the filler in between. Yeah, but they know the, what the ending is going to be. Yes, and I, I I like those shows. That's what this is. I like those shows. Like like they know where the end goal is. Now, Falling Skies was not one of those shows. <laughs> Falling Skies had no idea. Flying by the seat of their fucking pants. It, that's exactly. They, they they started off with a great idea, but then and when it got towards the end, like I don't. For one second, think that that's what they knew that the end, what the ending was going to be. And there's nothing worse than letting what the viewers like and dislike deciding plot points. That happened. That's happened in so many shows, uh, sitcoms. It happens all the time. How I Met Your Mother. The the not the final season, but the season before that. They basically it was like a free for all. It was just like, oh, oh, you want to see this happen to Ted? You want to see this happen to Robin? You want to see this happen to Barney? Yeah. Okay, fine, we're gonna give it to you. And I hate that shit where they let the internet and they let everybody like what you're saying just dictate where the show goes. Yeah, that always fucks everything up. Yeah, yeah. I so don't, Mr. Robot. You're saying, like, this show, it knows what it's doing. Yes. The second season, you know where it's going to go to. Yeah, so, absolutely. That's great. Uh, the, the creator, Sam Esmail, I believe is the pronunciation. Yeah. Um, this was originally supposed to be a movie. So this is, I think this is only going to be a two-season deal. That's, that's encouraging. Yeah. It is encouraging. And you're left with a certain group of characters that you're, you're kind of acquainted with. 
and they kind of disappear. Okay. There's also lapses of time that they do not explain. Mm. So these things will later on, you know, become a part it's of the second season. It's been very Fight Club-ish. It's, it's totally I've very Fight very Fincher-esque. Yes. Yeah. But at the end here, we're talking more V for Vendetta as well. Really? It gets into that territory. And like I said, American Psycho as well. Jake, you should watch this. It's, it's available on demand. It's on the top, one of the top shows on my list right now. Watch that first episode. Actually, watch the first 10 minutes. Yeah. And if you're not hooked within the first 10 minutes, well, there's something wrong. I've, with got a fr- I've, got, I've got a friend that comes over and visits about once a month, mm-hmm. and he promised me or made me promise that on his next visit, one of the things we were going to do was watch the pilot of Mr. Robot. There you go. And I, I said, fine, fine. No, okay. don't say it like that, man. It's like he's doing you a favor. I know, but it's been, it's been like one of those things where like he, every time I've talked right. to him, because even though I only see him physically once a month, we yeah. still talk all the time and sure. text everything. And yeah. every every text conversation is, have you watched Mr. Robot yet? Right. And that's why he's like, next time I come over, we were watching the pilot of Mr. Robot. Right. He's like, if you don't want to watch any more after that, that's on you. Yeah. But you're watching the pilot. Yeah. Yeah, it's so fantastic. So Tupperware the whole season? Tupperware, yeah. Awesome. That's great news, yeah. man. And you know sophomore slump, you think? I absolutely not. Like you definitely want to see this next season because you're you're just like I can't wait to see where they go with this cuz they change it up every single episode. It's something different and you're just like I had no idea they were going to do what, that. What what you got to worry about though in the interim is uh what happens with a lot of shows. Uh yeah, Mr. Robot would like to announce that in the second season we've got a new showrunner. Yeah, that would suck. Uh, in the next season we've like we've got new writers on the project, and you know it's it's shit like that where contracts can't be fucking resolved. Like, hopefully you're right. This is a two season fucking thing, and they've got these people under contracts. They've got their showrunner. They've got all the cast coming back. Hopefully that's what it is. But it's like I've seen too many times in TV where. Fucking networks get fucking, and I mean, you guys, this is NBC Universal. It's not like they've made great decisions in the past. Yeah, in a lot of their TV programming, this is this is a rare exception for USA. Yeah, I and agree. I, I hope that this is like very outside of everything, and they're just like, you know, like, like let's just let's let this something special is going on with this show. Let's just let it happen. I, I hate when they let ratings make them greedy too. That's when what they're like. Happen. They're like, okay, we know you only wanted Mr. Robot to be two seasons. We're gonna stretch this. But out. it's a ratings darling. So Hi. can you give us a third season? I'm Showtime. Yeah, this is Dexter, and it should have ended after six seasons. Yeah. But we're gonna push this fucker to nine. Sopranos did the same fucking thing. Like that would have been the tightest show at four seasons. Yeah, but six seasons, it was just like the creators ugh. of these shows, like they are like, okay, we're done, and they're like, no, let's keep it going. And I can understand why Showtime did that because it's like, what else did Showtime have going for it at that time? Nothing. There wasn't Homeland, or Homeland was just getting started. There was nothing. Yeah, and so they did not want to lose Dexter because that was like their bread and butter. Like, how many subscriptions to Showtime are gonna fall off as soon as Dexter ends? <laughs> I agree. And, I always use the analogy. They but put, why bury the fucking show? Yeah, I always use the analogy: they put too many breadcrumbs in the meatloaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like, ah, yeah. uh, it don't taste good anymore because exactly. you just put too much fucking breadcrumbs in the shit. Yeah. It's true; it's scary because you you will never have another show like this where where everything kind of falls into place like it does, and it and it 
has all these things that you know about from other movies, but at the same time, it's not like yeah. that at all. It, 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 you'll never see it again, so maybe they will try and stretch it out and fucking bury it. Yeah. I hope. I agree with. Brian. I hope it ends after season two. I agree. I agree um, with both. Yeah, I hope the creators. I was hoping that Under the Dome would end yeah. after season three, and you know what? Uh, it should have because now it's been canceled. Yeah. Wah, yep. wah, wah, wah. So wah, fuck you, CBS. Another really cool idea, and just. Yeah. Yeah, I've out. heard that show went. I stopped after season one, but I've heard it went really off track from the book. I, I total Willy Wonka I, land. I too stopped after season one. Um, my dad was still watching it and still enjoying it, but my dad still watches and enjoys anything. So. <laughs> I heard there's like alternate realities in the current season and shit, and that it's just gotten really fucking wonky. Really? Um, I, Jake, I'm going to have you talk about something here, uh, in a moment, but I wanted to, I, since I've got a lot of good pop, bad pop, I'm yeah, going to, I'm going to talk about, uh, something here real quick. Fantasy football is, it's really hot right now. Most, most football fan, uh, pl- uh, fans play it. I mean, there's even a show called the league on FX yeah. that strictly is about characters in the show that play fantasy football. Uh, so when I found out about the fantasy movie league, I was intrigued. Oh yeah. That's really cool. Um, our buddies over at videoeta.com, and I'm, yeah, I say our buddies because yes, they follow us on Twitter and we follow them, and I've corresponded with them in the past, and it's, a, it's actually a really good website if you want to find out, like, if you want to find out, like, what movies are coming out to theaters and what, uh, what's gonna hit, like, uh, your red box or, or DVD, uh, soon or Blu-ray, what's, what's gonna hit. Videoeta is, videoeta.com is a great, uh, website to go to. Cool. Uh, they, they had this article up and it caught my attention and it says, well, the geniuses behind Fantasy Movie League unwittingly made my dream into reality when they launched their new game earlier this year. The premise is surprisingly simple yet nearly impossible to master. You are the owner of an eight screen megaplex and it's your job each week to program your screens with films that will generate your theater the most dollars when all of the real box office receipts are tallied up on Monday. Each week, you start with a spending budget of $1,000 in uh, Fantasy Movie League bucks. And each film screening in theaters nationwide nationwide has a corresponding price in uh, Fantasy Movie League bucks. Naturally... Those films projected to do well each week cost more than smaller indies or holdover films. The skill comes in maximizing your investment to get a lineup that will earn the most money for your fictional movie theater. To make it interesting, the Game Masters have added a little wrinkle that really adds to the excitement. Each week, the film that performs to the best in respect to its cost in Fantasy Movie League Bucks gets a $3 million bonus... For each screen upon which it is screened. In other words, if you screen the best value film, you get a $3 million bonus for each screen you have it on. Wow. Yeah. I know all about this. I can talk about this with you, too. With eight screens and 15 movies to choose from, the lineup possibilities are nearly endless. And yes, you can screen movies on more than one screen. So yeah, this is something that I'm definitely going to be playing. It's super cool. Um, Matt Berry created this, who um, works for ESPN. He's like one of their biggest uh, fantasy football guys. Right. Uh, he's actually. Uh, you can watch like the video of him talking about it uh, on the uh, on the site. Yeah, I love Matt Berry. He's a great guy. Yeah, Matt Berry. Ta- um, I heard about this because I'm so into my Survivor Big Brother stuff, and Matt Berry is actually a big fan of that. Yeah. And he was promoting that on one of his. Um, 
podcast that he does about reality TV too. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna look more into this, and maybe it'd be fun if we could start. Like, is there, can you start? The like second a- season just starts this week. Okay, maybe we should start a league. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> and they do it in um, seasonal leagues. Okay, they have a winter league, a summer league, a fall league, and a spring league. Oh, we need to get on this like quick. Yeah, yeah. I'll post something as soon as possible. And I'll look into it. Cool. So maybe we can start a league. And I guess if we missed out on the fall league, we should definitely all try to get in on the winter league. Exactly. Exactly. Like we can try to like. I guess we can try to like Frankenstein something. Maybe if we can, real yeah, quick. Yeah. But if not, then we'll definitely get in on the winter league. Because my friend Kurt played. He's playing the second league too, but he played the first league, and he was two weeks behind from when it started Mm -hmm. and he said there was just never any hope of catching up with the people that started Uh, on week one yeah yeah so you got to get in from the ground floor yeah and it's a learning experience too Mm -hmm. like figuring out how to maximize your indie films and your blockbusters and like i love nba fantasy league i love it i love doing it and doing something like that with movies too yeah would, would be hella fucking fun dude so i'm down I agree. I'm not a big sports guy, but I've always been jealous of all the fantasy sports players because that's that kind of thing I am into. So yeah. it's like, all oh, right, fantasy fucking movie. Oh man, league. I remember. Okay, like I, I remember like a few years ago, it was so much fun when I was like in the fantasy league, the NBA fantasy league. It was like the year that like I had I had Derrick Rose, Carmelo Anthony, and Blake Griffin, and they blew up that year. It was the year that like Derrick Rose was the MVP. But on the flip side, like I dropped a player. And, like, I picked up Justin Lin when he became, like, huge in New York. Oh, shit. And, like, my – I dude, I fucking killed that season. I went <laughs> undefeated. I got every trophy in the league. And it was so fucking awesome. And with movies, I think, like, this could be really fun for us and, like, the Leftover Army to play in a league like this. You know, I think it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, It'd be fun to just start. Maybe we can figure it out by the Winter League and start yeah. just one for us and the Leftover yeah, Army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. Whoever wins can right. have a spot, like a like a yeah. spot on the podcast or something. I haven't played it, but if I have to rate this, I rate the idea an absolute Tupperware. Now, yeah. the, the execution, it's another thing. I'll, I'll, I'll play it, and then I'll, I'll let you know, but... Um. Yeah, I Tupperware this idea. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. I'm right there with you. I Tupperware it, too. Yeah. And from what I've heard, the execution is a Tupperware, too. Awesome. Can't wait to play it. Uh, Jake, what do you have for us uh, this week for Good Pop, Bad Pop? Um, I decided this week that I was going to get back into Walking Dead and give it a chance. So I spent most of my free time when I was home and not working um, binge-watching Walking Dead. Just it's been a, it's been since season four since I started watching it, so I decided to start back at the beginning. But but you did not. We already talked about this. You did not watch the second episode of Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> no, I did not. A, I did not. A my, show that, that that only you tasted. No, my, and yet <laughs> that, that, the two Tossies, Jay Jay and myself. We have watched the second episode. Yeah, my Sunday DVR, I was recording the VMAs. I was recording Big Brother. They didn't show a second viewing of Fear the Walking Dead. There was no repeat. Like every fucking episode I've ever seen of The Walking Dead where the same exact circumstance came up. I could just record the motherfucker again because they played it four times that that fucking day. (laughs) Right. But for some... Unknown fucking reason, they only aired Fear the Walking Dead that one time. You got fucked, son. <laughs> and, um, the, and it did not re-air again until Friday. Right, okay. And so, and then, of course, Friday was nothing but 
fucking Star Wars for me. Oh, absolutely. And even when I was done with it, my last trip at like 8.30, first Friday night, I came home and watched episode four, A New Hope. I don't blame you. Because <laughs> I was just yeah. like, I was listening to Star Wars soundtrack in the car while driving around the whole time. Damn, and that's awesome. I had Spotify. I found someone that had a playlist that had all six movies soundtrack on one playlist. And I just Damn. put that bitch on shuffle and was driving all over the place to it and everything. So... Yeah, I'm going to binge watch Walking Dead when I finish this experiment. I'll do a good pop, bad pop on it. Okay. But I did... The so this is a teaser? Okay, this is... A- <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this, is, this is new. I've never seen anyone do this. Wow. It's a good this pop, is, bad this pop. This is not an official good pop, bad pop. This is like a teaser, it's a teaser. to a future good pop, bad pop. Yes, yes. Holy <laughs> which shit. Will, which will be at least a month away because... Yeah. Uh, Season five doesn't even come on Netflix until September twenty sixth. So hold, hold on to your butt cheeks for the uh, the Walking Dead good pop bad pop coming. Okay. I don't want to be everyone else on this podcast, even people that come in for one episode every now and again. Yeah, is current with this shit. Yeah, and I'm tired of being even if I don't like the show where it's at now. I don't want to be the fucking odd duck anymore. Right, and at least want to know what the fuck we're talking about. Right, and sure. if fucking. You know, if something crazy happens, I'd rather see it than just sit here and have you guys tell me about it. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. I'm going to get back on the train. It's the most watched fucking show on cable, so I yeah. need to stop being a douchebag and at least like be watching this shit. Jay, what did you think about the second episode of Fear the Walking Dead? <laughs> uh, I, I hated it. I'm still tossing it. <laughs> yeah, was I it better than the first episode? No, worse than the first it was, episode. It was worse Uh-oh. than the first episode. Ruh-roh. It took a step backwards, and let me explain why it took a step backwards. Please it's do. because... Things have developed in this show. There are characters, uh, the father, the mother, even the drug-addicted son, that have seen what it... They they know kind of the rules now, that if you get bit, you get infected. And there are scenes where the mother doesn't tell the daughter not to leave the house... But doesn't give her a reason to not leave the house. Just don't go. And she's had hours upon hours to explain to her, like, I saw this happen. Your boyfriend might be infected. (laughs) I hate it when a show causes, like, riffs and tension and drama between characters and doesn't have the characters explain it to the other character just so it can create that rift, that drama, that tension. And that's exactly what's happening. They're taking you for a fucking fool. Yes. 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 <laughs> and, this, and this whole second episode was like that, where there's like uh, characters that are that, that could just... It takes... Ten seconds to explain to your daughter why she shouldn't go visit her boyfriend who's in a feverish state. Yeah. Oh, because no. of what you saw. With her own fucking eyes. With your own eyes. It takes <laughs> ten seconds to explain that. Not to mention and the school scene. The school scene, yeah. Are you okay? Right. Can I help you? Right. What? <laughs> Yes. What have you saw? What did you see in the previous episode? I, I understand this is a guy that you've known. Yeah. Oh my god. This, Are you okay? This, I read in um, this second episode. It, it, this That's second bad episode that it got worse. was, and I, 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 I've seen I've seen people on the internet saying it's getting better. Oh. That that started to really pick up. But guys, I'm sorry, it got worse for me. I, I'm 
this is this is just horrible. I read an interesting fact um, about the actor that plays the uh, Johnny Depp wannabe character, Johnny Depp Junior. Yeah, yeah, he is oh, the yeah, Johnny uh, Depp Taylor Kitsch. Yep, he Johnny is Kitch. the real life son of the actor that plays Stannis Baratheon on Game of Thrones. And I was like, geez, and he's such a great actor. What happened? I guess it's not genetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it didn't pass down. Maybe it skips a generation. Wow. Yeah. He, he, I guess maybe in the eyes he looks yeah. like him. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he's the real life mm. son of, wow. uh, Stannis Baratheon. Not the character, right. but the actor. I know you know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Enjoy that hair now, though, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But I um the one thing I did watch besides Walking Dead this week is um when we were at Great America, the slobs, uh, Greg and Ryan were talking about a Netflix comedy special. I brought it up, but they had seen it. Okay, okay. I brought it up, but they had seen it. I think it. I was yes. in phone land and then yes. caught on when they started talking about it. Yes. But um I watched the Dimitri Martin Netflix special. As did I this week. So awesome. we've, we've both seen it. Um yeah. at the time it's called. This is I'm not a big Comedy Central guy. I really don't watch any shows on Comedy Central. This was the first time I've been exposed to this guy as a stand-up comedian. So I really had no idea what to expect yeah. other than they had brought up that he was a guitar comedian at mm-hmm. one point yeah. and that that was going to happen. So the right. whole time I knew the guitar thing was going to happen. Um, I really liked it. This was a Tupperware special for me. Mm-hmm. I liked that it wasn't – it was observational comedy, but it was very like snap Random. your fingers, snap Random. your fingers, snap it's, your fingers. It it's, was like it's, he's, he is the he is the Stephen Wright of observational comedy. Yeah. It, and it's, it's basically you've taken Jerry Seinfeld and you've combined him with Stephen Wright. That's it's, a great it's, analogy. It's, I agree. It's rapid fire observational comedy and it is it, – I'm going to agree. I, I give this – Special a Tupperware. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Dimitri Martin. Anyway, I hate to admit it. Um, <laughs> I am. I do. I, I, it's I, a beautiful I, man. I watched uh, Dimitri Martin, the Comedy Central show. I also watched him do that uh, a Woodstock that he did a, a movie about Woodstock, and I loved it. I would like to see more now after and, seeing uh, the special. Yeah, yeah. Real yeah. rapid fire, and like one joke doesn't connect to the previous joke, and then the right. next joke doesn't connect. Very, you know, it's not, hard to do. You know? Yeah, and and it, uh, the the aerodynamic cracker. Joke Joke. Oh, I laughed so hard at that. <laughs> it killed me. I love it. It's uh, a so, joke that cracks. He's like, why do why do crackers have holes in them? So uh, it's more aerodynamic. <laughs> like, I, you can eat them faster, and it's just it's dude. So that funny. is so Seinfeld. Working and, at, yeah, yeah, working in the right. grocery store for fifteen years as I had, uh, I cracked up at the um, head of lettuce commentary oh, that he God, had. Yes, the head of lettuce. God damn it, I'm going to watch this tonight. I yeah. cracked up at the uh, prune juice commentary that he had. The I was juice, just yes. in hysterics. Yeah. Like I was like playing some stupid game Why on the Why isn't there raisin juice? Yeah. <laughs> Those selfish fucking prunes. <laughs> this but, is on Netflix? Yeah, it's, it's, on on Netflix. Ne- it's a Netflix yeah. original, cool. a Netflix exclusive, and I can't highly recommend it enough. And you know, usually anytime a stand-up comedian picks up an acoustic guitar, yeah. I want to blow my fucking brains out. Yeah. I mean, but this is like Steve Martin yeah. worthy. The guitar is almost an excuse to tell his even shorter, more rapid fire jokes. Like, right. there's no singing whatsoever. Right. He doesn't sing a goddamn line. Yeah, but I, I love it when, like, Steve Martin grabs his banjo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you yeah. Know, and, and, like, this is, like, reminiscent of that. And, like, he'll play the harmonica, and it, it's good shit. Man. <laughs> Steve Martin's wow. talented with his banjo, though. Yes. <laughs> and Dimitri Martin, it's almost just as hilarious that he's not the greatest guitarist either. No, it's yeah. a couple and chords. There's even commentary about that. But I really. Really like this. I actually watched this twice. 
Oh, did you? Yeah, I actually watched it a second time just awesome. to put something on the TV as yeah. background while I was doing some stuff. Guy, I was it was so funny. There's to me. nothing that makes me feel better. There, okay, there's when I'm depressed. There are two things that I want to watch. First thing is uh, Frasier reruns. I love Frasier for some reason. <laughs> I don't blame you. Some, wow. There's something about Frasier that just like it doesn't matter. Like like seriously, like if you give me a bottle of wine, a Vicodin, and a Frasier episode, my house could be on fire and I wouldn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I would sit there and I would burn and I would laugh at David Hyde Pierce oh, and Frasier. Yeah. I love it. Niles Frasier. That shit fucking kills me anyway. Uh, and then uh, the other thing that makes me uh, feel good is stand-up comedy. So yeah. I can watch Kevin Hart. I can watch fucking uh, Dimitri Martin. I can watch Louis C.K. Even Ke- A Night with Kevin Smith. That shit makes me feel good. So yeah, Dimitri Martin, oh my god, I can't wait for his next comedy special, man. Yeah, really for sure. Good. And I, I kind of want to like watch this Woodstock thing or maybe see that Comedy Central stuff. Look up, uh, Just look up uh, Dimitri Martin on IMDb. He has a Woodstock movie. It's very fun. He, he is not a member of the people that are visiting Woodstock, his family actually owned the land where Woodstock was held. And that's legit? Yeah. Well, it's it's in the movie. Oh, okay, is, okay, yeah. okay. But uh, it's, 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 a, it's a very interesting, uh, it's a very funny and interesting movie. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you saw it too. Had you seen it already when we were talking about it at Six Flags? No, I think me and the slabs, we were kind of talking about like, you know, some things that were on Netflix and I said, oh yeah, I noticed a new Dimitri Martin uh, live uh, comedy special was on there, and they're like they they had said they'd seen it, and they said it was good. So I was like, okay, well, I like Dimitri Martin. Okay, I'll give it a shot, and I watched it, and I loved it too. So. Yeah, it was great, total tupper. Jay, I highly recommend watching it tonight. Yeah, I I will, I will watch it tonight, man, for sure. All right, guys, I'm gonna move on to my next good pop, bad pop, and I've got it broken up into two parts. And okay, there is a method. There's a reason why I did this. I love Spider-Man, and the Spider-Man movie has been greenlit. It's going to be Kevin Feige producing on the Marvel MCU side, Marvel Studios side, and it's also going to be, you know, you've got your uh, Sony side involved mm-hmm. in this too. And what did they do? They, they we've already got we've already got the writers for the Spider-Man movie. Well, the I want to talk right now about one half that's involved in the Spider-Man movie because I was wor- I'm worried about this Spider-Man movie and yeah. I I kind of wanted to judge it a little bit for myself um, as well you should be the Vacation movie I saw it this week oh, oh wow God. okay so the reason I saw it is because of Spider-Man and the writers for Vacation they are the writers for the Spider-Man film okay. So, no. basically, this is what happens when you've got writers that are raised on Judd Apatow and the Fairley brothers and the Seth MacFarlane's of the world. Uh, in fact, one of the writers is uh, from the Apatow camp. Uh, one of the writers for this movie was one of the child actors in Freaks and Geeks. Okay. Okay. So... Very, very this, – this movie is also very kind of like Judd Apatow-esque in a lot of ways. And uh, guys, it's, it's a, it's a toss-it, unfortunately. Oh, that is unfortunate. There are very funny scenes in this movie, Jake. It's rapid-fire jokes. There are some funny scenes that were laugh-out-loud for me. But overall, it's a toss-it, and it fails. When the worst when, – when, okay, okay, hold on. When the best character in the movie is a car – 
<laughs> okay, think about it this way. Like, remember the metallic P from the first yes. mm-hmm. National Lampoon's metallic vacation P. movie? If that car was the funniest character in that movie, that movie would have been a toss-it. Now, this one, there's like this blue, like, European car that they have that has two gas tanks and it has like this keychain with all these different, like, buttons on it and you can push a different button, it'll do something. Like, there's like one button that they push and like the bumper falls off. Like, <laughs> it's funny. And like, there's a muffin <laughs> button. And I mean, there's all these different, <laughs> when the funniest character in the movie is the car, there's a problem yeah. in the movie. Um, Christina Applegate, who was hilarious in Anchorman, is not utilized well in this movie. She's not funny. Ed Helms is not very funny in this movie. Wow. Um, Hard to believe him is grown up rusty, too. Yeah. That's one thing I thought even before seeing it. Uh, but, you know, they showed, uh, and what's funny is like they showed like the family scrapbook, mm-hmm. and the family scrapbook, they did not like try to make him look younger in the scrapbook. They actually showed like the all the original Rusties. <laughs> yeah, that's, they, that's they, kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> you know weird. the the Big Bang Theory Leonard guy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. They showed like uh, Anthony Michael Hall and like whoever <laughs> the, the best fuck, Rusty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like like. And there were some cool nods, man. You did get to see the Metallic P again. Nice. And that was fun. Um, and, you know, Chevy was there, but it was like, you know, like Chevy. And, like, he tries to do the physical comedy, but it's, I don't know. It's it, There's even something missing with that, you know. Um, he, like, tries to take the guitar out of a case, and it's really awkward how he does it. But <laughs> it's, there's something, it's not... It's not that physical Chevy Chase comedy anymore. They do that Judd Apatow, Fairley Brothers, Seth MacFarlane comedy throughout this film, and it's a little bit more raunchy. And it, it, it there's it, it's almost like they turned like you know like I love Ted, but I love Ted for being Ted. I don't want to see a Ted movie within my vacation movie you know? right yeah and, and it lacked the heart of right. the original movies yeah and that's what that's what you miss that's what you miss is the heart from those original movies and uh the kids are just like hyper like the the youngest son is just like this crazy kid that does all these outlandish things and it's like yeah i get it okay this kid will say the f word this kid will just be nuts i get it i get it this he like takes a paper bag, plastic bag, and throws it over his brother's face and like tries to suffocate him. Like this is just like a hyper exaggerated, crazy fucking kid with ADHD. I get it. Yeah. It's just it's just I gotta toss this movie and it's unfortunate. And you know, they they, they go back to Wally World and, and all these things and and uh I, I like the Charlie Day character in this. He was funny. But uh, hard to do Charlie Day wrong. It's hard to do him wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got to toss the vacation movie. Oh, that's sad. And that so sad. that that did not make me feel like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, the Spider Man movie, it's in good writing hands. So I'm not 100% sold on the Spider Man movie. And so I went even further today because I'm so worried about Spider Man. I was worried now about the director. So I've already seen the writers. So, like, well, how is the director? So, John Watts, he directed a movie called uh, Cop Car. Yeah. Okay. And so today I watched Cop Car and it stars Kevin Bacon. 
uh, as uh, Sheriff Kretzer, uh, two kid actors, uh, James Friedson Jackson, Hayes Welford. They play Travis and Harrison. And uh, basically this movie is about a pair of 10-year-olds find an abandoned cap, uh, cop car in a field when they take it out for a joyride. It seems like they could kill themselves at any moment. But things only get worse when the small-town sheriff goes looking for his missing car. The kids find themselves in the center of a deadly game of cat and mouse they don't understand, and the only way out is to go fast as their cop car can take them. (laughs) So I was like, okay, now I'm going to check out how this director did in this movie and see, like, is this a competent director? He also helped write this film. So let me check it out. I started watching this movie, and from the beginning... I loved this movie. Hmm. At the very beginning, I think this movie is fantastic. These kids are fucking killing me. Like, like they are kids. They they've run away from home. They find this abandoned cop car. They they're acting like kids. They are acting like kids that are rebellious kids. They start saying like bad words. Like the first thing you hear in the movie, the first word you hear in the movie was uh, first word you hear is wiener, and the other kid says wiener, <laughs> and the other kid says like boobs the other kid says boobs and then you know then they goes like pussy pussy and like they're saying fuck and like the other kid's like that's the worst word of them all i won't say it you know like this is like a 10 year old like kids these kids are acting like 10 year olds they they come across this cop car and like oh i I dare you to go touch it you know and like one kid runs and touches it and oh and now it's your turn you know and and like they get into the car and then like then it's funny they start driving the car and you see like 10 year olds driving the car and like the movie progresses to where like this car there's a story behind it kevin bacon's involved there's criminal activity going on and these boys just happen to be involved in it mm-hmm. and it's 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 a neat story and it's a tupperware up until the very fucking end Aww. and it fucking the ending just ruins it for me um it's one of those movies where the critics rated it higher like at a 70 something percent and the fans the audience rated it at a 54 percent and it makes sense because the ending is unsatisfying wow. you don't get closure you don't know what happens to characters you don't know motivations for characters and it, the story, the movie just kind of ends and it leaves it to your imagination, which critics will be like, oh, okay, this was a well-executed movie. And audience members like myself, I was just like, well, that was unsatisfying. Yeah. And so um, do I think that – okay. Do I think that he's going to be a horrible director for Spider-Man? No. No. I am actually more encouraged that he is involved now because it was a more serious take on on a lighthearted kids movie. It was a more serious take. It was an R film. It was a more serious take on something that could be like really lighthearted. Yeah. So I think it's a good balance. Like they need John Watts in there in in this movie to kind of rein the the writers in my takeaway from what you're saying are the the writers write no heart into their movie right but at right. least the director may be able to put that in where right. the writers lack right. it right exactly so we're going to talk about Marvel later but am Fuck. I do I think Spider Man's going to be a great movie no I don't at this point I have no faith. Um, the director helped write this movie. It, it's a failure in my opinion and audiences didn't care. I don't care what the critics say. It's 70%. Yeah. But 
yeah, I, I, I'm not sold on the, on the, on the writers or the director and, and it's sad because I, uh, ugh, whatever. So what's your final rating for the, the John Watts movie? It's a low taste it. Low taste it. Yeah. It went from a Tupperware from that first, the first and second act that third act dropped it, man. You got to stick that fucking it. landing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a big deed. That's a big deal. Yep. They yep. don't do that much nowadays. No, it's the great length. Part. I mean, it was an hour and a half. Great length, and uh, yeah. So, Cop Car. Do I think you should watch it? Wait until it hits Redbox. I, honestly, like I watched it on demand. I paid eight bucks for it, mm-hmm. and uh, I would just wait for it to get Redbox. Spend a buck twenty on it, and. And then uh, watch it and decide for yourself. So, yeah, <laughs> cop car and vacation. <sighs> you got to fucking toss it and a low taste it. So not doing too well, Spider- <laughs> not, not doing too well for the Spider-Man movie. What else wow. is Watts done? Do you know? Watts did a clown movie. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, other than that, I don't really know. I, I don't know if that was a short or if it was an actual like full-length film. Um, I, I don't know. Jeez. Man, if Spider-Man doesn't have a hard or a good ending, we're fucked. Yeah. That's, that's it. I agree with you, <laughs> The end of superhero movies. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jay, do you have anything else for Good Pop, Bad Pop? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about something that wasn't terribly funny and didn't put me in a good mood was uh, Documentary Now. Um, Fred Armiston, uh, Portlandia, Bill uh. Hader. Fucking Fred Armisen from fucking Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live. Portlandia. Oh, my God. Love him. I love him. Love Bill Hader. Uh, Seth Meyers is also involved in the... Bunch of SNL alumni. In the writing of this. Yeah. Um, It sucked. It... it, it, I don't know if, like, that is exactly, when I saw the trailers, I'm like, this is exactly my kind of quirky, kind of, you know, uh, out there humor. Those guys are kind of like... They'll say something. You're like, where the fuck did that come from? But it was also really funny at so the same time. So do you think time. like this was like maybe like just a group of friends that like did their own thing? Exactly. And, like, this is for them and not for us. Egg fuck exactly. Okay. Exactly. Like uh, the the first episode was kind of funny. It was it was, uh, it was called Drones: The Search for El Chigon. And so they they basically do a fake documentary with a bunch of people that would be in the vice category, you know, hipster type guys. Okay. Jack Black's in it. And you keep seeing different uh, vice guys go in and get killed. And then a new group of vice guys. And they're all played by Seth Meyers and Fred Armiston. Okay. That episode was actually kind of funny. Um, the second episode was called Sandy Passages, which was based on the Grey Gardens. I don't know if you guys have seen Grey Gardens, which is pretty fucked up, and you should probably watch it. I have not. I haven't either. It's a documentary about one of Jackie Onassis's relatives and how they live in this big, nice place that they've let gone to hell. They're basically hoarders. Okay. And they've let their nice, you know, all their riches just kind of deteriorate around So you even had background knowledge to this. Yeah. Yeah. So Grey Grey Gardens was great. Watch Grey Gardens. Sandy Passages is basically making fun of that movie you know, note for note the whole entire time. So I'm like, you know, if you hadn't seen that, you might think it's funny, but it, it's not, it's not really funny. It's really kind of a sad story about these two old ladies that kind of, you know, went to hell and, and kind of lost their gourds. So that's not funny. And then the third episode is kind of about a, a, a retarded Eskimo called Canuck. And, oh, wow. and, and that's not funny either. So yeah. it's like basically every episode they're making fun of people. 
And I, I don't I don't get it. Like yeah. I love Fred Armisen, I love Bill Hader, and you know, exactly like you said, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, they made this for themselves. Yeah. They got some money and they got some time to throw around and they made this for themselves. Well, hey, more power to them, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna resonate like some people are gonna love it, I'm sure. Probably. You know, I I, I respect comedians when they don't like try to like pander to the lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. I do respect that. Yeah. But on the flip side, if it doesn't hit you, it doesn't hit you. No. So I agree. Like, you have every right to toss this thing. Yeah. The, the first episode was funny because I like, I like shows that make fun of hipsters. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar yeah. with Vice. I enjoyed that. <laughs> All right. But the, the, the whole, the whole Grey Gardens thing, that was a sad story. It was like, it's a really intense, uh, documentary and, and you, everybody should watch it just to see how crazy these people are. And then to go and make fun of it, but not do it in a way that's different. Like they yeah. did, they did scenes directly from the do- actual documentary and just reenacted them. <laughs> You know, and, and, and then for the, the retarded Eskimo thing, like, I was watching it with my girlfriend and she was just like, I can't watch this. Like, this isn't, you, you would expect these guys to be, like, Portlandia is hilarious. Oh, I love Portlandia. And I think yeah. that's because Fred Armisen is kind of reined in. But if you let him. Well, and you've got Carrie Brown, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I so. think Carrie has a little bit more say than is Fred. It Carrie, is it Carrie Brownstein? Carrie, ah, shit, I'd have to look. I think up. it's Carrie Brownstein. But yeah, I think I think she has a little more say than he does on that series, so did, it's a little more focused. Did you ever see the episode where they started watching Battlestar Galactica? Oh, I love that episode. <laughs> I, was, I just, dude, dude, I had just finished watching all of Battlestar Galactica. Like, I was in a low, low place in my life, and all I had, all I could do was watch Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> To, to make me happy. And then I saw that episode and I was like, holy you shit. You can totally relate to yeah, it. I was like, they get me. Yeah. They get me. They got sucked. It's like they watched, like, they got sucked down. They got sucked into this Battlestar Galactica, like, rabbit hole. Yeah. And they just kept watching the episode. Yeah. That's hilarious. It was exactly like, I was just like, oh, this gets me. This is so fucking weird yeah. that they did this. But then with this, and I was expecting, like, I was expecting, like, I'm going to be one of the few people that understand that gets this. this. Yes. This is going to be like, okay, yeah, this is going to be, no, this was made for them. Yeah, it's like, this yeah. was totally made for those so two like guys. like the Grant Morrison of, of comedy writers. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, it's, exactly. It's very, it, it's very shallow, um, and it's it's just the... The jokes are not there for me. Like I don't, I don't really enjoy making fun of things necessarily. Yeah. Like I would enjoy like a fake documentary. Like what you know, like what if Tim and Eric did a fake documentary? That would be funny as fuck. I'm sure. Right. And I thought the same thing about this. I was like, this is gonna be awesome. This is gonna be my new favorite comedy series. Absolutely was not. Absolutely fell flat, and I've lost total interest. I'm not going to watch anymore. Wow. Tossing it, and and I'm sad to say because I love everybody involved in it. But yeah, Seth Meyers, all of them, man. Did no hater. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I like those people a lot too. Me too. Me too. It's kind of um, like I, you make me not want to watch it, knowing that it's like one episode. I have to watch this documentary that I haven't even seen. Yeah. And the payoff is that it's not even going to be a funny parody. Yeah, of you'll it. watch the documentary, you'll be like, "Man, that documentary is fucking great." And then you'll watch them make fun of it, and you'll be like, "That what the fuck are they doing?" Right. <laughs> you know. So yeah, I, I'm I'm totally upset about it, but tossing it. Jake, did you have anything left? No, that was it. Like I said, okay. I've been binging The Walking Dead and watching. I have Dimitri one Martin. more movie that I wanted to talk Uno? about, and uh, yeah, Uno, 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 mu- <laughs> movie, Movento, Movento. 
<laughs> wow, Jay, I didn't know you spoke fluent Spanish. I, I was looking at you, Jake. <laughs> Glad we offended all of our Spanish-speaking <laughs> audience. So. So Sorry, guys. I think yep. we, did we lose your mic? Is my mic on? Yeah, you cut off. Yeah, you're gone. I don't know what yeah. happened to you. Fuck you, Jake. Hold on. Jake, talk to me. Hey, what's up? You're fucking gone. I don't know what happened. I didn't touch anything. There you are. Now you're back. There you are. You guys did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I'm going to tell you the next. The, I'm going to tell you the title of the movie that I watched, and I want you to like. I want you to tell me what you think it's about. Okay. All right. Okay. I think this will be fun. Here we go. The movie that I saw was titled "The Diary of a Teenage Girl." Oh fuck! What do you think? What are you thinking? <laughs> Give me the rating and tell me what you think it's about. Honestly, like if you hear that title, what do you think that title? I, I'm thinking toss it. I'm thinking along the lines of like uh, Twilight meets Breakfast Club okay. <laughs> in a really bad fucking okay. way. Jake, yeah, it's, it's like title. a it's like a school drama, right? Where the girl's going through hard times right. and no one understands her, right? And that kind of bullshit. Yeah, that's what exactly like <laughs> when I read that title. That's exactly. What I would think too, until I looked at the cast of this film. Uh, it stars uh, Belle Pally. That means nothing to me or any of you, I'm sure. Who? She stars as the teenage girl. Her name's Minnie. I've never seen her in anything. But it also stars Kristen Wiig. Oh. Who, who plays her mother. It also stars Alexander Skarsgård. What? Who played Eric on True Blood, who I love. Sinestro. No, that's not Sinestro. He plays the mother, uh, the mother's boyfriend, Monroe. And it stars Christopher Maloney, who plays Minnie's father, Pascal, who was also on True Blood. Um, and I think, you know, remember him from uh, Man of Steel? Oh, yeah. He was in Man of Steel. He was also in uh, Hot American Summer. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so he played Eugene and yeah. Jonas. Great character. Who yeah. is he in Man of Steel? Man of Steel. Remember, he was like the military guy. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. the, she was going after him. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was also in uh, Sin City, a dame to kill for. Ah, damn it, I need to see you that. You need to see it. It's a Tupperware. Fuck. So I had no idea what this movie was about going in. <laughs> um, I just knew that I really liked uh, some of the cast. Kristen Wiig, Alexander Skarsgård, and I, and I really like Christopher Maloney. Mm-hmm. So um, let me start off by saying that this is a very sexually charged movie. <laughs> and I mean extremely sexually charged. Uncomfortably sexually charged. Okay. So... It's it is a very uncomfortable sexual film. But okay, it starts off with Minnie the teenage girl. She's 15 right out of the gate as she's walking the streets in 1976 San Francisco. She says the first thing that you hear in the movie is I just had sex today for the first time. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed. I was just like, because like I remember like the first time I had sex, and it was yeah. like that was like my reaction, like oh my god, I just had sex, <laughs> holy shit, <Yeah. laughs> you know. And so that's that's what you get from this. But like then the movie like really starts to open up, and you figure out more about this character and like her, like oh my gosh. So she's she's an interesting girl. Uh, she's really curious, and she's an artist. Um, some of the scenes are actually in the movie. Some of the scenes are actual artwork that she does that's come to life to kind of tell the story 
within the movie. Oh, that's a neat technique. She's very much a fan of uh, Aline Kaminsky's artwork, who was an underground artist back in the 70s. So it has that look to it, if you're familiar with that artist. Uh, it also looks like if you're... It also looks like if you're familiar with Harvey Picar mm-hmm. and his art, it has that Harvey Picar kind of look yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, if you've never seen, was it American Splendor? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, great Paul Giamatti yeah. movie. Yeah. But um, this movie, let me. How do how do I explain this? Um, it deals with it deals. It's very sexually charged. There's a lot of sex in it. Um, it deals with this young girl, Minnie, and she's wanting to kind of explore and have some sexual situations, and she's attracted to this guy. Um, the guy happens to be quite a bit older than her and also happens to be her mother's boyfriend, Monroe, played oh. by Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> they – she sits – like the like they show like the mother – on the couch with all, all three of them on the couch watching something and the mother gets tired, goes to bed and like he puts his arm around her and then like puts his hand on her chest and like she's aware that like, you know, that he's got his hand on her chest and then like she thinks about him and then they go end up going to a bar one night together and she ends up like sucking on his finger. It's a very sexually charged, weird movie. Is there an inner monologue going on with her? There's a lot of inner monologue going on with okay. this character. And um, she's trying to seduce this older man, which happens to be her mother's boyfriend. Yeah. And I mean, it turns into a sexual relationship. And, and uh, no, this is not the Woody Allen story. <laughs> this, is an, this is an actual, this is a movie. It's written, it's a book. It was a book uh, that, uh, that, that was written and uh, turned into a film. But um, if you have a problem with the content in the film, you're not going to like it. Okay? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a problem with the content in this movie. Uh, but if you, if you can watch it for the story and the characters and how it pans out without subjecting yourself to moral issues within the movie that don't justify whether you yourself are a bad person <laughs> or not, then this is a Tupperware film. Wow. There is a ton of underage sex, drug use, profanity, and the movie is not meant to glorify it in any way. I can compare this movie to Free Willy. At the beginning of Free Willy, that kid is a little shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he's defiant, and by the end of the movie, he totally changes. Right. And that's what happens here in this movie. Yes, she's a very sexually uh, active uh curious and likes to explore these things and does a lot of things that she shouldn't do. And I don't agree with them. (laughs) I don't want to see a teenager act in this way. But does it mean that that's what makes this a bad movie? Right. Absolutely not. The acting in this is phenomenal. Um, It's a great, it's a great movie in my opinion. You're not, not everybody's going to be able to watch it. Not everybody. There's, there's, and and here's here's uh, an example. I read a review. The first review that I read on IMDb, it's titled "The Police Need to See This Movie." Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 
Being the father of two girls ages 12 and 13, I have to say that my wife and I were not happy with any of the first 45 minutes of the film. I cannot say what happens after that because for the first time in my 46 years on this earth, I actually walked out on a movie before before it ended. The police departments across this country need to attend this movie <laughs> to see the people that go and actually see the whole thing. Oh, fuck off. They can get a warrant for those that completed watching the film and see how many pedophile-type images they have on their computers at home. This film made me and my wife's stomachs turn. Who can sit through this nonsense? Why would a society in these times actually tolerate this movie? <laughs> Where are the protesters? <laughs> And don't use the crutch of it's art. If that stands true, then those convicted in courts of possession of child pornography can just use that as a defense. Oh, yeah, because it's the same thing. In in fact, there was a 50-something-year-old white male by himself watching the movie in front of us. Why? One could only wonder. Now, guys, I told you, going into this, I had no idea what this movie was about. Yeah. I knew it starred Kristen Wiig. I saw that it starred Alexander Skarsgård and Christopher Maloney. I did not go there to watch an underage girl have sex yeah. with men. Well, the actress they had cast in this is definitely not underage. Right. But And yes, there are scenes in this that are very uncomfortable, but... If you're, you know what, if you're going in there looking at like, yeah, if you're going in there and being like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't agree with all these things that are happening within this film. Well, you know what? I don't either. (laughs) I'm I'm right there with you. I don't think this girl should be doing any of this nonsense, but you know what? We saw a character just like in Free Willy realize by the end of it, hey, you know what? I may have not been like the best person that I can be. Yeah. And by the end of this movie, we saw a lot of character development. And I Tupperware this movie for the performances because I can separate the content from the, su- the the subject matter and the content from the actual like message that the movie – the actual message <laughs> that the movie tries to give you at the end. Right. Fucking can- bullshit. I'm calling the cops. <laughs> Your computer's getting scrubbed tonight. Oh, shit. Chris Hansen. <laughs> Chris, Hansen. Chris Hansen's walking through the door. Have a seat. Yeah. I'll be ca- uh, Brian, please leave your flash drives with me. <laughs> you, that's, I have nothing to hide. I'm but I, am, I, I Tupperware this movie. Awesome. It's very, it's, it, it's very good. It is not for everyone. Yeah. But it, if you can separate yourself from like, like what you believe – to just like watching these performances and watching the story unfold, then I think you can enjoy this movie. Yeah. So awesome. Well, Wig's been picking a lot of really crazy indie flicks. Dark, dark roles. Yeah. Yeah. Darker roles. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's awesome, man. I think it's pretty naive for people to like think that teenage girls don't think about that stuff or even sometimes act them do them yeah uh, i think you're fucking stupid honestly in a box yeah I, I, honestly <laughs> i think i think this movie could be helpful to teenage girls that Absolutely. are having these sexual thoughts and yeah and to see like what like these things would actually lead to and I, man you know what i mean it's yeah. like a real fucking eye that, that's right. what's stupid is like we don't talk about this shit because it's too controversial mm-hmm. and, and we want to imagine that they don't they don't think like that right but 
we all do. We yeah. all fucking do. And to not educate people about that shit, they are going to do those yeah. things and end up in shitty situations. Yeah. So you're just denying the fucking truth. And, you, you you know, it's just, oh, well, you know, I'm going to call the cops. When I you. saw the title of this, <laughs> when I saw the title of this, I thought it was going to be a PG-13 bullshit, like... Silly. Silly movie. Yeah. Then I saw the cast that it was rated R. Then I was just thinking, oh, okay, it's going to be a dark comedy. I had no idea yeah. it was going to be any of what I saw, and uh, yeah, so that's good pop, bad pop this week for me. That's awesome, so, man. All right, yeah, I just that's fucked up. Right. I mean, it's it's yeah. true though. I mean, just one more thing to add. It's like, think oh, of- just in case you were curious though, the movie it sits at a ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes for the critics. Oh wow, and an eighty two percent for the audience. So nice. if you think I'm all alone here, that it's just a shit movie, and you yeah. agree with. Uh, Fucking uh, this Kev91150 from Dallas, Texas, his review. Right. Then, uh, you know what? You know, you're, I, I'm sorry. It, it is a good movie. I just want to say, Kev, you don't talk to your daughters about sex, do you, bud? Yeah. That, right. That's what happens. Or never will. That's what happens. It's always the guy doesn't talk to these young girls about yeah. it, and then you have a mom that's never been talked to about it. She doesn't talk to him either. Right. So I'm just saying, this is fucking reality. Shut yeah. your mouth. Where'd you yeah. see this, Brian? Uh, I had to go to – there's a really cool theater in Bloomington. It's called Ovation. And Ovation – remember how I was talking about the AMC Dine-In Theaters? Yeah. The only difference between this theater and uh, the AMC Dine-In Theaters is is that the recliners that they have in Ovation don't recline. Hmm. <laughs> they don't – like you can't recline. Lean back or yeah, anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you can order food. You can drink there. So they have drunk a, yeah. watching them young girls. <laughs> <laughs> I see the allure. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> oh, wow. We had to go there. <laughs> you found me out. <laughs> Just a little bit of probing, and we figured yeah. it all out. Brian, uh, what's that? What's that? Uh, why do I see you've purchased tickets to Thailand recently? <laughs> <laughs> what's going on there? <laughs> Anything goes in Singapore. Oh yeah. All right. Anyway, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna come back with uh, Marvel news. Marvel news. <laughs> We we are back. Hey. You got rock and roll Brian over there. Yeah. yeah. He's been rocking it out. I have been. <laughs> I have been. You have been, yeah. I've been rocking it a little bit. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Well, that's something that happened. <laughs> no. Talk, you know, talking about cities. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to know what I missed. Man, God, I, I if you know. knew the truth, you, Jake. Like, <laughs> you were out on the porch, and like I looked at Jay, and I go, "No, oh, come to find out, Jay, you know they they actually they 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 built that city on rock and roll." Yeah, happened, so. oh, nice. We yeah. have proof. We have mm-hmm. evidence. Yeah. What city are we talking about? 
Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people, like speculation was like like they had built that city upon rock and roll, and it would have been Detroit because you know Detroit Rock City. Yes, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm here to tell you that no, it's Des Moines. Yeah, Blo- mind blown. <laughs> yeah, I'm mind blown. Des yeah. Moines. Yeah. Yeah, in the midst of the cornfields. Goddamn middle of Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you rock out, they will come. Oh. Yeah. Man. I remember so. when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. It is, uh, it's time for Marvel News. Yeah, Marvel News. You know what that means. Fucking long. <laughs> Jay's arms are gonna get tired. Ah, I'm sweating. <laughs> Marvel news. <laughs> they built that bumper on rock and roll. The payoff. Yeah. Alright, guys, so the big Marvel news coming out this week from the Hollywood Reporter was that Kevin Feige will now be reporting directly to Disney CEO Alan Horn and not Marvel to the to head of uh, Marvel Entertainment. Ike Perlmutter, based out of New York. So basically, in the past, Feige and the head of Marvel TV, Jeff Loeb, they both reported to Ike Perlmutter. Uh, so Kevin Feige, supposedly, he voiced his frustration about Ike Perlmutter with Alan Horn and Bob Iger of Disney, and now he will report only to horn directly under Disney. So, what does this mean? Exactly. So why did this happen? What does it mean? Well, it's been no secret that Ike Perlmutter is notorious for micromanaging both sides of Marvel. Now, is it true? Is it rumor? I don't know. I don't know if this is hearsay. I, I can't report one way or another. But You'll probably hear different things from different people. Exactly. Too. So it's it, apparently Ike Perlmutter is notorious for micromanaging both sides of Marvel, cinematic and TV. And with Kevin Feige coming to a uh, close, uh, close end with his contract, I'm sure that him speaking up to Alan Horn and Bob Iger would have a lot to do with this move. Now, Ike Perlmutter is known to be somewhat of a cheapskate. And if Kevin Feige has ideas for movies, sometimes those ideas cost money. Money that Ike doesn't want to let go of. This guy is apparently so cheap that once at a press junket, he was upset that the members of the media that were involved got two sodas instead of one. That's hilarious. (laughs) And we're talking about a guy that's worth over... Four billion dollars. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. So when Civil War's budget blew up because of signing on Robert Downey Jr. and then of course adding in Spider Man. I'm not saying like Tom Collins contract, but I'm talking about Spider Man's you know special effects budget and and he probably wasn't happy about sharing right. money with Sony. Sure. Well, no, 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 no. They're not sharing money with Sony. Oh. It's separate. Ah. They are taking all the financial risk in Civil War. Just like in the Spider-Man solo films, Sony takes this financial risk for all those movies. It's a I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine collaboration. Oh, okay. So it's 100% funded by Marvel Studios, Disney, and it's 100% funded by Sony for their films. Um, so 
Perlmutter apparently after like they added Robert Downey Jr. and and uh, Spider Man into this, he supposedly wanted to quote scale it down. Of course. What's even stranger about all of this is that we learned from Bleeding Cool that Disney and Feige considered Age of Ultron a failure and that Feige used that as a way to not uh, be micromanaged by Ike Perlmutter and the Marvel Entertainment Committee, the, uh, which consists of Joe Quesada, Brian Michael Bendis, and Dan Buckley. Yes, it made money. Age of Ultron made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yes, most critics liked it, but on the flip side, it wasn't as successful as the first movie, and people did not see this one multiple times in theaters like the first film. Yeah. It didn't have repeat viewers. Um, I saw it twice, but I know people that loved this movie that only saw it one time in theater. Yeah. It wasn't movie magic like Avengers 1. Right. So when you lose the head of Marvel Entertainment... You also lose the Marvel Creative Committee of Joe Quesada. So Ike Perlmutter is out of the picture. That also means that the Marvel Creative Committee of Joe Quesada, Brian Michael Bendis, and Dan Buckley as overseers, uh, as overseers of your brand are now gone. Hmm. To an extent. Mm-hmm. Now, th- that could hurt them in terms of continuity with the TV side. Um but I, I am a firm believer, and I always have been. I brought it back. I brought it up in the past on past episodes that 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 Kevin Feige has no respect for the TV side of Marvel. No, he could yeah. care less. He could care less what's going on with the TV side of Marvel. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, so it's a big win. This is a huge win for Kevin Feige. Now, what is? Uh, let me ask this question. Did you guys want to interject and say anything? So no, far? no, keep going. I'm Not done. yet. Okay. <laughs> what is the Marvel Creative Committee? Now, the Marvel Creative Committee for years they have been considered the caretakers of the Marvel brand. This has been put in place since two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when Iron Man came out. Mm-hmm. They've been the caretakers of this Marvel brand. It's publicly known that the Marvel Creative Committee, were, they worked on more than just the films. They gave creative advice on all of Marvel's wider projects from comic book events to games, to toys, to websites, to television shows, to films. You can readily look and find how Marvel has always touted collaboration as their key to their success. And now... That is no more. Yeah. They don't have the input that they used to have anymore. Guys, keep in mind that there wouldn't even be a Marvel Studios if it wasn't for Ike Perlmutter. Yeah, yeah. Say what you want about the guy and his cheap, being cheap and being frugal, but his company, Toy Biz, helped save Marvel from going bankrupt back in the 90s. So this... This is a guy who, yeah, yeah, he's 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 had a kind of a, like a, a deep hold in this uh, in the Marvel MCU, but for good reason. Yeah. Um, but guys, is Feige is Kevin Feige? Is he the chosen one? Is he the savior of all this? I mean, under you know under him, Disney has made billions, but was it because there was a committee in place? And now because their input is nominal, not I mean very nominal at best. I have a question. Does that make this decision better? 
but before What's I answer question? before I answer that, what I don't know if you'll know the answer to this or not. I mean, what not. will be the first movie affected by the loss of this committee? Doctor Strange, I believe. Okay, because Civil War obviously was so far into the. I mean, I, I mean, if 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 okay, and, it, and if you don't want to count Doctor Strange, it it would be the movie after that because. Doctor Strange, yes. I mean, we got Benedict Cumberbatch in the casting and things like that. But I mean, but I would, I would have to say it would be Doctor Strange because filming mm-hmm. has not started yet. So therefore, we don't have a completely one hundred percent script yet. So it's probably mm-hmm. going to be that one. Sure. And I mean, like the script would have to go through the Marvel Creative Committee. Yes. Who would then give notes to Kevin Feige on what they want to see changed? And then from there, Kevin Feige, it's his job to make said changes, which has actually been a problem yeah. <laughs> and led to a lot of what we've seen happen here recently. Yeah. yeah but, be- I mean, is is the Marvel Creative Committee, with them out of the picture now, with them out of the picture, like, are we going to get better Marvel movies? That's, no. That, that's, that's the big question. <laughs> so Jay, you're saying no. And, no. And why are you saying no? Well, from from that same article, Bleeding Cool, um, the MCC's most influenced films, Iron Man, mm-hmm. Avengers, mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. Captain America, the first Avenger, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and Captain America, Civil War. Mm-hmm. Those are their most influenced. So everything else, they did not have so much say in. And what do we see from everything else? Yeah, you listed all the best movies. We in the see film. shit. Mm-hmm. So that that's my thing. I think he's taking a dic- dictatorship role, but he's not the one coming up with all the best ideas. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Not to play devil's advocate, but yes, in a way, I am playing devil's advocate. I mean, didn't James Gunn have a lot to do with Guardians of the Galaxy? Didn't he have a lot of creative control in that? I mean, from what we understand, yeah. Or I mean, how involved were the Marvel Creative Committee in in Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, we. I can't imagine too much. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much, but this is what the article from Bleeding Cool is also okay. saying, that okay. these are their most influenced. That, okay. that creative core right. were the ones that influenced those movies. And those are the best movies. Those are the best movies. Yeah. So they, they could Iron be total too. bullshit. That could be a, a bullshit claim by Bleeding Cool. I well, don't know. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of bullshit that's come out of this. Yes. A lot of bullshit. Yeah. It's been a lot of like he said, she said bullshit. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I've I've never been. I'm, it- so, I'm not. I'm not meaning to quote Lip Biscuit, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 Thank God. Nice, nice. <laughs> I, I've never been under the impression that Feige didn't have a good vision of how things should work. But that doesn't mean like. But he needs somebody to keep him in line, yeah. right? And, and I, I think that's why the Marvel Creative Committee was there. Yeah. And I, who I, who are we talking about? Joe Quesada. Yeah. Brian Michael Bendis. I have absolute faith in those two guys. Absolutely. I don't know, I, you know, I don't know anyone else that's involved in this, but right. those two guys in general, I have yeah. absolute faith in. Who's the third? Buckley? Dan Buckley. Yeah. 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 So, no idea. So, you know, I, I, I have, I have faith in those guys too. This Ike Perlmutter, I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know what the Is he throwing is. people under the bus? No, no, no. no. Ike? No, absolutely No, I mean not. Feige. Is he Feige. Th- is Feige. He's throwing people under the bus Ike, because of Ultron. Ike Perlmutter is very um, – he is not a kind of guy that's kind of like public. He, he's very like uh, – he keeps to himself. He, yeah. he doesn't really speak out. So it's like one of these things where like if Kevin Feige wants to say whatever he wants to about Ike Perlmutter, it's not like – 
Ike Perlmutter is going to come out and speak against him right. at that point. So it's like almost like, and it felt like there was a huge smearing campaign after this information came out from you know people that are in Kevin Feige's camp, and, right? And I I want to talk about a lot of this, you know, some of the aftermath that's happened after um, this came out. The rumor is uh, some of these rumors. The rumor is for the past six months to two years that Feige has slowly been ignoring suggestions from Ike Perlmutter and the Marvel Creative Committee for Age of Ultron. The hot rumor is Feige knowingly disregarded notes for the film. That the committee had in place causing extensive reshoots on the movie so he could have saved the company millions of dollars had he been receptive to the notes from the committee that he ignored that were handed down to him but he didn't and then in turn speaks up first to say it's because of the New York committee that Age of Ultron was a failure and not taking any blame for himself. Mm, during the production contradicts each other if you're saying that he ignored their notes right and then he's passing the blame to them right so that's kind of that's kind of weird <laughs> now it's also suggested that feige surrounds himself by yes men uh, a former employee in marvel's film division is said to have offered quote if you want a target on your back just say no to kevin oh jeez, <laughs> i believe it man it really did feel yeah sometimes you gotta like you gotta like sometimes these people do some they do some backstabbing to get into the positions that they're in i mean watch the social network movie sometime yeah, yeah. you know i mean uh watch silicon valley i mean there are people uh the pirates of silicon valley excuse yeah. me that movie <laughs> i was like really the no, mike judge no, comedy no, no. <laughs> no not the t- i didn't know that was that deep not the tj <laughs> <laughs> I mean the pirates of Silicon Valley. You're right. You're right, though, man. You're so, right. Um, but uh, it, it really did feel like there has been like a huge smearing campaign coming out of this that is blasting both Ike Perlmutter and the Marvel Creative Committee. Vanity Fair had an article titled "Why It Matters That Marvel Studios Just Escaped Its Eccentric Billionaire CEO." Yeah. Rumor is that Feige's people have been starting uh, this fuel for these articles. Reports of um, Ike Perlmutter being cheap, uh, only offering Mickey Rourke $250,000 to star as the villain in Iron Man 2. Uh, Once uh, they ran out of food at a Marvel event... (laughs) Uh, Perlmutter also became, uh, also because of his background in the toy business, is now being blamed for the lack of female character toys on the market. <laughs> Why Black Widow was replaced with Captain America on that Avengers Age of Ultron bike toy yeah. that came out over the summer. This is all being blamed now on Ike Perlmutter. Then not only is he cheap, but he's a chauvinist. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, it, 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 now the smearing of the Marvel Creative Committee saying that they were responsible for a ton of delays on feedback on Marvel Cinematic properties. Uh, Birth Death Movies stated that it was the committee's notes that had caused Marvel's rift with Edgar Wright on Ant Man. Mm. Been so, wanting to know this forever. 
Yeah. So now, well, that's, I mean, this is all, like, we've heard other reasons for Ant-Man. Yeah. Yeah. And now Birth, Death Movies is stating, like, it's the Marvel Creative Committee of Joe Quesada, Dan Buckley, and Brian Michael Bendis, and their rewrites and their notes that, uh, that, that, that caused this huge rift. Between- but that wasn't brought up at all when we heard about the, the flaws in that film originally. It was not brought up at all that it was the Marvel Creative Committee that caused those issues. Was it? I mean, am I wrong? Well, we never did know why Edgar Wright left. Like, we still don't. I mean, because this could all just be smear campaign. But we still don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I want to know who knows. And I know that there is somebody that knows the answer that can speak up right now. And I'm saying that 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 guy is... Well, it's Edgar Wright. I'm thinking Joss Whedon can let us know. One of these guys can be privy to this. Why hasn't Alan Taylor come out and said anything? True. Yeah. I mean, he's done. He's done with Marvel. He's not going to. He did Thor: The Dark World. He's done. He hated his experience. James Gunn's not going to tell us shit. You think Favreau would open up and tell us something? Favreau, no. I mean, he's still he's still involved with Marvel Mm. after Iron Man three. I mean, he's still a producer. He's still Happy Hogan. He's still Happy Hogan. <laughs> I don't see that happening. Um, he did his thing with Chef, and I think that's as far as he's going to take it. Right. Uh, now, but, I mean, there's guys like Joss Whedon that can speak up now and let us know. I just want to know who the villain is. Yeah. Is it Ike Perlmutter or is it Kevin Feige? Because, and you know what? I think we're going to get our answer. I think when we get this, I think when we, when we get Doctor Strange, when we see that movie, we're going to know. Yeah. If there's any, if there's any like creative, like, well, like, oh my God, this is different than every other Marvel movie that I've ever seen. In a good way. In a great way. Right. Then we're going to know that, yes, Ike Perlmutter was the problem. The Marvel Creative Committee was the problem. Those guys, they're gone. You know, Kevin Feige brought in his own creative committee and he's, he's got, He's the one who he, he's making all the shots now, and he's doing a great job. Oh my god, Doctor Strange is fucking badass. Now, Doctor Strange, if we watch that movie, and there's another Michael Pena character, and he's <laughs> cracking jokes, and it's bullshit, and it's fucking there's no fucking vision, and we get a bullshit fucking villain in that movie. I'm saying Kevin Feige is he's he's the problem. Well, who's the one that said it's never going to take a darker tone? It was Kevin Feige. He was like, these are not going to change. Is he saying things that New York wanted him to say, though? And when I say New York, I say about the uh, – I'm talking about Ike Perlmutter. It's possible. Maybe yeah. he's talking about the circumstances that he's involved. But like, it doesn't sound like – if they're if, if any of these rumors are true, that he, for the last six months to two years, has been slowly phasing these guys out. Right. He's not going to say anything like that. He's just going to keep his mouth shut, right? I don't I know. Agree. You would think you would think if that was the truth, the movies would have got better and better as he was phasing guys out. If he was such a creative genius, right? So that's kind of odd, huh? <laughs> the big question, guys, though, is this the best thing for Marvel Studios? Do you guys think that this is a the, okay? And, and on the flip side, the Marvel Creative Committee is still going to be in charge of Marvel TV, so. Mike Perlmutter and Joe Quesada, Dan Buckley, these are still going to be very highly involved on the TV side with Jeff Loeb. He's still got to deal with these guys. I haven't heard Jeff Loeb come out and say anything about these guys 
And, and how? Guy, yeah, they made great decisions for whatever help they had for Daredevil. Yeah, obviously that worked okay. Right, right. Posada loves Daredevil. Yeah, so, absolutely. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 right now, if okay, I am okay. Right now, I'm like fifty fifty. I don't know. But right. if I had to choose a side, I'm gonna say that you do need the Marvel Creative Committee in there. Yeah. I'm gonna if I if I'm forced if if somebody's like putting a gun to my head I'm saying that yes I think that it's it's wise to have the creative committee in there. Um, Who needs Civil War the movie? You got fucking Marvel Civil War internal going on right, right now. Right, it's crazy. Exactly, this is the Civil War. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I just have to look at who really cares about the characters, and I know damn well Casada cares about the characters. I know Bendis cares about the characters. I agree. Yeah. I know for sure they care about the characters and their stories. I don't know that about Feige. Right. I don't know if he's just in it for the no, money. No, 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 no. no, no. I mean, seriously, figures. seriously. Think about this. Think about this. Think about this. Let's think about this. When Marvel Studios first <laughs> formed. I think that like this was in the uh, honeymoon stage between Kevin Feige and the Marvel Creative Committee and Ike Perlmutter. And you had uh, Iron Man and you had movies like uh, Avengers and they were very successful. Yeah. And with that success, you had like Kevin Feige wanted to make maybe some changes and, and kind of break away a little bit. And, and maybe he made some suggestions and these guys didn't agree. And... He started to ignore them. Yeah. And that's when you don't get a movie like Avengers. Avengers. <laughs> yeah. you, instead, you get something like Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah, I mean, look at it. Look how special Avengers was. Mm-hmm. Look how unspecial Avengers Age of Ultron was. But yeah. who did Joss Whedon have a problem with? That's what I want to yeah, know. Exactly. He, he definitely has the answers. Like Joss Whedon is the, is the key. Mm-hmm. He's the key, right? Yeah. Because we know he's a talented writer. Yes. So it's like someone was like over his head really fucking the shit up. Yeah. Well, who's power powerful enough to like slam him into the ground? Kevin Feige. I don't think Marvel would ever be able to even remotely. I've never, I've never heard a rift between him and Feige. I've never heard that rift. It's no. true. It could also be the um, oh god, I gotta say. And this all I'm hearing, name. like, like they're trying to pin the whole like Edgar Wright thing with the Marvel Creative Committee. Yeah, that that's the problem. Somebody needs to speak up. Somebody yeah. needs to come out. You and think speak they would? Up. Yes. Like if my name's getting, if I'm Brian Michael Bendis, yes. and all this press is going out, right? And they're blaming me for Edgar Wright leaving fucking Ant Man. Yes. I'm raising my fucking hand on Twitter or on yes. something. And saying, oh, hey, right, hey. Right, right, right. hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, yeah, I read Edgar Wright's script. Yeah. And that's the heist movie. That's the movie that I wanted to see. And I was all for it. But it was Kevin Feige who said this. Yeah, we needed a right. comedy relief character right. friend. But I don't think legally they could even do that. You know what I mean? I don't think they could even legally, like, start. Well, I didn't like think that. I didn't think that Josh Trank would send out a fucking tweet on Twitter blaming Fox true for the bullshit cut that we saw of Fantastic Four. That's true, which he took away immediately. Though, so I, I, I'm having a hard time thinking yeah. that like one of these three, Joe Casada, Joe Casada, I can understand why he wouldn't because he is in that very high but, position. But you, you know, looking at it from Marvel's standpoint, even though you have this guy you don't want there, Feige, right? 
you know, allegedly, whatever. You don't want him there, but you're not going to start talking shit about him while he's still making Civil War and everything else that he's working on. So you can't, like, reasonably, like, go after him yeah. in the media. So maybe that's why we haven't heard shit. Now, Whedon could. I don't know what – because he's done, right? He's done with it. Yeah. Yeah, he's So done. why wouldn't he say anything, like a peep about either side? Somebody needs to come out and say something. That could happen really soon, too. I hope so. I hope so. If not, it's the end of superhero – films from marvel i i would say it's the end of it if they keep doing the formulaic bullshit and it's kevin no, feige's people fault are eating this up they are yeah. people are eating this up jay yeah and i'm, I'm not saying they're wrong okay disney and this rumor says that age of ultron was a failure it made its money back plus more yeah i mean the, yeah, Ant Man was a success, right? But it's one of those financially. Things, it's one of those things where people are writing a trend. They're writing a trend, and then ten years later, they're going to look back and they're going to say how fucking stupid that was. The, I, guys, I, honestly, I think that the answer is going to come when we see Doctor Strange. You're and, right. and the movies yeah. that come out after that. That's the only way to prove it. Either that's way. the only way to prove it. I it, can't it, imagine Scott Derrickson making a, a cookie cutter Marvel film though. Like that'll be really shocking to me if that's what we get. We might not even get there, Scott Derrickson yeah. to finish the film, Jake. That's true. But if it is his name on it as director, I will be blown away if we get like an Ant-Man-ish type movie. I would be blown away too. But you know what I mean? It's like one of those things where like, look at the look at Fantastic Four. I don't think we got to see a full Josh Trank Fantastic Four. Yeah. I agree. We got to see the Fox Studios cut of that movie and what they wanted it to be and not what Trank wanted it to be. And um, that's what I, I'm hoping – Marvel, when you, when you hire these directors, when you hire an Edgar Wright, when you hire an Edgar Wright, you hire him to make a certain movie. Mm-hmm. Don't be pissed off when he delivers and gives you that movie. Yeah, you're not you're gonna get an Edgar Wright movie from fucking Edgar Wright. Well yeah. Yeah. I mean honestly I think like Edgar Wright would have pulled the heist off. I agree. We would have got a heist movie. The heist movie that we were promised. I didn't see a fucking heist movie. No, I agree. <laughs> Peyton Reed was a fucking studio fill in. Yeah. That was gonna follow orders. Right. Yeah. Like, like, you don't think a Peyton Reed is a director with a vision. And that's why... Oh, I'm, we're going to get a Peyton Reed movie. That's why I'm worried about John Watts and, and the writers from the Vacation movie. Mm -hmm. It's a, I think that they have... What they've done is like, let's not get established directors. Let's get directors that are doing movies like Cop Car and Vacation that are like... They're starving artists that'll just like, oh yeah, you know what? We'll do whatever we can to like build our fucking brand, get our name get on our a fucking name poster, on the map on a poster. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Edgar Wright, any director that'll drop off a project because of like not believing where the movie is going. Yeah, that's a guy that has vision. That's a guy with integrity. Yeah, that's a guy with integrity. I agree, and so. Uh, I think that had we had we watched Edgar Wright's version of Ant Man, I think honestly that's a movie that could have been a high tasted or a Tupperware for me. Yeah, for sure. So you could tell. You yeah, could tell when you watch. And I think poor Josh Whedon was just too deep in it at that point. Yeah, I, th I think he wishes he could have been Edgar Wright. Yeah, and from his tweets and everything, you kind of smelled that. 
Yeah. I think he wishes he could have walked away, but he was just And, and that would make sense, too, like from the other end. It would make sense for Whedon not to diss Marvel because he loves Marvel Comics. It would make sense for him to not be like, oh, well, fuck their creative committee. Right. Because then that tarnishes something that he already loves, which is Marvel Comics. Right. Definitely. So that could yeah. be the case. This could go either fucking way, mm-hmm. man. You're right. S- Doctor Strange, man. Somebody, anybody, someone needs to speak up. Yeah. Because I want to know, like, what did, did, did Marvel make the right decision? Yeah. It'll make the movies better if this stuff comes out. So mm-hmm. talk about it. Shit. All right, guys. So yeah, time will tell. There's no, there's no cut and dry answer right now. Time is going to tell. Can't guys, wait to hear more follow up on this. Yes. Um, Chris Evans. He uh, opened up to Collider about his contract uh, situation. Marvel originally wanted a nine picture deal with Evans, and he talked it over with his family. Um, and I thought that was really cool. Like you know, you've got a guy like. Uh, there, there's some guys in Hollywood that surprise me. Chris uh, Evans. Chris yeah. Evans is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy that surprises me is Matt Damon. I mean, he married a waitress that he that he you know had an encounter with at a restaurant and and uh, fell in love with her. And like a lot of people in Hollywood were like, oh my gosh, you know, why aren't you dating you know like another uh, actress? Another actress. Fuck, yeah. But Matt Damon was just like, no, I'm. This is we've got a connection. And I and and Chris Evans, a guy that like you know. You know, had been in some some big movies, and he's starting to be a rising star, and sits there and talks to his family about like, what should I do with this contract? That's <laughs> not talking to his agent; he's talking to his family, and I mean, signs a six picture deal, and I thought that was very cool. Now, yeah. he he then talked about how he was wanting to pursue more directorial work, and so everyone was thinking he would be done with, um, you know, Captain America, done with Marvel Studios. Um, I've gone on the record and said that he needs to keep uh, doing Marvel movies so that he can afford to do these independent films and direct. Um, what I mean by that is, I mean, you've got to keep your name relevant. I agree. And by doing movies like Captain America, it's going to basically afford for you to do independent films and to keep your name relevant, and it's going to bring in viewers Kind of the Robert Downey Jr. formula. Robert Downey Jr. formula, absolutely. Even Christian Bale, to an extent. Christian yeah. Bale. Uh, so um, back uh, to this Collider interview, I wanted to go over kind of like what he said during the Collider interview. Let me see if I can pull this up. I'd actually like to play the audio for this if I could. Let's see if I can find it. If I can't find it, then whatever. Do your best Chris Evans impersonation. (laughs) It's a a doozy. (laughs) It's really good. People, I've actually been hired for parties to do my Chris Evans impersonation. Yeah, birthday parties and everything. You get the clown, you get Brian and his Chris Evans impersonation. (laughs) Right. You get the balloon artist. For the finale, I have uh, BB-8, like... Like crawling all over my balls. Yeah. Ooh, I definitely want to see that. It's a pretty typical ending. (laughs) You just did not say that, did you? (laughs) I just want to see if BB-8 can crawl over (laughs) (laughs) It all comes back to BB-8. All right. Uh, Here's uh, Chris Evans talking about his uh, extending his Marvel contract uh, eventually. Hopefully he'll play here. Fuck my life. No, oh, we're sponsored I now. 
<laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh no, sponsors! Yeah, all the money's raining down on top of me already. No sponsors. Spider Man, we got Black Panther, we got Ant Man. Marvel has a, has a way of bringing all these drama latches together and still making it work. But we can't help but be a bit bummed since Civil War marks Chris's fifth full Marvel film out of a six-picture contract. No, no, it's fucking crazy how fast time goes. And the last time I spoke to you was maybe Avengers. And I asked you, why is... I got like two things of audio going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's weird. What the fuck is going on? Who the fuck is talking up there? Shut the fuck up. I got a fucking commercial up here. There it Shut is. Shut the fuck up. I don't care. You. You little bitch. <laughs> Jasmine. She's a psychotherapist. It's Yasmine, Brian. <laughs> uh, Yasmine bleed. Yeah. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> Hopefully I can keep that ball rolling. Chris just made his directorial debut with Before We Go out Friday. It's tough to try and convince people. <laughs> Who the fuck Rewind. is talking now? <laughs> Shut up. All right, here we go. Here we go. Hijacked. Here we go. Let me see if I can play this. It's shit. Mr. Robot. It follows, guys. It follows. <laughs> All right. You know what? I'm just going to read the quote. <laughs> In your best Chris Evans. All right, the Chris Evans. That's what I wanted more than anything, anyway. Here we go. Here's my best Chris Evans. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of pressure. He was talking to Collider. He says, Listen. (laughs) Jay's fucking losing it already. (laughs) Listen, if Marvel wants me, they got me. I've never had such a relationship where you have such... I mean, look at my resume. I'm used to being on set being like, ah, this movie is going to be terrible. Marvel just can't stop making great movies. They do it in their sleep. It's wonderful directors and producers and actors and scripts, and it's like a playground as an actor. So basically he's saying, if Marvel wants me, they got me. I'm going to continue to do these movies. Guys, I... (laughs) He's one of Feige's yes-men. Well, I think he. Know, I think I think he's had a talk with his family. He's a, maybe had a talk with his agent, and he he knows the deal. Yeah, like yeah. Okay, let's look at Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth without Thor, really, what is he? Yeah, he's. I mean, I. I mean, I guess some people loved Rush, but I mean, was it like critically acclaimed? Like, is, are people like talking about that Rush performance? Like, oh my god. I, I guys, I've seen a lot of great movies this year, uh, but Chris Hemsworth in Rush. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> that's an Academy nod. Yeah. No, his performance in Black Hat. I mean, it's not getting like rave reviews. I mean, he needs Thor to stay relevant. I mean, it's gotten him gigs in Vacation. I saw him in that film. Yeah. It's gotten him a gig in fucking Ghostbusters, the oh, Paul yeah. Feig movie. I mean, this movie is putting uh, food on his table. So, like, Chris Evans, yes, he. I think he's a little bit more talented uh, than Chris Hemsworth, especially when it comes to the directorial stuff. But, I mean, is he established? Is he so established? Is he... Is he uh, is he Ben Affleck at this point? No, not yet. You can be like, ah, oh, you know what? I don't need to play Batman. I can just do another movie like Argo and the no. town. No, he's not there yet. And so I think he needs Marvel right now. And I mean, when push came to shove, 
he said some of the things that he said about maybe leaving, maybe to like have Marvel come at him with maybe a higher number mm-hmm, on that idea. check, maybe an extra zero, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I think that that's what it comes down to. It's just like, let's play this game right now. Honestly, I think like if his career as a director would have blown up, Maybe he wouldn't come. Maybe he wouldn't come back. Maybe we would be looking at that Sebastian Stan nine picture deal that he did with Marvel a little bit differently. Yeah, but that's not the case. I didn't think for a second that Chris Evans was going to be leaving. No, I don't care what his statements were. I think it was just like, hey, show me the fucking money. So yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of pull, so he can afford to do that. He's Captain Fucking America, so he can hold out of it and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about leaving, thinking about doing more directing." Like, okay, throw him another fucking zero. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I completely agree with you, and I think one day he could be a Ben Affleck. Like, oh, I'm not disputing. Oh, I know you're not. I, I I think that he very well could be, but I agree with you that the time is not right now. Not right now. Jay, I I would say even the same for like Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo. You know, you, you have these guys that it's like, what are they going to do if they're not doing this? Are people going Mark to Mark Ruffalo could do every independent film? Mark ever. Ruffalo, maybe. But no, 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 not no. Robert Downey it's, Jr. He's not going to make the money that he's going to make doing a Marvel movie. Absolutely not, and and he's not going to stay in the public's mind as like somebody to care about. Right? It's not going to happen. Absolutely. Even Robert Downey Jr. I would say back in the eighties, he had like you would care about what he was doing more uh, so, more so if he did something pre uh, uh, or post. Uh, Avengers. I don't think anyone Robert would give a shit. Ju- Robert Downey Jr. just need, he needs to keep making movies yeah. like The Judge, mm-hmm. to where like he thinks he's hoping and praying that the critics are going to love this movie and it's going to be a fucking Academy Award winning darling. Yeah. And what happened with The Judge? No, it wasn't. Right. Robert Duvall was nominated. It's not insane. him. So that's the best news for Marvel fans because what Robert Downey Jr. needs that attention. He needs that attention. Yes, he's looking to get that attention elsewhere. He is. He is like it's not going to get it constantly. Like, I agree. He is constantly wanting to get that attention from a different movie. He's tried with Sherlock. Now he's gone like the Judge route. Yeah, it's not worked out. So what is he going to fall back on? Iron Man. Robert, da- guys, don't worry about Robert Downey Jr. as yeah. Iron Man. I think he'll be 70 fucking years old playing Iron Man if he could, because in all honesty, he's not gonna be able, he's not blowing critics away when it comes to his other, uh, endeavors. Yeah. He's not. So he's gonna fall back on Iron Man every time because he wants to feel important. He wants that love. He wants people to love him, and that's where he gets it from right now. That's the actor's crutch. Mm. Actors, actresses. That's why they do this. Bunch they, of attention whores. They yeah. need attention. I'm sorry. Like some of them are good. Keanu Reeves. Chris Evans seems like a good fucking dude. Like he's not in it for that necessarily. Right, right. But once you're in the game this long, like Robert Downey Jr., yeah, who's had so many fucked up experiences, yeah. and even Mark Ruffalo, who's a good dude, a great actor, but I don't, I don't see him like continuing his career outside of the Hulk at this point, even. Which is sad, but I don't see it happening. No, I he, think I disagree with you on Ruffalo a bit. No, Ruffalo, oh, hold on. No, on on the flip side, I can't see like Ruffalo doing 
like Jay's talking about like other than like doing independent films. Yeah, you, you're saying he's not going to be in any other popcorn blockbuster movies. Exactly. Like, I yeah, can't yeah, see no. him. Yeah. yeah, it's not like he's going to get another big franchise. It's not like Mark Ruffalo is going to be the next James Bond. I can see him get nominated for another Oscar, though. Outside. I agree with you, but Robert Downey Jr., who you would expect to be that guy, like who wants to be that guy, is never going to be that guy again. He's His career ended in the 80s. And then he hit this point where he does a bunch of drugs and fucks up his life and then comes back and does Iron Man. He's never going to I think Mar be I think that I think best. Robert Downey Jr. is living the actual Birdman story You're right. at this moment. You're exactly it, it, right. It was Michael Keaton that that torch has been passed to Robert Downey Jr. And I think that he needs to just like Michael Keaton's character in Birdman needs to accept his role. In Hollywood, yeah, and just kind of be like, okay, yeah, I, I can't have, ha, I can't have Robert Duvall carry me in a movie called The Judge, right? <laughs> I've just, you know what, I, I'm Iron Man. That like that Iron Man fucking three. I hated that movie, but like that should be like his fucking mantra. I am Iron he's Man. Still, oh, yeah. yeah, he's still Iron Man. Yeah, regardless of what he does. I agree. You're right about Ruffalo. Okay, I take that back. He he does he does have a future. Maybe some indie yeah, films. Honestly, I'll be surprised if Ruffalo ever gets like if if Ruffalo if Ruffalo gets a supporting actor. I'd be I'd be like okay, that makes sense. But Ruffalo will never be. I don't think he'll ever win uh, an Academy Award for Best Leading Man. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. Never has. But supporting, you know, though. supporting, sure. Yeah, he could. Yeah, I think. I think in twenty years, the the Academy be might be like, okay, yeah, he's our J.K. Simmons this year. Yeah. yeah. In twenty years, but he's never going to be fucking Daniel Day Lewis. He's never going to be. You know what I mean? He's not, he's not going to be that guy. Yeah, I don't think the door's completely shut. He's for him not yet. gonna. He's not gonna be that guy. <laughs> He'll never be that leading man. He's not gonna be that guy. He's not Robert Redford. He's not that leading man. He's not Tom Hanks. He's not Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> he's not. And even Jake Gyllenhaal's. He yeah. needs. He needs to pick his game up after Southpaw. That's true. That's true. But Chris Evans, like, there's something about Chris Evans. It's Chris Evans behind the camera. I mean, he. Uh, I think he's better. Honestly, I. I, I agree with that. I think he's better behind the camera than he is in front of the camera. I, I. I think there's there's more of a future for him. But I think like right now at this stage in his career, he needs to he needs to fucking he needs to ride these Marvel movies out. He he needs Captain America. Yeah. Same with what you know. We could say the same about Doctor Strange mm -hmm. and Cumberbatch. It's like Christian Bale. He was just like after Batman ended, he was like, "Fuck, I don't need Batman." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't because no. he had so many great roles before yeah. Batman. Right. Incredible fucking roles. No, I hope Jake. Honestly, I hope you're right about Ruffalo. Oh I want, yeah. I want to see the guy perform great, and I've seen him in some great performances. I just but. feel like of every Avengers cast member. He's got the best chance to not be Birdman. I agree. I agree. Out of everybody, for sure, for sure. But at the same time, it's so polarizing. It's once you once you take that role, that's why it's like the, it's like a curse, and it's also a great thing at the same time because then you're always looked at as that because it's so fucking polarizing. But guys, I think like uh, I think it's positive news that uh, that uh, Chris Evans is going to come back. I think the only person that was probably upset by this 
was Sebastian Stan. Oh, yeah. His, <laughs> his, nine, his nine pictures. I wanted to be Captain America. <laughs> Chris Evans really was the heart and soul of Ultron. It was the only, the only thing that I enjoyed about it. Mm-hmm. And I fucking hated the first Captain America. So yeah. that says a lot about who he is. No, I... I and, and we've talked about that in past episodes. Like, uh, I'm the, I think I'm the only one sitting here that loved Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah. I agreed. loved it. I Tupperware it. I would put it above many, many, many Marvel movies. You'd be surprised how many Marvel movies I would, <laughs> I would put that above because I absolutely love Captain America, the first Avenger. He's the heart and soul. So that's the thing. Like I've like I've I'm always guilty of being like I love the underdog story, and here we have a guy who's like scrawny and a pussy, and then all of a sudden he gets a serum, and it's like now he's like the badass. And I lo- that's why I love the underdog story. So yeah, that's what does it for me, guys. Paste magazine they spoke recently with Oscar Isaac about his roles in Star Wars and X Men. And Paste, they said, you are also going to be joining the Star Wars and X-Men franchises. I'm assuming that you're looking forward to that. Uh, Oscar Isaac says, for me, more than anything, it was about being guilty of nostalgia. I was a big fan of Star Wars. I was also a big fan of X-Men, particularly the villain Apocalypse. So when those parts came around and there was interest for me to do them, I was excited about it. I was excited to explore those worlds. There is something more mythical Basically, you're playing God. It's a challenge. It sounds like his ex machina character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ex machina. Jay, have you seen it yet? God damn it, Jake. <laughs> I didn't no, say it to, I didn't say it to bust your balls, I Jay. I think that quote really did sound like him from Not yet. Man. Soon. Soon. Uh, I will watch it. Please I promise it. I will watch it. Promise. Oh man, but yeah, uh, he's talking about apocalypse, and he says basically you're playing God. It's a challenge. You know, I, we can talk shit all of we, that that we want to about the Ivan Ooze costume that he's wearing in this fucking apocalypse movie. But guys, we have a legitimate actor playing apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac is the real fucking deal. Yeah, I've seen Inside Lewin Davis. He's good. He's very good in that movie, but I also watched a movie, and Jake watched a movie called Ex Machina, and this guy is a powerful actor. Very powerful, powerful performance. Commands the fucking screen. Commands the fucking screen. Can pull off dialogue that I don't think any other actor could pull off. Yeah. And, guys, I... I, Funny, charming, scary, all in the same fucking movie. Absolutely. So... I have no doubt that they that they picked a great actor for this movie. Yeah, I hate the fucking look. I'm yeah. I am not gonna bullshit with you. When I first saw that I was like, Oh wow, I'm excited. Oh he looks great. No, he looks like shit. That yeah. is not that is not apocalypse. I was throughout that we thought Quicksilver looked like dog shit. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's it's a wait and see with fucking Fox now, right? Yeah. I'm intrigued that he even knows who the character is. That that yeah. makes me excited. Yeah, like for him to say, "I'm excited to play in the X Men universe" because I was fans of the first couple Singer movies is one thing. Right. But for him to say, "I'm excited to play in the X Men universe" because I'm a fan of Apocalypse, it's like, oh shit. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, looks as cheap and awful as all of Singer's designs for every X Men character, in my opinion. Oh yeah, don't even <laughs> don't even get me started. Fucking Singer making all the characters wear leather fucking shit. In He's the got a books horrible too. eye for the way they should look. Horrible. Uh, the best thing was the deleted scene in the last Wolverine movie where they showed the actual fucking Wolverines. Yes, that was awesome. 
and I want to see that. I they fucking see- left it. Whose fucking decision was that? I want to see him wear it. I want to see him wear it before Hugh Jackman. They owe it to us. They owe it to the fucking fans to have Hugh Jackman in that suit. God, one goddamn time before he retires. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just want to see him. Like, even if it's just fucking him, like holding the mask, wearing the suit, and smoking a cigar. I don't even care which one. It could be the yeah. yellow and blue. Yeah. It could be the fucking orange and brown. <laughs> fucking flip a coin and put him in one. Well, the one that they showed him in the the, the, the suit was the orange and brown. Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. My God. Yeah, he fucked up Apocalypse. God damn it. All right, guys. <laughs> you know what? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about DC news, and we're gonna wrap this bitch up. All right, we're gonna wrap this episode one hundred and five. Holy 100, shit! One hundred and five fucking episodes of this fucking show. Who the fuck that? Guys, there was a rumor. This is DC news. There was a rumor that cinematographer Hoyt Van Hoytema. <laughs> what a name! I know That's Hoyt Van Hoyt. Hoyt Van. There's a lot of Hoyt going on in that name, right? <laughs> what the Hoyt? Hoyt Van Hoytema would shoot Wonder Woman. Now, if you don't know who. Hoyt Van Hoytema is. Hoytema is known for <laughs> cinematography on Interstellar. Okay. And the upcoming Bond movie, Spectre. Well, this rumor lasted like half a day. Aww. Until he told the playlist, I have nothing to do with that movie. <laughs> Guys, I... Damn. <laughs> yeah. I, I personally would have been very impressed with that movie had it happened. Patty Jenkins directing and Chris Pine has already been cast in the movie. And if you add a legit cinematographer like Hoyt Van Hoytema, that would have been very impressive to me. This is actually, I'm tossing this news that Hoyt Van Hoytema is not. <laughs> you just wanted to say Hoyt Van Hoytema again. You, boom. You got it. You got it. I tupperware the fact that you can't stop saying Hoyt Van Hoytema. <laughs> so take that. Uh, it's uh, Hoytastic. <laughs> Ooh, I'm excited that the same cinematographer that did Interstellar is doing Spectre. That's fucking good news. Yeah. I was not aware. Yeah, see, I'm not even a James Bond fan, but I, it's like, yeah, anybody who's a James Bond fan, they should be excited for that. Because, yeah, I didn't really love Interstellar, but on the flip side, like, yeah, the cinematography yeah. was gorgeous. It was pretty. And I'm not going to deny that. Um and that would have made me very excited for a Wonder Woman movie. No, me too, me too. And uh, so I'm going to toss this news because, like, even though I didn't love Interstellar, I'm going to toss this news because I would be fucking, like, uh, like doing a backflip right now if I found out, like, they had, like, this kind of, like, caliber of a cinematography. It's a lot of class yes. to give Wonder Woman. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, yeah. a, it's a huge score for uh, comic book movies. Or would have been. It would have been, yeah. So, guys, last month, uh, Michael Shannon, who played General Zod, told a story to Vulture about working on Batman v Superman. We didn't report this, but I had read the news. Here's what he said about getting trapped in a porta potty. <laughs> I've been there. I was in my costume and I couldn't use my fingers because in the sequel, I have flippers instead of hands. Is he the pink one? So I had these wax flippers on my fingers, and I couldn't open the door, and I could hear Zach being like, where's Shannon? Where the fuck is he? And the whole crew was standing around. I was like knocking on the door with my flippers. (laughs) Let me out of here. Like, okay, guys, what's interesting is that he's telling this story about wax flippers on his hands, but he claims now, 
to only have a voiceover role in Batman v Superman. Listen to what Michael Shannon is saying. Listen to him backtrack in this interview with the Daily Beast. He says, "I don't have the audio, Jake. Somebody, I know. Yeah, I'll do. I'll do my best, Michael Shannon. <laughs> here's my here's my best, Michael Shannon. It may sound like Molly Shannon. It may sound like Chris Evans. <laughs> Somebody was asking me about this in New York, and I made up some ridiculous bullshit answer about my character Zod." has flippers and this went viral on the internet or something and people have been asking me about that that is so obviously a complete bullshit story right but people took it seriously so guys he had a story about being in a porta potty thank you why why okay why else would people believe that uh you know two weeks ago that he would make up a fake story about being this being this guy wearing flippers trapped in a porta potty but now he insists that he did not suit up as zod (sighs) he will not appear in the movie and so now Shannon is saying that the character's only involvement in the film is going to be a voiceover. Guys, what the fuck is going on? I think that the studio got involved after he made these statements. Yeah. And another interview came up where they asked him about it and he's backtracking now. Total bullshit. It's total fucking bullshit. I agree. <laughs> I, to- I toss him trying to fucking... <laughs> Make us think that what he that he right. just has a voiceover, right. right? Well, who would make up a story about wearing flippers? Yeah, what <laughs> Being trapped in a, it's an embarrassing story, kind of yeah. too. Like, yeah, I'm trapped in this porta potty, can't get out, knocking with my flippers. <laughs> he oh, must yeah. be really it sounds fucking like, smart. It sounds like an episode of It's Always Sunny on Philadelphia. Yes. It sounds so. like someone got to him and said, what the fuck are you doing talking about being in the movie with fucking flippers? <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Or talons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he went on to say, he says, the thing about the whole Krypton universe, apparently, is that even when you destroy them, there are ghosts. The first film, Jarrell is there, even though he's been dead for Lord knows how long. I went over and did some voiceover stuff because it's like that ghost thing. Jarrell didn't have goddamn flippers. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. I get very nervous. Then he, then he, then he went on and he was actually joking about the flipper comment. He he joked about it. He said maybe they should add it. I don't know. Maybe in part three, Doomsday will have flipper hands. Yeah. I mean, look, nothing would make me happier than to work with Zach again. He's hysterical and he's a lot of fun to work with. It sounds like a lot of backtracking for a story that you shouldn't have told in the first place if it didn't fucking happen. I like the quote. I get nervous talking about it. Why did he even? Because last time they hit me. (laughs) Why did he even bring up Doomsday? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck does he know about it? If you're not trying to connect it to Doomsday, why are you bringing it up? Yeah. Yeah, You're a fucking Doomsday motherfucker. Right. You have talons. You have little spiky claws for I'm hands. calling bullshit on you, Shannon. Yeah. I agree. I'm calling bullshit on you. Guys, I on the flip side, though, I'm not excited. The flipper exci- side? <laughs> yeah. On the flip- <laughs> Honestly, I think that he brought this up because I do think that he wants to get the lead in a live-action flipper movie. <laughs> I think he has a thing for dolphins. You're right. We need a flipper-lassie crossover. 
Basically, it's the same character. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. They need to team up. Uh, this time, when Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Petrie falls down the well, you actually have an animal that can go down that well and survive. Exactly. They're the ultimate fucking dynamic duo. Yeah. <laughs> They're really smart. <laughs> they are. Too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just so, give Flipper a fucking hamburger. Right. Oh, yeah. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was talking to Jake. I watched the Inbetweeners 2 movie. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, one of the, the character, Neil, field, feeds a uh, dolphin a uh, hamburger. Uh-huh. He feels, he feels bad for, for uh, dolphins because they can't eat anything but fish. So he decides to take a hamburger, feeds it to him. And uh, then he feeds the dolphin a uh, grilled chicken breast. Actually, it's a fried chicken breast and feeds it to him. Even and, worse. And then uh, I saw one of the most disturbing scenes <laughs> in a movie ever when I saw a uh, dolphin go belly up in a pool of water. And oh. it broke my fucking heart. Ah, oh, Jake, yeah. is that your fault? No. Oh. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> In betweeners too, yeah. You know, I'm gonna rate it. Fuck it. Uh, I tupperware I the first movie. I'm gonna give the second movie a high taste. That's it. fucking dark. But uh, you, you guys, if you've never seen the in betweeners, I've, seen I've never seen the first one. Watch the in betweeners, um, the TV show first, then watch uh, both movies. It's uh, absolutely great comedy. High so. taste it. You've been talking about in betweeners well, since I, we. Okay, I tupperware the series yeah. as a whole. I tupperware the first movie and then the second movie. I give in betweeners two. I give it a high taste. Okay, it. that's still pretty good. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, we're going to move on. Uh, last thing we're going to talk about is uh, there is a rumor that uh, Ezra Miller has said that The Flash will appear in Batman v Superman. Ezra Miller is the actor who's been cast in the cinematic universe for Warner Brothers as The Flash. He's saying he, – there's a rumor that he's saying that he's going to appear in Batman v Superman. Now, this rumor comes from – the Instagram of DCEU feed who says that they spoke to Ezra Miller on the set of Fantastic Beasts where he is currently filming a role for that film. Okay. They posted three rumors about The Flash. Number one, Barry Allen's hair will be kept long for Batman v Superman, which could happen because he's he has shorter hair in the Justice League concept art with the concept art. And like a lot of characters, their hair changes from movie to movie. Yeah. To show. You no know. big deal. Yeah. And if they just wanted to make a guest appearance in the movie and he needs his hair long for right. Fantastic Beasts, right. let's say. They're no not big. Yeah, no big. Right. Number two, his flash suit will look post-apocalyptic. Cool. What does that even mean? What does that mean? <laughs> kind of like what i pictured as is kind of like you know his it, the suit where it had a lot of like the light coming through it suit you know what i'm saying it's apocalyptic it have lots of holes in it no but it's just kind of like lava-esque you know what i mean i'm i'm, I'm selling all right <laughs> i'm not tom selling okay so lava-esque so I remember those Dianetics commercials. Right, that's what Page I'm talking 267. about. 267. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard. What well, will well, the Flash's post-apocalypse suit like? The Flash is a Scientologist. But you've seen the Flash with kind of the, the you know the red suit, but with kind of the, the yellow light coming through, like right. it cracks. That's what I'm thinking of post-apocalypse. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. L. Ron Hubbard style for sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's <laughs> like a handful of bullshit. We saw that every day as kids. What the fuck is up with that? That's fucked up. This is the. Uh, this is yeah, the. No, right? This Even is, commercials for a book. What yeah, the hell? Yeah. This is the only one that I'm buying because I think it's the only one that's actually that is going to happen. His physique will look ripped and not <laughs> and not bulky. I agree. Well, okay. Look at the guy. I exactly. All you, ha- all you have to do is like take I don't know three seconds and look at Ezra Miller's body. Yeah, and you're gonna understand that this guy is not gonna get bulky. No, uh, he is not the next Ronnie Coleman. Um, He's like gonna be Steve Rogers right. before the super serum. Right. Exactly. He's, he can look ripped, but he's not gonna look bulky. So I, I I totally get that. So guys, how could okay? So the rumor is like apparently Ezra Miller says that you know Flash is gonna show up. Up in Batman v Superman. Now, how is he going to tie into Batman v Superman? Well, MoviePilot.com has a theory, and I'd like to share it with you. It all revolves around that desert scene from the trailer. Now, you guys remember the desert scene? Yeah, the yeah scene with the soldiers and everything. Exactly. We, we see Batman fighting the soldiers with Superman logo patches on their arms. Um, Jake, would you Tupperware those patches? <laughs> if I can have one. <laughs> <laughs> I've always I've always wondered that. So all right, here's the here's If I don't get one then I toss it. Here's the theory. Here is the theory. <laughs> now we know. Alright, here's the theory that the article has stated. What Ezra says about his flash costume makes me believe he will appear in the desert sequence we see in the recent trailer for Batman. V Superman. Seeing as the world we saw in the desert scene looks post-apocalyptic, and what Batman is wearing looks the way as well, you can't help that but assume that where there, the Flash is going to appear, uh, which is interesting actually because it leads me to my next point. What if it's a world where there is no Justice League and Superman has turned rogue and decided to take over the world? And it is up to the other heroes to try and stop his regime. Now, guys, hold on. I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish the rest of this. I got a lot more. But I've always thought this. I've always thought the. The formation, I, I, I don't want to see Doomsday in this movie. I thought that the formation, and Jay, I know you, I know you're 100% behind this too. You've said it as well. Yeah. Oh, I agree too. And Jake, you've gone on the record to say you agree with it too. That the formation of the Justice League should not be because of the Doomsday threat. It should be because of the Superman threat. Yeah. Superman should be fucking public enemy number fucking one. He should be the big fucking enemy. That's why we're not going to get a Man of Steel 2 directed by George Miller. It's because Superman's the big bad of Batman v Superman. No, this is not this should not be the dawn of the Justice League just yet. The dawn of justice, the dawn of justice should mean justice for Superman. That's why we're hearing lines from Jesse Eisenberg saying the red capes are coming. The red capes are coming. He's putting a fear. He's not only manipulating the public, but he's also manipulating He's manipulating Bruce Wayne and fucking Wonder Woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know anything more about him than that, that maybe what they should. He's a younger Lex Luthor. And so, I mean, the red capes are coming. The red capes are coming. Let's put – I want him to be the master manipulator and putting fear into everyone. And the formation of the Justice League to start off should be to battle Superman. Yeah. 
It should be when when fucking when we see that scene where fucking Superman lands on the fucking Batmobile and rips the doors off the Batmobile and he's staring fucking face to face with Batman. God the damn. next scene we God should see damn, Brian. is fucking <laughs> Wonder Woman punching him in the goddamn face. Yeah, I hope so. That's what we need to see, and then the Flash showing up, and then. You've got Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash, all fighting Superman right then and there. Yeah. Shit, why not Cyborg 2 at this point? Why not Cyborg? (laughs) Bring on Ray Fisher. Why not fucking the kitchen sink? (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Bring on the the Wonder... We don't really need him, but bring him in. (laughs) (laughs) The Wonder Twins. Yeah, why why not? (laughs) I mean, I think that's the way this movie should go. Yeah. I hope fucking Lex Luthor is the master manipulator and not what I fear, uh, just a total fucking wackaloon. See, that's that's what I'm hoping. I, I, I'm I, that's what I'm hoping. Like what I saw from those trailers and like his lines and things like that. Like, like he is trying to be very manipulative and put a fear within the public, within uh, Wonder Woman, within Batman, and 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 make them fear. The threat of the Kryptonians, and um, you saw what two of them could do mm. to Metropolis and Gotham. What could? What if more come? Yeah, you know. I and think they're going to continue with that. I hope so. Yeah. I, I hope so. So unless he's the guy that leash unleashes Doomsday. See, and that's the thing. <laughs> and, and it comes back. It always comes back to Doomsday because yes. We can say whatever we want to, and Michael Shannon can say whatever he wants to, but when you saw that trailer, you did see Michael Shannon's face in a body bag being unzipped. Right. But it could just be to study the Kryptonian. Right. Let's find a weakness. Let's study him. Let's see if we can find a weakness, which leads us to fucking, like, kryptonite. Right. Uh, We can't cut through the body. And all of a sudden, we've come across this uh, kryptonite material. We bring it near the body of General Zod, and we're able to cut through it like a fucking hot knife through butter now. Yeah. What the fuck is going on here? I wonder if this will work with the Man of Steel. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just like Why does he have his own soldiers? Yeah. That's the biggest question. No, I still think that they're funded by... Uh, Lex. Yeah, they are funded by Lex. Maybe it's just some fucking Elseworlds vision that one of the characters has. I don't think it's a dream sequence. They're not going to shit on Lex. They won't. They the, won't do let's it. Talk about, let's, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about this. Because in this theory, the article talks about this desert scene. The desert scene that you're saying could be a dream sequence. Or, yeah. Or it just talks something. about this could be like the first appearance of the Flash. And we'll talk about like uh, we'll talk about this. Uh, what if it's a world where there is no Justice League and Superman has turned rogue and decided to take over the world and it's up to the other heroes to try and stop his regime? Batman, Wonder Woman, and Flash come up with a plan to try and infiltrate his base and take him down. It would definitely have an Injustice-type feel to it, seeing as other heroes in that series did try to take down Superman's regime. Seeing as in that series, Batman rounded up a group of heroes to take down Superman. Honestly, this whole desert scene we're seeing has an Injustice vibe to it. I mean, the Superman soldiers? And possibly, when other heroes like Flash and Batman break in, they have been spotted, and this small outbreak happens. That sense 
from the trailers where the soldiers are uh, that scene from the uh, trailers where the soldiers are firing their weapons. Yeah. Which possibly backfires and leads Batman getting caught. Now that's the scene of Batman fighting off the Superman soldiers. Right. Okay. Uh, but who knows? Maybe Ezra lied about the whole thing just to blow smoke or possibly give us a clue to an interesting scene in the movie. And people realize it's just a theory and I could be drop dead wrong. So no need to say I'm spoiling the film because this is just speculation. I'm going to go on the record and say that I don't think that the desert scene is a vision or a dream or anything. Yeah, yeah. But I am also going to go on the record and say I don't think we're going to see Flash anywhere involved in it. I agree. I agree. If we see Flash, it's not going to be here. Right. If you in one tenth of a frame during the desert scene, you see Flash run by. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He was in the movie, I swear. And just because there was an Instagram post of somebody from DCEU feed saying that Ezra Miller said he's going to be in the film does not give me 100% knowledge that yeah he is going to show up in the film no that's that's not a credible source at this point right that's true the the biggest question i have is what in the previews where we see them on kind of like it looks like the fucking sun like it looks like total volcano area and they're fighting and wonder woman gets knocked against that rock i think that's what, what is that we're go- i think that they are fighting on earth superman and I think that that's the that's what happens when you have two demigods fighting one another. Okay, so they're tearing shit up again. Yeah, I think this is like like Batman v Superman has already happened, and like here we are. This is yeah. This is the this is the 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 the, the Justice League is formed not to battle Doomsday. The Justice League is formed to battle Superman. It has to be. That would be the best movie. That would be the best movie yeah, ever. I agree. I would really love at the end of this movie that it's not Batman and Superman hugging it out. Absolutely. No. Absolutely no. not. I would love to see Aquaman kick the shit out of Superman at the end of this movie. No, I, I <laughs> honestly if you could, if, if Aquaman. If, if if we get the death of Superman or or something, I don't know, something, yeah. something at the end of this movie, I would just be just blown away. Snyder's not a fucking idiot. Yeah, I, I think I, I I think he's going to end this well, but yeah, it is con- disconcerting with all the fucking doomsday talk. Yeah, no, please no. It doomsday. scares me. This this doomsday talk scares me. Um, the fact that like I was always thinking like doomsday should be safe for like the Man of Steel two. I agree. Um, yes. And now that that's been put on hold indefinitely, I mean, like, there's no, there's no even confirmation that George, uh, was it George Miller yeah, is yes. going to be directing this movie. It's like they're saying it's on hold indefinitely now. So it's like, it's like, um, God, my God, uh, do they have faith in a Man of Steel two movie? Or do they, and that worries me. Yeah, I, I know they have faith in a Batman movie. I know we're going to get a movie. Called probably the Batman, directed by Ben Affleck. Fuck that's yeah, gonna, that's gonna happen because <laughs> they have faith in Batman the character. Yeah. But like, do they have faith in a Superman movie? Because like, what's the first movie after this? It's Batman v Superman. Well, it's a Superman movie, but it also has Batman in it to carry the film. You have to do either Brainiac 
Mm. Or Doomsday. Now they're introducing Luther, which is a good. I, th- I think that's a good sign. Yeah, like you can do a lot with that. But as far as a is sequel, it the, is it the Luther that everybody wanted though? No. Jake, 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 Jake hates it. Jake, I love it. Jake from the trailers. I fucking love the red capes. Are I love that line too. I think. I think. I think it is a. I think it is a. It's ominous as fuck. It's a. It's a. It's a line. That basically he's like the red capes are coming. The red capes are coming. He's making Superman the villain. Listen, Superman's the villain. If you're right, and that line is being used as manipulation of the public and the other superheroes to turn against Superman. If you were right, then I like it. Yeah, but if it's just Lex Luthor being a fucking wackaloon about (laughs) it, then I'm out. I'm totally checked out. I mean, I I, you've got you've got Bruce Wayne, you've got uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman showing up to these gala events, and I think that also within those circles, you're also going to get Lex Luthor. Yeah, and I think this is a speech that he's going to be giving some of these people that are in high places, and I think that it's going to be the red capes are coming. The red capes are coming. He's putting fear in the public, and he's putting fear in people that are in high places about Superman and he's making Superman public enemy number one and then he's I mean he's also trying to figure out his weaknesses he's studying somebody is studying the body of General Zod and I he think is. he is <laughs> his scientists are I, I think I think it all comes down I think I, I think you just gotta just look at this for what we know and you just gotta break it down like what would what would Lex Luthor do? What would comic book Lex Luthor do? What would cartoon Lex Luthor do? Who knows what the fuck this wackaloon is doing? <laughs> I think that this wackaloon is actually trying to figure out the weaknesses of Superman. The only thing that I am worried about is that scene where he is looking at Superman and he touches his face. Yeah. Why is Superman sitting there with this look on his face like, I want to fucking kill you, but on the flip side, he's not doing anything to choke this motherfucker out. Why is he letting him do this? That scene makes me think, like, is this fucking bizarro? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. And please don't use Lois Lane as the the hostage woman in right. this situation where, oh, I can't attack you because you have Lois. Right. Yeah, don't not. fucking do that. Yeah. I'm so weak. I'm Fox Mulder, man. I want to believe he's the master manipulator. Like, yeah. I want that to be the case. I do, too. And that's what right. I see him as so far. The yeah. red capes are coming. That's, that was a smart thing to me. Like, that was too smart to just be thrown in there. Yeah. And some people will say, well, he's being wackaloon and he's being the Joker. But I don't see that. That's that's just my opinion. No, I, I think, hope you're right. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, Jay. I think that there's – I think that we are going to see a different Lex Luthor. But I think, like, I, I think he's – I still think that he's going to be a manipulator. I don't think he's just going to be crazy and off off the hinges. I think that's what we're going to get with Jared Leto's fucking Joker. Same thing, yeah. I think that's what we're going to get. We're going to get a fucking Joker that's off the hinges. And I'm just fine like, with that uh, for the Joker. And I'm fine with that too. But I think with I think with I think with Jesse Eisenberg, I think we're going to get a manipulator. I, I I hope I pray I hope and pray we're going to get a manipulator. If we don't, if it turns out turns out to be this fucking wackaloon character, I'm going to be like, oh my god, wow, they failed. 
this character on so many fucking levels. I'll take a dump on the movie. How fucked up will it be <laughs> if, if Lex Luthor is the wackaloon in the DC Cinematic Universe and the, the Joker is the serious right. manipulator? It could be. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. Look I'll, at the graffiti. And I'll False t- God. Yeah. That's the Joker. Yeah. I'll toss it. Yeah. It I'll could be, it. man. Fuck. All right, guys. This is uh, episode uh, 105. 105, baby. Yeah. So went by quick. Went by quick. All right. Yeah, we started at five. I mean, we were only here for five and a half hours. It's it was hyper podcast time, Hyper though. podcast, yeah. Fucking dominated this shit, guys. All right. Dominated yeah. it. <laughs> Ronda Rousey style. Yeah. <laughs> I bent this podcast over and made it my bitch. I know, man. I almost stopped you, but I didn't. I let uh, it go. Uh, is there like uh, anything next week that we are talking about? We're like, not talking I mean, about anything it's, it's, next week. Like summer, <laughs> summer movies are fucking over and shit. Yeah, right? yep, yep. Probably just news and some other shit. I still plan on seeing. I still plan. On, hopefully tomorrow, I'm going to make the trek. I, I want to make the drive. I want to see American Ultra. No. I, I do too. I want to see American Ultra. I do too. It is. It is a. It is a Max Landis written movie, and I want to see it. It I, looks like the best thing Kristen Stewart's been in ever. Oh, so, gee, that's high praise. Yeah. It does. <laughs> I, I'm going to agree with you. Yeah. I'm going to agree, too. <laughs> Guys, I loved, I did, I actually, I really enjoyed Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart in Adventureland. Yes. And yes. so I want to see those two and see if the chemistry is still there, because I really liked them in, the, in that movie. Um, so, yeah, I want to watch, I, I think I'm going to, I hopefully, I'm going to get off my ass and fucking watch American I'm going to watch it. If we all watch it, I'll watch it. So. No, I didn't. I didn't raise my hand for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna watch it. All right, guys. Uh, just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags, uh, fuck you. Go fuck yourself. We got two weeks. <laughs> we, we got two weeks worth of emails next episode. Yeah. We're not gonna have time to talk yeah. about any fucking yeah. movies. We got a bunch of fucking emails, and nobody sent an iTunes review. So go fuck yourself. Yeah, thanks. Fuck you, army. Yeah, one started the listeners. They didn't yeah. give iTunes reviews. The only the only member of the army I'm gonna give fucking props to this week is fucking Taryn McCollum. For being awesome and fucking like uh, getting that Nick Swartz and fucking intro for yeah, us. That was rest, great. Rest of the army, you let me down. You let me down. <laughs> <laughs> you let me down. Every single one of you. Every single fucking one of you. You make me sick. You make me, you make me sick to my goddamn stomach. Yeah. You don't know. This. We were actually here for eight hours because we had to stop so Brian could puke. <laughs> Multiple occasions because of the leftover army. <laughs> Fuck you, leftover army. All right, just uh, whatever. Leftover doggy bags. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, just like they all say, uh, thanks for uh, patronage and uh, thanks for uh, – <laughs> You know what? Thanks for nothing, you fucking assholes. Thanks for nothing. Thanks for your one-star fucking reviews. Thanks for uh, – I don't know. You're, you're pissing and moaning about too many fucking emails. Thanks for – But then uh, sending us emails. Yeah, yeah, but you continue to send them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. totally contradictory. Let's to, send an email about yeah. how I'm sick of too many emails. Yeah. I'm sick of emails. Here's another email to add to the fucking email pile. <laughs> Fucking second dead dog's dick. All right, we're out of here. (laughs) (laughs) That's our new. That's our new exit. I like that. Second dead dog's dick. Peace out. Second dead dog's dick. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Second dead dog. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, "I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap."
Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, pushover. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers.